Hi, this is Rafe, and like Tag Team, I'm back again. My dad and Eric are going to spoil all the DC comic books this week, so if you haven't read them, go do so before listening. I like doing this because it's the only time my dad pays attention to me, but at least he's alive, unlike Eric's dad. Eric's dad is dead. Enjoy the podcast. What is anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No, it's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. Are you guys sniffing old newsprint or something? You think you really know what's happening around here, don't you? Well, I'll tell you something. You don't know shit, buddy. Yeah. You think we just work in a comic book store for our folks, huh? Actually, I thought it was a bakery. This is just our cover. We're dedicated to a higher purpose. We're fighters for truth, justice, and the American way. Right. Hey, man. Read this. I told you, I don't like horror comics. Think of it more as a survival manual. There's a number on the back. And pray that you never need to call us. I'll pray I never need to call you. Maybe Grifter in a fight, but that's okay. They're Demo Knights. That's a little JJ Saintwalker for that ass. Welcome back to the podcast where two guys desperately try to make sense of the world through DC Comics and completely fail again and again. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner, Eric. And this is episode number 45 of Weird Out Loud with Weird Ass Jim Warner. Yeah, I'm, I'm keeping it low tonight. I don't keeping like it. it. Low. I'm very <laughs> tired. Hi, Eric. Dynamite. Dino Demo Night. Demo Night. Ah, yes. We are the official, unofficial podcast of the Weird Science DC Comics blog.blogspot.com website, correct? Correct. Correct. I always say those handsome fellas over there. I don't know which ones I'm talking about. I do. Uh, Yeah, you do all right. We're also proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. Very proud members. Proud. Still still have not been invited to that picnic. (laughs) I've been waiting, and before I go on, I will say that uh, I ask people to rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever they get the podcast, and some one-person listener, All right, one George person. K. George K. Uh, got on the trolley this week and gave us a nice review on iTunes. So I George to K. is George. making the rest of you look bad. Yeah, I said anybody who does, I will thank him. I'm hoping that at this point uh, next week I have to thank 15 people, and you'll be annoyed that I'm saying all their names. No, I'm uh, okay with it. Come on, you're bring okay it all people. With that? You're okay. I like reviews. Yeah, I know you do. And uh, yeah, gave us a five star review. Five stars. Yeah, we that's are right. five star worthy, aren't we? Me and you. Uh, yes. Well, I know that anybody who listened last week knew or knows now that we had a had a bad week last week. This week was a little better. Yeah, I liked it. Well, you know what? It's weird. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't take much. For me to be a lot happier than last week. <laughs> Not at all. It, it really doesn't. It takes one or two comics that I somewhat enjoyed, and I'm fine. That's all I ask for. All I ask for. I don't ask for much. I ask for people to, to rate and review our, our podcast and for DC to put out at least one good book a week. There's That's not a, too much to ask at all. There's a couple, and uh, you know what? I'm going to get right to it because we got a lot of books, and let's hit the news, Eric. In the land of China... <laughs> Hardly got nothing at all. No possessions? Boy, this and one's really China, drawn out there. They never go to church. <laughs> no religion, too? Yes, John Lennon. No religion, too. Or do you imagine? 
Well, it's easy if you try, Dick. <laughs> please, please. We, I actually, uh, you had forced me, or didn't force me, but your, your uh, Forrest Gump into the news quotes actually made me watch Forrest Gump this week. Good times. My family, uh, we all loved it. Uh, Ethan, who's sitting next to me, started crying, and uh, so did my son, Ray. Right, Ethan? He shook his head. Now, the kid, he talks up a storm before we start, when we're, we're getting ready to go. Now, I, he shakes his head. Good. He shakes his head. That's a good yeah. boy right there. Uh, yeah, they were all crying. It's a great movie. Uh, my wife, who I think last week we said she was a monster for <laughs> saying that she didn't like the movie because Forrest talks funny, uh, loved it. Thought uh, in in her mind, she thought she had watched the movie before. Uh, she watched she, Sling Blade she instead. Yes, yeah, Sling Blade. But yeah, we're <laughs> gonna get on with the news. I forget what we're even talking about because of that stupid Forrest Gump quote. That's probably the worst thing we said. That's the worst scene of the movie. Now, it's well, the we one talked about it all week. Not, so. It doesn't it doesn't hold up that that scene, and it's it's such a drawn out quote there for you to start the news with. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Eric. But yeah, the first bit of news is the Suicide Squad movie will be PG-13. Will it be PG-13 in and, the land of China? In the land of China, they like the PG-13. I said that any movie I'm going to go to from now on then is PG-13. <laughs> I'll be rotted to it. <laughs> Despite the darkness of its trailer, Suicide Squad will stick to a PG-13 rating, according to producer Charles Roven. Even if it skirts the line... His quote is, the intention of the film is definitely to be PG-13. <laughs> Robin told Collider, I said, when I start doing Forrest Gump, it eventually morphs into a Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> we really want to make these films totally or tonally consistent so that, as I said, because this is a shared universe, at least our current thinking, and again, we're not dealing in absolutes because while this Jesus is a business, Christ. it's also a creative endeavor. So you want to leave yourself open to changing your mind, doing something different, being inspired. That's the whole process of filmmaking is you have to allow for inspiration as well as having a roadmap for what you're going to do what, seems really non-committal so our plan right now is to make all these films pg oh all these films eric he's talking for everyone now in some cases you know right there on the edge of pg-13 but still pg-13 thanks a lot dad dude hmm. i don't know which is the worst quote the forrest gump or, the, or freaking charles robin reminds me of charles groden I wish yeah, Charles too. Grodin had uh, commented on uh, he's in the middle of doing Beethoven 12. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send him a message on Twitter, see what he thinks about this PG-13 nonsense. <laughs> Charles Grodin. <laughs> I would love for him to get back. Oh, what the so hell are you good. talking You're about? Like, uh, here, what do you think of this guy said that? What are you talking about? All right. We Please, don't have Charles, of, give me a quote. We don't have a lot of news this week. So the second one is the Aquaman movie will, is to be written by David Leslie Johnson. Leslie. David Leslie Johnson. What are you going to say about Leslie? I've said if my middle name was Leslie, I'd just go by David Johnson. Really? David Johnson is a very um, generic name. you got to throw him that Leslie. Maybe yeah, David that L. makes you a serial David killer. David L. Johnson? Yeah, I like that. David Leslie Johnson. Screenwriter David Leslie Johnson, the man with three first names, has been hired. Johnson, a first Johnson name. Johnson is not a first name. <laughs> Johnson Franklin. That was a guy who lived down the street from me when and I was it was up. not. You did not know that. He had a beard, and he liked to eat lollipops. Screenwriter David Leslie Johnson did he touch has been you? hired yes, for, a high, for Warner Brothers' big screen Aquaman movie, according to Hollywood Reporter. Coincidentally, the screenwriter is already working with the film's director, James Wan, on his current project, which, I mean, I'm telling you, these two shout out Aquaman to me because they're working together <laughs> on The Conjuring 2, The Enfield, Poltergeist. 
I thought it was conjuring to electric boogaloo. It should be because I don't like that the Enfield poltergeist sounds nonsense. Who nonsense? David Leslie Johnson broke into the film industry working as an assistant to director Frank Darabont. Bont. Bont. Beginning with Shawshank Redemption. Which you I, still have not seen. Nope. Because you're a monster. I have not seen it and I don't want to. The Ohio State University graduate has written numerous screenplays including, including Wrath of the Titans, Red Riding Hood, and Orphan. He, yeah, and this guy is primarily a horror director. Have you seen Orphan? Yes. How was that? Now I'm trying to remember if because I saw boy, Orphan Wrath, or Orphanage. Wrath, no, it was Orphan. Wrath of the Titans and Red Riding Hood were not good. No. Uh, uh, Orphan was all right. It was kind oh, of okay. weird because That's we had this little girl get get uh, adopted. Yeah. And it turns out that she had like the that like Gary Coleman disease where she didn't age right. Okay. So she was like 40-some years old. And like when she was like coming on to her father who adopted her and shit. Oh, it's a very weird movie. I think Gary Coleman was just a short fella. He also wrote for the second season of The Walking Dead. That Webster disease? Yeah, that Webster baby. Webster's still alive, though. He looks okay. I saw him a uh, picture of him recently. There's no word on the status of the scripts penned by Will, Will Beal and Kurt Johnstead, who were hired in 2014 to write Aquaman. So I, I would say that this news means that those scripts sucked. Uh, they were kicked to the curb, I believe, yeah. is the term in Hollywood. Yes, that is, that's the actual term kicked I to believe the curb. so. Oh, yes. And the last bit of news, Eric, and this is just kind of news. Uh, supposedly, DC Comics has approved a Gerard Way, Becky Cloonan, Doom Patrol comic. But there's a little uh, asterisk to that. Bleeding Cool is reporting that during a North Carolina Comic-Con panel, Gerard Way said he had pitched for Doom Patrol, that had a pitch for Doom Patrol that was approved by DC. They actually put the stamp of approval on it with Becky Cloonan on art, and she even drew up character designs. Uh, the problem is that this Gerard Way hasn't had time to make it fit a schedule yet, Eric. I'm telling you, all these people that are just begging for Doom Patrol are also these, like, you have um, Mystic You. Yes. Freaking, uh, what's her name? That, uh, that we I have talked no about. idea Yeah, anymore. I can't remember now either. But Alyssa yeah, Quintney. Uh, yeah, Alyssa Quintney. She already wrote this thing. She had, they, they won't put it out. Freaking DC's like, yeah, we, we'll go with your Doom Patrol. You know what? I, I, it's not going to fit my schedule. <laughs> Freaking Hey, I like way. this pitch. We're going to go with it. Yeah, well, hold your horse, DC. I know I, I, know I, I set up this meeting, but I got a lot of things it's on like, my schedule right now. It's like, uh, what, April Fool's. <laughs> I, I didn't really want that. No, oh, well, really? It's odd. He, they, they're ready to go. So I guess... That that at least shows you that they are up for a Doom Patrol. So yeah, so look know. forward to a Doom Patrol in 2017. Yeah, I don't know when it's gonna be. Actually, I it would have been funny if Jim Lee was doing the art. Look <laughs> forward to like, Doom Patrol in 2020, 2030. <laughs> uh, but Eric, that that's it for the news. Oh shit, it's not a lot of news. But we're do, gonna, do you want to hear that Forrest Gump quote again? No, I do not. Oh, okay. Uh, because we're gonna shoot right into listener mail. Listener mail. And unfortunately, all the listener mail uh, this week is not good. It's not uh, all complimentary to me and you. And a lot of it seems to stem from both uh, my uh, review of Midnighter last week. Right. And also we talk a lot of masturbation and poop. It uh, happens. Uh, we talked a lot last week. I don't know what happened <laughs> at the end of that podcast. I even said to you during the week that I had a lot of fun talking to you at the end. I'm shocked that you just didn't cut me off and, <laughs> and do your Finally, you wanted seven, me to cut you off? See you in seven and off we go. I don't know. I was uh, talking some crazy stuff. I had a good time. Yeah, the first mail is from Glenn, Eric. All right, Glenn. And, and Glenn is going to tell us exactly what this podcast is all about. Okay. He says hello. Hello. I've been meaning to check out your podcast for a while, 
It seems like he's a while, and then he decided last week. So I don't know. Was it, We say this in comics all the time. Was last week a good jumping-on point for the <laughs> podcast? Because I don't know if it was. Uh, we kind of— uh, Well, it was a low week for us, so I don't know. Was, if they're looking for a positive podcast, we, it might be a problem. We were really trying to keep it positive, and, you know, we had some fun. But he says, now that I have, I wish I could take it back. Ooh. He wants to take it back. Maybe Hal Jordan can fly in and become a god and take it all back. Last week's podcast may be the worst thing I've <laughs> ever heard. Okay, now he's going to describe the podcast. I don't know about you. It sounds like a fun time. It started out with a pedophilia joke, <laughs> then led into the host making fun of dead people. Yes, calling other yes. reviewers a-holes. That happens. Being homophobic. Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa. Again, that's that. I don't, I don't go with that. But making. I go with everything else he says, but <laughs> oh, that homophobic thing is a little off. Being homophobic is bad enough, but the next thing, making fun of special needs people. Yes. More than once in, in <laughs> parentheses. Talking ad nauseum about masturbation and poop and porn and poop talk. Yes, yes. That sounds, besides the homophobia, that, that sounds yeah. like a great I'm telling you, I agree with everything he's saying here except for the homophobia. I don't believe there was one instance that we had, were homophobic no, at all. Uh, he has to be talking about Midnighter. Just uh, because you didn't like a book, you're homophobic? I know. Uh, That's nonsense. Well, Shame on you, Glenn. I, Shame. I, I, did, I did try to get a hold. Oh, no, I didn't. I want to get a hold of Glenn because besides, I'm going to say, can I take that being homophobic out? And actually what he wrote there, I want to put as our iTunes description of the podcast <laughs> because, boy, that sounds like a good time. He sure says does. it's a shame. This is it gets funny here because he really doesn't get it. It's a shame because when they actually talked about comics, they had some good points. If you can get through the curse words and awful talk. Yes, yes. They, Eric. That they. Means, he means us. I will never listen to the podcast again and this, and suggest getting rid of the hosts if you want to be successful. All right, I'm out. I'm telling you, before we started, I told you, I'm so tired, I'm out too. Boy, <laughs> Glenn can take over. Glenn, Everybody right. have a great week. We'll see you <laughs> I do enjoy your site's written reviews and hope a change can be made with the podcast. <laughs> he does, so he, he, he likes does, us on the on no, the He website. doesn't realize, Eric, he does not know that we write the reviews. <laughs> oh, God, Glenn, you, you might be special needs yourself, you son of a bitch. No, I agree with everything he said right here, except for the homophobia. Now, we talked to, it's funny, because he says he's never going to listen. You know he's listening. You know he's <laughs> listening to hear if we read his mail. So, Glenn, thank you. Uh, mail of the week. Uh, we have the pick of the week. <laughs> I'm no longer going to use books as the pick of the week. My pick of the week is Glenn's mail. All right. Yes. All right. The next one is going to go, it's going to continue. The hate continues. Cole. Cole, Eric. Now, Cole, he, he wrote me, I don't know if this is supposed to be for the podcast. I don't know if it's the podcast or the website. He tells me to let him know at the end, and I did let him know. I sent him a pretty long email back, not mean or anything, very nice, but kind of defending us, and I never got word from him. So I'm thinking that maybe he wanted to hear this on, on the podcast. So here we Possibly. go, Cole. You're in. Hello. You, and Hello. maybe Cole might be the second best email this week. <laughs> Hello. So I read quite a few comics myself. Sounds like you when you're like, hey, I've, read, I've been reading comics all my life. Oh, thanks, Cole. Thanks for telling us about your history of comics. But Not, not much to be- post or anything, but Jim, I have read quite a few comics. <laughs> so I read quite a few comics myself, but not much before the new 52. It's weird because he says that. That's kind of me. Yeah, it is you. I would never say Are that. Are you I, cold? I, maybe. I'm cold. 
Uh, the heat's not on right now, and it's getting a little chilly. I, I would not say to you, like, hey, I've read quite a few comics myself. You know, I do have about uh, 1,075 reviews, Eric, but we won't go into that. <laughs> I really enjoy most of what I read, but I've never seen a review on your site get more than a 5 or a 6 out of 10. That is nonsense. Is this because you are judging solely off the fact that it's different from Free New 52, or does literally nothing appeal to you? He's more in that second one. Actually, he should have a third one. Or are you guys assholes? Yes. And yes. I'd say yes. You're, you're right. I only ask because I read a Deathstroke or Green Arrow or something. Or something. He, he might not he be sure about know. what it's he read. Something. And think, damn, that was tight. <laughs> but then I check your review and you found some tiny flaw and then rate it like 3 out of 10. I, I don't think we ever just jumped down to that. I told you, sometimes I will write a review, and uh, we said the review score is more of a gut feeling sometimes. Yes. And yes, sometimes I get done, and I'm like, this is a 7 out of 10, and boy, it sounds like I'm saying it's a 15 out of 10, <laughs> and i got to go adjust. But yeah, a 3 out of 10. We rarely give 3 out of 10s. You might with your yes. business plan. I hate you. Actually, at the beginning of the site, uh, when we started doing it, I was more of uh, more likely to give a three out of ten. But I was so or a ten out of ten. Um, that's the thing. You were more middle of the road. I was a very um, reactionary, where I would be like, "Oh my god, three out of ten, ten out of ten, whatever." But Aquaman, the others, like we heard last week, I, I <laughs> averaged like two point nine or something. That's not your fault. That book was garbage. Yeah, it was. For this, I am finding you very uncredible. Wow. You don't even know what books you've read, and you find us incredible? Maybe he meant incredible. Incredible. Infamous. <laughs> infamous. Yes, infamous. He says we are incredible. Infamous? I need, I need to know a specific comic that you actually think is well-written. Let me know. Martian Manhunter. Yeah. In general, uh, Catwoman, Grayson. I give Grayson. I think my average for Grayson is like a 9-2. Most likely. Um, even things like a um, Suicide Squad, new Suicide Squad, I really like. And I'm telling you, he asked this about this pre-New 52, and if, if nothing appeals to it. Uh, the thing that I believe in our um, the way we do it is each comic we rate as an individual comic. So you may have a, a series, like Martian Manhunter. If next issue sucks, you will give it a bad score. Yes. You're not going to give it a good score just because it's something that you generally like. And also, it might, so I'm saying something might get a boost, maybe like a point, oh yeah, something I like that. You, if I, I generally like the book, boy, normally. I say all the time, Flash. I give Flash. I really like Flash. I seem to be the only one. People There's going to be a bias to it a little bit if you yeah, like something. That Flashback podcast, they almost quit their goddamn eight-year podcast because of Van Diddy and uh, Van <laughs> Jensen's freaking thing. But I like it. But yeah, but in, in other deal too, we don't judge it by pre-New Fifty Two. Uh, continuity absolutely not either because i have i don't have much uh experience of that anyway and but, yeah. i judge everything off the continuity we have right now dc went and said we rebooted this is the new continuity and i go with that yeah and i'm telling you sometimes what he's saying is we nitpick or something for a tiny flaw i don't know if if the dialogue's horrible to me that's not a tiny flaw. not at all uh i rarely would mention a tiny flaw in in any of my reviews uh, I mentioned big flaws or I mentioned, you know, things that I really like. But, yeah, I don't know. I get the idea that Cole has just started uh, reading things on the site. And he because, started last week. That's well, not I'm our fault. You, <laughs> even if it was the last month, uh, the, re the books have been down yes. uh, generally and not just us. In general, throughout a lot of reviewers, when we look at the comic book roundup, uh, yeah, I sent him stats. Boy, I, I, he probably didn't get back to me because he's probably still not done reading that mail. It was so long. 
<laughs> it was like a Reggie mail. Jesus. Ah, uh, yes. I miss Reggie's mails. All right. The next uh, bit Shh, of you mail. You say that name three times, I'll come back. I almost uh, asked Reggie to write him <laughs> because he sent me a note. And I'm like, boy, I miss your mails. All right. The next bit of mail actually is in defense of us. It's from H. All right. H. Hey, Eric and Jim. Hey. Doesn't, doesn't seem right, Eric and Jim. It sounds so much better, Jim and Eric. For some you sound bitch. I agree. Just me. It does sound. No, I agree. Don't you think it's? I guess it's a syllable thing. That first yeah. syllable to the, to the two, and also I'm better. <laughs> I've been listening since episode ten, and while I love but rarely agree with most of what you guys ran about, I completely agree with your take on Midnighter and Steve Orlando. As a gay male. I was so excited for a strong homosexual character getting his own book, but Orlando has turned him into what seems more like a parody than anything else. Jim is right. In, in parentheses, he'll surely say, as always, and yes, as always, I tried to convince myself the book was good, but at last is nowhere near being so. Jim is again right. Jesus Christ. Yes, it's killing me to say it, that when you read the dialogue out loud, you truly see it for what it is. Horrible. It paid me to do so, but I dropped the book last week and, ex- and I expect it to be canceled soon anyway. Love the well. podcast. Keep on fighting the good fight. Jim, you can go back to being wrong again. Love, <laughs> H. Thank you, H. Yeah, H. See, I, thank you, H. Thanks for writing, and I, I hope he writes again. That's um, one of the games we play at work during the week when a Midnighter book comes out. Jim reads it out loud to torture me, like he used to do with yeah. Catwoman. Well, I said, though, I said it last week on the podcast. I said it to you again this week. Um, it was fun with Catwoman, though. Yeah. It's more just, it was fun for me to read it to you, the Catwoman, and just say, oh, it's so ridiculous. But I'm telling you, there was still a bit of fun to it. And I don't know if it was just like Anne Nocenti. Uh, you could tell that she was just trying her hardest. It was just <laughs> not very good. Uh, but the concepts were there. Like, the Race of Thieves was an awful Catwoman arc. It was fun. It was Wacky Racers. Yeah, it's uh, Wacky Racers. Uh, Midnighter's not fun. It's always him just yelling one-liners and things that don't make don't sense. Don't make sense, yeah. And, and to the point where, again, where I thought that Anne Nocenti was trying to talk about things she didn't know about, like football that one time was the best. <laughs> up but to the plate again, home if, run. Yeah, if, yeah, somebody saying up to the plate home run. It's an up to the, the center ice goal. I don't know. I'm trying to make something as ridiculous Shut as you up. said. But what uh, what Steve Orlando seems to do Jim is Warner to, is right. Yeah, Just Steve Orlando tries to throw these things in to make you have to uh, admit he's smart. I, I don't, don't know. No, it doesn't come off as fun to me though. But yeah, thanks, H. And the next one we're gonna go is uh, Darren. D. Ron. There, I always have to pause, and he gets it right. Jim and Eric. Remember, he is the uh, the sole member of Team Jim and Eric. Yes. I was listening to the Halloween episode the other day. He's a little behind. Uh, and heard Reggie's segment in regards to Dan. Dan's one. We can't mention Dan's name three times, Eric. It's going to happen. Although the segment had me laughing loudly at work, I couldn't help but wonder if Dan is now suicidal. <laughs> it would be a shame if Dan were to put a pistol in his mouth. Oh, overdose shit. on illegal. How about if he put pistol in his mouth, Eric? Yeah. Yeah. Overdose on... I can film that shit. <laughs> overdose on illegal narcotics or even jump off a very tall bridge. While I was not the biggest fan of Dan's Geek News, it would be funny in a way. Jesus. It would be very sad if the guy from Weird Science drove this kid to the point of offing himself. I don't think that'd be funny. I think that's uh, Darren, you were a dark some legal fella. action could hey, be taken. This, it's the death metal that Darren loves. It's, it's <laughs> starting to warp his brain. Regardless, if Dan committed uh, 
to doing projects for weird science and failed to deliver on his end. I can totally see why Dan is now being used as verbal insult target practice. In the long run, though, will only hurt any projects that he attempts in the future with other collaborators as word on the street will inevitably get out. Yeah, he's... Dan's, he's a guy who just, he just, he's a special ser- guy. He's searching for something and he just hasn't found it. He really, he really wants to be, I don't know, something. I, I, it's, I can't say anything about him without sounding mean. <laughs> he's not a bad guy. He's not, no. a ba- he's just a young guy. Um, He's in your generation, Eric. How dare you? We were talking about the generations this week, and you even said, Dan can't be in my generation. But he, uh, this whole generation that's doing this, uh, million student march and this all bullshit oh, I, was re- the, I was watching videos of that today it's ridiculous isn't it the, oh my the God. entitled generation or whatever you want to call like that but that's he seems to think he can throw something out and it'll just hit and he'll be a, an internet sensation unfortunately you have to work at that and i don't know that he is willing or ready to do that work and that's really what happened with us. He wanted to be on our site and thought that for some reason it was going to make him a superstar. And believe me, it's not. <laughs> and unfortunately for him, we're, me and you, Eric, are the ones who are stopping him from <laughs> because we were, he, he could only get as far as we were going to take him. And boy, that's, that's a road that's not going to go very far. On a side note, if you haven't read The Dark Side War Green Lantern number one yet, I strongly, strongly recommend you do so. Tom King does an excellent job in capturing the character of Hal Jordan. It is definitely my pick of the week. I would love to see Tom King take over the Green Lantern title whenever Robert Venditti decides to step down. Now, if only Brett Booth can replace Billy Tan on pencils, then all uh, all will just about be right with the world. Keep charging. Your number one Green Lantern fan, D-Ron. Darren. Um, it's weird when he wrote this. I I hadn't read it. I have read it. I liked it more than you. We'll talk yes. about it in a little bit. Um, I can only think though that the reason why they had Tom King on this is possibly to see how he does with the character. You know what I mean? He does um both the um, Grayson and Omega Man. Yeah. And with Omega Man going down in six more issues or whatnot. Um since it was extended, maybe he will be the one. We were talking about this whole thing that we wanted to have new creators, uh, you know, change up the book. Spice like it up said. a bit. We, even, we said last week about Scott Snyder being on uh, Green Arrow we thought would be great. We were talking about Green Lantern, and I think we kind of did stall out thinking about who we would want to take over Green Lantern. I don't know that we ever no, I don't thought think so. of anybody. And so, yeah, I'm telling you. Like I said, I liked it a little more than you, but yeah, I think he has the character down. He seemed to know what's going on. I'm saying I could go with it. I'd like to see what kind of storyline he'd come up with, but uh, I don't know. This issue didn't do it for me like it did for everybody else, but Brett Booth on uh, Green Lantern I think sounds great. And the only thing I can say about this issue, uh, you can't really rate him for the story of the issue because they're forced to pigeonhole these stories. But I I think that he, I didn't read it and think to myself, boy, this isn't Hal Jordan. No, Uh, not at all. But, yeah, I liked it. Now, the next mail, and thank you, D-Ron. The next mail is J-Man, who, uh, J-Man likes to send things as I'm walking up the stairs to do the (laughs) podcast. The son of a bitch. I I, I actually, I didn't even look at my phone. I was upstairs. I actually took a nap before we started, and this didn't help me one bit. Um, And then I sat down. I started loading up all the stuff, getting things ready, and I look at my phone. It's blinking. I'm like... There he is, J-Man. Hey, Jim and Eric, I'm sending you another late email to discuss general DC stuff. After last week's Batman and Robin Eternal going nowhere fast, I was considering dropping the weekly series from my poll. Then I skimmed through this week's issue and was pleasantly surprised. 
I came oh. to I came to the conclusion that the reason I hated last week's was because of the writing of Steve Orlando. <laughs> hate that this podcast is becoming the hate uh, of Steve Orlando, but I don't hate it, Eric. <laughs> see, the thing is, I don't only, like Steve only, Orlando. It's only recently Steve Orlando. Before it was other people. It, yeah. only, it moves. It evolves yeah, to the hate. I'm telling you, he is now the number one target. But yes. then I read the Just League Dark Side War Shazam one shot and was pleasantly surprised. I can't believe Steve Orlando wrote this because it was actually good. I disagree, Eric. I'm not completely you on know what? It. Actually, you know what? I'm, I'm going to tell you. I disagree. It's not his. It's not Steve Orlando's writing, though, that, that I didn't like. I, I didn't mind his writing in that. He didn't get crazy. Um, I just didn't like the story. But I also realized that these Dark Side War one-shots are, are just cash are, – are not just cash grabs, he said. Are not. Uh, I think I think he made a mistake there. He had to admit I realized that they are because boy, they they are nothing but. I also read the Green Lantern one shot and loved it. Tom King, I think that's his name, should take over for Robert Venditti as writer of Green Lantern now. <laughs> Jeez, that's it's, uh, They're yelling from the mountaintop. Thanks, guys, and keep up the good work, J Man from Santa Barbara. All right, J Man. Yeah, Thank you. Two guys. Okay, now this is funny because this this email, the next one came in. I. I have to admit, uh, it's from Craig. Craig. For, for a second, I forgot about Craig. Son of a bitch. <laughs> ah, Craig. It's funny because I read this email earlier. I did not get the reference at the beginning until you were just talking there. I, was, I moved on to the next one because I didn't have J-Man's email. Yeah, yeah. And I looked at it, it's like, now I get it. Yeah. He's yeah. talking in my ears. I get it now. Yep, Craig. <laughs> Dear Hanna-Barbera Shame and Eric. Was it, uh, was it Snagglepuss? Uh, Snagglepuss and... Uh, droopy dog. Droopy dog. I hope that. I think since then I've kind of picked up the the game. I yes, you have. Don't worry, baby. Heavens to Murgatroyd. There you go. I, now you you know what this is. I always think Robert Romanus's acting in Fast Times at Ridgemont High is the pinnacle of ridiculous acting. A man literally made of ham whose every word is bacon. <laughs> you know who that is? Yeah, that's Demone. Oh, it's Demone, our least favorite guy in any movie. Yes. Man, you hate Demone. We've, uh, we've been talking about Damone quite a bit just because of how much we dislike him. Oh, I hate... I, I, I don't think we ever thought it was uh, Robert Romanus's acting. Is that how you pronounce it? Romanus? I believe so. I just look at it and I see anus <laughs> at the end. Of course you do. <laughs> uh, Robert Rom anus. It's uh, funny because right before you said that, I looked at his name again. I'm like, yeah. Did you see anus? <laughs> uh, he is... The, Damone, the character, is one of the biggest pieces of shit. <laughs> all time. All, ti- all time movies. Uh, but yeah, he asked us, what is our individual... What is your apex of ridiculous acting? I know what mine is. What is yours? I, I don't have one off the top of my head. Mine is, oh, God, now I can't. You you think of one. Well, oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah. I know what right, mine is. All right, dead air, dead air. You know air. what mine is? Mine what? is Al Pacino and Son of a Woman. I, son of a I, bitch. I told you, I, this isn't, I'm not trying to cause controversy. I've told you this over and over again. That Much Hua, to my dismay. That Huan, I think it is so overdone. And then besides that, probably almost every Kevin Costner movie until now, <laughs> I'm telling you, Reese, he's yeah, he's gotten older. Now. He's gotten really good, but I'm telling you, Bull Durham, freaking, oh, Waterworld, Waterworld. I'm that's just an awful movie. I, Bull Durham, I hate his acting. I think he overacts. Freaking Robin Hood, Field of Dreams, Robin Hood, Field of Dreams. I'm not a big fan, but then I'm telling you, I did not like Kevin Costner until Man of Steel. Once I watched Man of Steel, I had not watched another Kevin Costner movie in a long time. And I actually was impressed by him in that movie enough to actually watch trailers of other movies. I still haven't watched them, <laughs> but you have told me about them. But yeah, I think that uh, 
that scent of a woman. Uh, my God, I saw that in the theater, and I wanted to strangle him. I, I hate it. Chris O'Donnell acted circles around him. Al Pacino's a great actor. I, he just seemed like they just said, hey, uh, ca- come up with a catchphrase and just keep yelling it. Hoo-ha! Isn't that what he said? Hoo-ha! Hoo-ha! Hey, yeah, yeah. Do you have any you think maybe uh, Tom Hanks and Forrest Gump? How dare you? No, actually, somebody who's actually always bothered me. I was stuck on the moon for a long time, and I was just going through my index in my head of movies. But Brendan Fraser. Yeah. I really don't like his acting. I, I'm telling you, I like him in The Mummy, but pretty much everything after that and before, I dislike that guy. Really? really? You didn't like him in Blast from the Past? That is such a bad movie. <laughs> Christopher Walken in there with him. Uh, yes. And then he puts at the end, uh, Craig ends his email with ambivalent about the show, etc. Et <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks, Craig. Craig. We haven't heard from Craig. Craig is kind of like uh, John. That he just shows up now and again. Is it? It is John, John right? Yes. I hope John's listening. I hope he's gotten rid of those uh, real life problems. <laughs> All right. Now we're gonna go to who uh, Deron wants to have in uh, in Dan's mouth, and that's yes. Pistol. Well, Pistol be up for that. Ah, uh, sure enough, money. Everybody's got good for anything. Yeah, I'm with you. Pistol <laughs> says. Hey, Jim and Eric, everything has been getting too positive around here recently, including me. So I just wanted to let you know you are both worthless sacks of garbage who shit negative reviews and hate. And there goes my self-esteem. But managed to burp and fart out a fairly listenable podcast. You are the bacon of podcasts. What's with the bacon? I don't know. It's it's the synergy of these males. Enjoyable, but gives you cancer. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, my dad had lung cancer, you son of a bitch. Jim, it's okay. He's dead now. That Not from true. lung cancer. And he didn't, he didn't die from that. He actually was the 500-pound man that beat lung cancer. I am writing that script right now. I'm pretty right sure he now. ate it. I'm writing he ate the cancer. I'm writing that script. Tom Hanks is going to appear in it. You remember those E.T. Atari cartridges they found buried in the desert? Yes, yes, I, yes I do. That's what's going to happen to you. Not the podcast, but you too personally. Someone is going to take such offense to you two dickbags and put you in the ground, kill Bill style. Oh, shit. Maybe Maybe it'll be Dan Stransky. I'm telling you, uh, I would make a rule of like, hey, we're done with Dan. Dan, it was it was fun. It was a fun ride, Dan. But boy, for a guy who people just told us how much on the podcast, in mail, and off the podcast, <laughs> in messages, how much they hated the guy, boy, they keep mentioning him. But he says, maybe it'll be Dan Stransky, Cameron Stewart, and Brendan Fletcher, or perhaps the recently pissed off Cullen Bunn. Cullen I don't Bunn like this like idea. Cullen Bunn hates your gut. No, he does not. Yes, he does. He told me the other day. He messaged me. He said, by the way, Jim, I uh, don't mind you, even though you <laughs> made fun of my bald head. But I really hate that Eric guy. He's a dick. And I said, Cullen, I, I've been. I've Calm known down, this. Pugsley. I've known Calm this down. For, I've known this for three years. <laughs> Whoever it is, they're going to need some help digging those graves. Because as I understand it, you two are great big fat people. <laughs> uh, hey, Jim. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Are you a great big fat person? Are you a big, great big fat person? <laughs> I, I wash my, my back with a with rag a, on a stick. A rag on a stick. That is not Buffalo Bill. Any, any, isn't it? That's okay. Uh, Buffalo Bill said, I, I like chicken nuggets. Doesn't he say that? What the fuck? Ocean in the basket. Where's uh, the double cheeseburgers? Anyway, keep That's it up. That's you, and you know it. That is Great me. big keep fat it up, person. Camp slug, pistol, obsidian, blackbird, McKnight. 
Now we're going to move on to Manship. And Manship thinks that uh, my son is a, uh, a demon because he says, please let Wraith, spelled W-R-A-I-T-H, <laughs> Wraith. Uh, you said, you know, people uh, before I said, yeah, did you see Manship? Oh, he spelled my son's name. Yeah, you know, people have crazy names for kids. Yeah. That would be the craziest name. Well, I told any- you, my old next door neighbor, he uh, named his daughter Storm after the X-Men character. And he named his son Draven off of Eric Draven from The Crow. Yeah, that guy's an asshole. Uh, Rafe's name is spelled R-A-E-F, Rafe. And believe me, it, I like the name enough. It was more of my wife's idea of the name, and, and he's already having problems in school where the teachers are like, Rafe, there's Rafe here. <laughs> Please let Rafe know that he nailed the intro last week. It's funny, you said he sounded like I had a gun to his yeah. head until he said about uh, me. Please listen to person. my daddy's podcast. Yeah. And that was my plea to get people to. Re- I should actually have him record something to ask uh, if if uh, they people don't review it on iTunes that I'll hit him or something. <laughs> it was very smart. Like Sarah McLaughlin or some shit. Yes, it was very smart of the guys to get a replacement ready for when one of them has a heart attack and or one of them gets taken out by Scott Snyder. She had another person on the list. I know. I was going to say, remember we used to have the list of people who hated us, but now we're changing that. We're, we're taking to the streets, Eric. Ooh. Speaking of a health issue, Quickerdown's comic was discovered this past week having some issues in his local comic shop's restroom. Customers heard verbal straining coming from the restroom immediately followed by yelling. I've never had this. I heard I, this story. I've never had this much darkness in, in me before. <laughs> and get this darkness out of me. Is that Murphy with you? Yes. Witnesses to the <laughs> event recalled hearing Werner talking about something called caveman cheese. Oh, it was freaking cave cheese. My guess is that the incident was either from this mysterious cheese or from all the darkness that built up in him last week after reading so many terrible DC comics. Uh, yes, Joel's question from last week needed a little tweaking because we all know that there would be no power on an island, which I said. If the Weird Science crew were stranded on an island, what movie would the gang reenact? Tug Speedman's performance of Simple Jack comes to mind. You m- 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 make me happy. <laughs> when Mama Dyke my, made rain my, fall from my, my eyes. It made my eyes rain. <laughs> Uh, actually, I thought that me and you would probably act out the other the other sister. Oh God! <laughs> hey there, uh, would you like to hear some music? I I've I've only I don't even know quotes from that. I just imagine the other sisters like we deserve each other, something like that. <laughs> You're <laughs> pissed off, Glenn. Now, uh, calm Glenn's down. Glenn's getting mad. I'm telling you, I have a reason. I'm I have an uncle who's. <laughs> we mentioned my uncle is severely retarded. He he came that severely. Thanksgiving. Yeah, severely. He also severely beat the shit out of me anytime he came over. And I used to have to go visit uh, my grandmother's house. And my grandmother hated me. And uh, my dad must have as well because it'd be me and my dad. My dad would take me. We'd go drive there, and they'd say, okay, you go play with Jeffrey. And I, please don't. I don't want to. Don't let me. And he'd get mad because I'm telling you, my dad, uh, how awful a person he was for some reason. Well, not for some reason. He really loved his retarded brother. He hated me. I love this retarded brother. So they'd say, okay, go play with him. The guy was probably, I at this point, I was probably 10. Right. And he was probably 22. And you were a small kid. I was very small. And he was around probably like 22 and big. I mean, that's the thing. People think, oh, you know, he has the mind of a three-year-old. Yeah, and a body of a 22-year-old. <laughs> and he was big. And they used to make me play with them, and the playing was like we'd have a football, and he'd just run me over. Or <laughs> or then it would just devolve into him just beating the shit out of me, and he would. He would grab me by the hair. He'd fucking throw me on the ground. He'd punch me in the face. Jim, and, Jim. 
Yeah. It's not your fault. Uh, it's not your fault. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. It's not your fault. No, so, and then I'd, I'd come in and I'd be like, Jeffrey, beat the crap. And I'd get yelled at for riling him up. So I'm telling you, don't talk to me about not being nice to freaking special needs. I'm special needs, Eric. My special After needs. After that, were, yeah. My special needs were a, a tourniquet and a freaking a Bible. I don't know. Or freaking. Uh, what are those brass knuckles so i could knock him the fuck out and i would have i don't care. ragged some chloroform god damn it he was big and and then later after that i got rid of him by not even having to visit anymore uh you know around 12 and then my mom and dad were friends with another family that had an older girl who was retarded and she used to beat the shit out of me <laughs> i'm telling you all the retards used to beat the shit out of me. you're a retarded I, punching bag i see that fucking i see her she lives at like a a special needs house down yeah. the street, and I see her sometimes. She's like ninety now. Do you get PTSD? Oh, I do. I get angry, and I told her we were walking to the uh, donut shop down the road. Of course you were, Fatty. One time, yeah, I saw her, and I told my one son, "I want to punch her right now." And he looked at me like, "You are awful. <laughs> you are a monster." Then I told him the story, and then he still thought I was awful. Yes, but boy. So, all right, I think I'm out of I'm flashbacks. <laughs> Jim, have you had the talk with any of your boys yet? No. There's no talk. I, I'm going to let them figure things but out. Let nature like take its made. course. <laughs> I was made to figure things out on my own. And it, it led me to the friggin' doctors thinking I had a venereal disease. And five our little, kids. Our little guy turns 12 soon. I'm dreading the talk. For your information, my go-to paraphernalia back in the day was always the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. I like that as well, but I, I never had much... Um, Nobody in the house had that. I used to grab stuff uh, on my own. When I was a uh, kid, it's when Maxim first came out. Oh, Maxim. We had Maxim. I told you at one point, I think I mentioned on the podcast, I've been getting Maxim magazine for free for like six years. I've never paid for it. It just arrives. And the minute it arrives, my 15-year-old son, Zach, just grabs it. And it disappears. <laughs> of course it And does. I am the only one who was extremely paranoid about rewinding their dad's VHS porno back to its original spot for fear of being caught. No. And, no, you yeah, are not. Yeah, that's, that's common. For those too young to know what a VHS tape is, VHS, VHS tapes had to be rewound in order to watch it again. That's like these kids nowadays, they don't know what it's like. They have the internet, that friggin' VHS tapes. I do. do you think anybody even buys porn anymore? Well, yes, because I used to live above a porn shop, and I used to see people all the yeah, time but there. that was before. I'm telling you now. Anybody, oh, well, it was the mid-2000s. Yeah, no, anybody now... It, they're idiots. They're just stupid. They have to be older people who just don't know. Well, they're also jerk-off booths there, so. Yeah, that's true. Also, they had the uh, Great American Challenge. Or <laughs> the Great big, American big, Challenge. Big, big freaking Black Fist. Now it was uh, blue. It was blue? Yeah. I don't know that I'd ever had r- put something blue in my butt. It was. I'm telling you, it was a fist up to a forearm. That was the size of it. And I'm talking like a built forearm. It was like freaking, a baby's arm holding an apple? No, it was like a freaking like a, a basketball player's forearm. Really? Yeah. A <laughs> uh, blue basketball player. What do you mean by basketball player? I was thinking of somebody who had good big forearms, though. I think you're being a little racist. Glenn, I don't think add, I am. Add racist to the thing, Glenn. I want Glenn to write back next week and tell, tell us what he hated this week. Uh, I think man, you think it's racist at all, but a basketball player to be black. 
Who said black? I meant Eastern European, you son really? of a bitch. Eastern European, yes, that's Eastern what you meant. Eastern European, like Dirk Nowitzki. Oh, like Dirk, huh? Yeah, like Dirk. Dirk Digger. I don't know anything about basketball, Dirk. so you can say anything at this Dirk point. Dirk Nowitzki. Remember uh, Brian at work wears a Dirk Nowitzki jersey sometimes. I do not look at him. Every time he does, him. I yell, hey, Nowitzki. He has no idea what I'm saying. He, he also wears a, swearing. He also wears a San Francisco beanie and says it's his home team. Yeah, he said to me he was wearing that San Francisco 49ers uh, beanie. I'm like, why do you why do you like the 49ers? They're my home team, bro. I don't think it is. Like, I don't think so. <laughs> so don't do you know, know where you are uh, right now? Yeah, you know what? He may think that they're the home team. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows with him? Uh, it's signed off as Manship Bat. Manship man Bat. All right. Next up, and I think the last email, right? Last mail? Yes. Yes, it is. The last mail is from Brendan. Brendan says, well, I did it. Oh, I slogged through your backlog, all past and current issues. I'm so sorry. And I can honestly say I didn't hurt myself after all this and can state with clear mind that I see the growth in you guys. Sounds like cancer again. Not in maturity by any means for time. Uh, by any means, the time for that has well passed. But I mean, you do have a small bit of talent buried under all the daddy issues. And oh, God, daddy, I miss you. You both spew and bring to the surface each week. I do really enjoy what you guys both do and bring to the table. Uh, you're a great team, and I can't find any other podcast that remotely interests me or combines two of these interests of mine, those interests being comics and low-brow toilet humor. <laughs> I'm telling you, we were, our, we were meant to make this podcast for him. I used to like Comic Vines podcast a lot, but hey, they Jim. speed through everything. At, well, I, Diarrhea. <laughs> plop, plop, plop. Diarrhea. <laughs> plop, plop, plop. What was oh, it maturity. When you're... When you're uh, when, when you're, you're sliding in the first. When you're sliding in the first and the shit runs feel down something your burst. leg and it feels... Oh, I had a different version. Yes. <laughs> when you're when you're running past second and it seems like you just had a, a whopper and it's coming out. That's just diarrhea. bad time to play basketball, uh, baseball. <laughs> yeah, what was second? What was second base? I don't remember there being a second base. And what, you just ended at first? Yes. There was a whole no, bunch of different sets. No, because there was there was. It third. wasn't all it's baseball. Just, when you're when you're sliding in the third, and it's much more than a third. Diarrhea. So one. second has to be one. When you go into second base, and the shit goes on your face. That's that's a bad Diarrhea. time right there. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I used to like Comic Vines podcast a lot, but they speed through everything and totally mail it in lately. I'll tell you right now, I like Comic Vines podcasts. And in fact, for me personally, uh, their podcast was it kind of inspired uh, me to have you do this one with me uh, because I'd listen to it all the time. And yes, I thought that they kind of uh, went through the DC comics very quickly. And then I said to you, you know, that's what? why I we... stopped listening. I listened uh, for a couple episodes like two years ago, I think it was, but I, I fell off since then. I still listen to them. I haven't listened to them in a little bit, but no, I'm, I'm a fan of those guys. Uh, but yeah, they, they, they do every book. They try to do every book. The only thing that uh, gets to me on their podcast is they don't do, like, sometimes they haven't even read an issue, but they bring it up, and I, I don't know why they do that. But uh, Oh, you're not going to like tonight's book, Sam, no. <laughs> yeah, well, he says, nobody over there reads much of anything together to contribute anything in depth. That's I agree. Who knows, but they used to be a lot better. Maybe you two assholes have jaded me to the dark side of the podcasting world. <laughs> yes. 
What do you and Eric listen to at your box factory besides yourselves? Which you don't listen to us. I haven't listened to our podcast in a while either, I have to admit. He says, I'm going crazy now. I don't have you two clowns bullshitting in my ears all day. I need new ideas, damn it. What do you mean well, new, we, like, anymore? Like, do we need a longer podcast? No, that's what he's saying. I think what he was doing is he'd listen to the new one on Monday, oh, Tuesday, right. and then the rest of the days he'd go back and listen to some. Because, yeah, they're long. He'd probably... Uh, and he told us before he doesn't like those assholes he works with. So you know, I, I suggest I know you just, feelings, yeah. yeah, I suggest you do what I do. And when Eric comes by, you you quickly put the earphones in and pretend that you're listening to something so you don't have to talk to him. That's what you do. <laughs> no, I, you're more the podcast guy. Yeah. Um, I listen to the uh, podcast history of the world. <laughs> I know it's boring. Uh, it's not boring though. It's a history podcast, and the guy is actually pretty funny. I like him. I, at first, I, it took a little bit to get used to him, but a guy who um, drops like rap lyrics in the middle of a history podcast <laughs> of the world, I'm in for. And he does. He he has some really odd uh, references, and I like. He doesn't explain them. He just goes with it. It's very entertaining. If you're into history, uh, you might want to listen to that. But you're more of the pop culture stuff. Well, kind of. I listen. I have a big like interest in paranormal stuff and UFOs and uh, cryptology. So I listen to different paranormal podcasts, like the the Paranormal Podcast, the Paranormal Report, uh, the Graylian Report, and I end up listening to a lot of those all week. Uh, what else? And doc, my Doctor Who podcast. You piece of shit. <laughs> you also listen to Kevin Smith's bunch of podcasts. Yeah, always laughing it up over there. Always coming over and telling me things that they say, and I just shut. Yeah, up. I like education. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't. I used to listen to Fat Man on Batman, but I, I have not listened to that in about a year and a half, probably. Right? Something like that. Yeah. So I'm looking to. Th- I lost my place now. If you're looking uh, for a good Doctor Who podcast, so you can't get any finer than Radio Free Scaro. Yeah, uh, and the other news, we were trying to put together a um, Just for the Hell of It podcast, me and you were going to do. Now, yes. we always we had been talking about the 80s strike back, yes. and we got together that one Friday, started recording. I think it, we realized that was going to take a lot of work. We talked about uh, two movies just for a top five list, so both are number fives, and it took an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, we gotta we gotta find we gotta tweak that. that. Yeah, we gotta tweak it, but we do have an idea that we may do a Just for the Hell of It podcast. And we're going to probably call it Just for the Hell of It podcast. Yes. Like, where we're just going to get together, me and you, probably on a Friday night and talk for about a half hour about maybe nonsense. Not, nothing, nonsense, something like that. Kind of the shit that we talk about in between stuff on this podcast, but uh, just as its own thing. So maybe that'll help you out, uh, Brandon, but uh, it won't be very long. That's the, the whole goal is not to give us too much work. Agreed. But we continue. Since I dug in. Since I dug in their ass last week, I have to give it to DC this week for stepping up their offerings. Batman, Batman and Robin Eternal, and Green Lantern, Dark Side War were all pretty good to great comics, in my opinion. Although I'd like more info about Bloom is my only complaint. He's come out of nowhere and is all over the place. Plant powers, computer powers, hell, growing, shrinking. What? 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 <laughs> I like him. Don't get me wrong. I'm super interested. I just want to know a little bit of the whys behind uh, this all besides a bean. You and me both. Yeah, I don't know that we're going to get much. This is this really is starting to seem like a Scott Snyder thing where we're not going to get a lot of explanation. Uh, it's just going to be that that's how he is, and that's how we're going to have to go with it. I tried to be tough and avoid the Justice League tie-ins after the Batman one, but I'm a sucker, and I feel like the one uh, I don't buy, I'll miss something I regret missing. Yeah. Really, I'm just an idiot, though. You are, and so are we. <laughs> So I don't know what I was expecting from Shazam, but it was by far the worst of the bunch. <laughs> it was far worse than the pie-munching Superman story. I hate it 
that so very much, and I don't think I was even reading English for much of the Shazam issue. <laughs> Long story short, color me surprised when I actually decided to pay attention and see your boy friggin' Steve-O wrote this issue. Yeah, he looked then. Who gives this dude work, and how do people comprehend what he, comprehend what he writes down to understand what's going on? I swear he makes me dumber than you two have. Wow. I only have gotten back in the comics the last few years after a long break, but have learned the valuable lesson to avoid certain creators. Orlando for DC and uh, Brian Michael Bendis for Marvel are mine at the moment. And save the headache for you two to review. Make fun of describing such elegant words back to me. Still waiting on an emergency podcast or maybe (laughs) an outtakes or something. Fuck, I have 50 hours a week to fill here and need something. Does 50-hour work week, what are you, a rookie? (laughs) <laughs> 50 hours. I think I have 50 hours by Tuesday afternoon. Get out of Sorry. here. Sorry. If some of this is misspelled or made no sense to read, baby moms kept interrupting my flow while working. <laughs> he's got like six baby moms. Oh, uh, yes. He's like a freaking, I, I don't know. I was going to say somebody who had a lot of kids. <laughs> Me. Keep up the good work and making us all retarded. Ooh. Don't, I'm telling you, I hear that word and I want to strangle somebody. Brand. Wow. That is Just not for the right reasons. Yes, and Brandon is at, at BMUR3660, as we always say. Zero. Uh, zero. Yeah, why do I? Oh, yeah, I don't know why I said that. Um, again, I, I said before, I don't think that Shazam issue, uh, the problem was uh, the writing necessarily. I think that I think it was all a bunch of nonsense. Uh, I, I halfway through, I was wondering what the hell was going on. But we'll get to that, Eric. Yes, we will. Now we'll get to that uh, all too soon. But right now, we're going to take it off to Reggie, who, like I said, I was trying to get, I was going to ask him for an email, but instead we're going to get his recklessness, and I have no idea what it's going to be about. I He has not sent it to me. All before. right. So, yeah, I don't have much of a lead in for that. But, yeah, we're going to give it to you, Reggie. Take it away. fellow comics enthusiasts and welcome to Reggie's Recklessness. I'm your host, Reggie Kiesel. When DC Comics moved their home office from New York City to Burbank, California earlier this year, they decided that during the transition they needed a freelance editorial team to cover the interim. And I suppose it wouldn't do to maintain the regular publishing schedule since the books produced during this cross-country move would be distinctly different in flavor and tone. That's when they determined to create a two-month-long event, one which could exist somewhat outside of continuity, but still have an impact upon it, and keep the tills ringing with DC sales while Dan DiDio figured out which SPF suntan lotion he needs for the top of his head. It was titled Convergence, and it was, in essence, a two-month break in the action in exchange for a slew of new comics featuring fan-beloved iterations of their favorite characters. Not a terrible idea, in theory. In execution, it was absolutely fucking shambolic. I feel it would be a disservice to the listener to go through the entire story that was Convergence. Build as our opportunity to see classic versions of DC's characters, and for some, teasing a return of the pre-Flashpoint universe, it wound up being a kind of stunted riff on Marvel's Battleworld from their status-setting 1985 crossover, Secret Wars. 
It introduced a new character, Brainiac's all-powerful lackey Talos, who gathered the greatest cities in the universe at their peak points in time and assembled them on a barren planet, which was also named Talos. This sounds like it would be misleading, but is actually quite helpful for those looking to find Talos. He lives on 1 Talos Street, right in South Talosville in the proud state of Talos. It turns out that the best cities across the universe and throughout eternity are all different iterations of Metropolis and Gotham City, and once their protective domes are let down, all of the different heroes from different universes fight each other because that's what heroes do. 80 issues of these Brave and the Dumb crossovers with a few bright spots and 9 issues of the main Convergence story, and no one in their right minds gave a crap about any of it. For one thing, despite being handled outside of the regular editorial office and having been teased a full year before, all of Convergence suffered from major editorial and continuity problems. The same characters were used twice in comics that were supposedly happening concurrently, the spurious and sometimes non-existent reasoning behind some powers being dampened by the domes and others not, and the cataclysmic world-shattering events in the main Convergence title would be equally detrimental to some of the tie-in comics and inconsequential to others. And this was a two-month series that was supposedly prepared months in advance. This wasn't a weekly comic on a tight deadline with half a dozen writers to corral, but what might have been a neat little story if it hadn't been padded with a bunch of pointless crap and yet bare bones when it came to consistent explanations or logic. The result of Convergence was that Crisis on Infinite Earths, the original crisis that collapsed the multiverse and killed Supergirl and Barry Allen, never happened. What this really means to continuity would probably take a degree in theoretical physics to comprehend. The immediate result is that we get a Lois and Clark book, a Titans Hunt book, and the book that no one asked for, Talos. You couldn't fill a gas station bathroom with enough people who give a crap about Talos and his stupid story. He was forced to do Brainiac's bidding and forgot his real name, and none of it makes any sense or nor does it seem to matter. Why would Brainiac, who can replicate himself infinitely and control every version from a hive mind, farm out his city collecting to a brainwashed slave? If the greatest cities are collected on Talos by Talos, why is the Red Rain version of Gotham City included, since it's essentially a city overrun with vampires? What was the point of those two whole issues where everyone went to Skartaris, which was underground on planet Talos for some reason? Why? 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 Normally in serialized fiction, you want the reader to have unanswered questions that will be solved in the next series installment. But in order for that to work, you must engender the reader's interest. In short, people have to care about the question in order to stick around for the answers. Since Convergence was, in some roundabout way, a wiping away of Crisis on Infinite Earths, let it also be a wiping away of itself. Some of the tie-ins were pretty good, the main issue was stupid, and I think most DC Comics fans would be happy to file a Convergence away with Zero Hour and Invasion and other DC Comics events that were not very good but not entirely offensive to our sensibilities. Just stop trying to milk it. Stop dragging Talos into the spotlight when there are more deserving comics, like a Doom Patrol ongoing that could be produced. And while you're at it, make Ambush Bug be funny again. For Weird Science DC Comics blog.blogspot.com podcast, I'm Reggie Kiesel. And this has been Reggie's Recklessness. You can reach me on Twitter at Reggie Reggie or in care of this podcast. Until next time, my fellow comics enthusiasts, good night and have a pleasant tomorrow.
Eric, we're back. Oh, all right. We are back. Uh, we are now going to go into the main part of the podcast. The meat and cheese? Meat and cheese, Eric. Meat and cheese. What's your favorite meat and what's your favorite cheese? I don't have one. Really? Yes. I enjoy a good turkey and Swiss. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to have, say, ring bologna, I prefer cheddar. What do you think of that? It's good. It's good to know, baby. And you know what's good with a white Chardonnay? No. I don't fucking know either because I'm not a fancy fella. <laughs> I'm not a Rockefeller. I, I, I don't think I've ever had a white Chardonnay. I don't even. Is that really something? You know what's good with a, a rosé? What's a rosé? I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just gonna start saying words. A rosy Perez? They don't make sense. A rosé is something I get when I have bad diarrhea. My ass starts bleeding, Eric. That's a rosé. I don't what do you like think it. Of that, Glenn. I don't... Take I don't that, think I Glenn. would have one of those. Take that, Pooper. I like how Glenn wouldn't curse in that email, too. He's like, they they t- they said that the other reviewers were a-holes. He's probably like, <laughs> and And they said poop jokes. Ooh. Ah, yes. The Mean Cheese of the Podcast, Eric. It is the books. And if Excellent. You, if you want to read full reviews of these books, Eric, you can go to our website. Or, as Glenn thinks, it's somebody else's website, but it is weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com. As Reggie tells me all the time, the worst website name ever. And I have to agree. Well, we should have stuck with Eric and Jim's comic book blog. No, no, That's Jim and Eric's. Wanted. Was it Jim and Eric's? Okay, yes. Yeah, I wanted a Jim and Eric's comic book blog. We would have been able to review every book uh, known to man. We would and have I been would have stuck with myself. just DC. And you said, no, well, you just have to be DC because that's all we read. I'm fancy Eric Shea. Okay, look, I, I got a lot of DC books at the time and a handful of freaking Marvel. And I wasn't reading any Marvel. I, I know. What do you want? All, I was reading all DC. That's that was, was that a good business plan on your end? Was that the only thing that we did right at the beginning? I think so. It might be. Uh, but we're going to start off with what we say is always going to be the number one book for week you know, hold week, on, hold after hold week on. after week after week. Can you imagine if it was uh, Whopper Wednesday at blogspot.com? Oh, yeah, we wanted it to be Whopper Wednesday. That would have been cool. Da- WhopperWednesday.blogspot.com. <laughs> Just imagine that. Oh, that would have been so good. We, I, I still don't know why we thought we'd get free Whoppers. Because we just wanted free Whoppers. <laughs> we were just idiots. Uh, yes, you know what, Eric? Uh, this next book uh, comes out weekly. Yes. Very weekly. Ooh. Boom. boom. Not is, this week. No. It's Batman and Robin Eternal Number 6, written by James Tynan IV, sure. if you will. Art by Tony S. Daniel, Sandu Flore, Mark Morales, Tamei Moray, and Carlos M. Manguel. Uh, Mang- Every time I say Carlos M. Manguel, it reminds me of the movie The Mangler. The Mangler. The Mangler. Ah, uh, yes. James Tynan and Tony Daniel are back for this week's Batman and Robin Eternal. And while the art wasn't as impressive as I hoped it would be, the story was good enough to get the series back on track. It's all about the past, and while I'm getting tired of seeing Dick being afraid he's not good enough as Robin, seeing Batman become aware of Mother was pretty damn cool. In the present, Dick, Jason, Harper, and Cassandra are off to Prague, where it looks like Mother herself is waiting for them. Yeah, I, I, there's not a lot to say about this issue. Not a lot I, at I really all. liked it. Um, and I don't know. I'm going to tell you right now. This <laughs> might be bitch. one of those things where that's I the bitch like, of it, though. We, we like it, so there's not a lot to talk about. Yeah, and I, I'm telling you, it might be one of those uh, cases again. Where is it? Because I hated the last two issues so much, and didn't even like the uh, Tim Seeley two issues before that. It's been four issues that I haven't really been too keen on, and now we get some uh, pretty good dialogue. 
some scenes that get some really good dialogue and some scenes. Yes, this book is a lot of setup, but what it sets up is really good, which includes seeing mother, which shocked me because I was used to this (laughs) eternal, the Batman eternal, where they kept giving you like red herrings all the time. And who was it? Is it clue master? Is it this? Is it that? And it just drove everybody nuts. I don't want to talk for everybody like you did for green arrow, Eric, but everybody everybody I talked to, it drove everybody nuts and it really did drive me nuts. So in this book, you actually get to see Mother. Eight issues from now, this is just a red herring. Yeah, really. That that it can't be. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it turns out this is actually Spoiler's grandmother. That'd be funny, and then I'll kill you. Yes. Uh, the issue starts off though, and I said in my my thing that uh, the art was a little off, and I really was disappointed. But at the beginning, they have a scene with Bruce Wayne. He's at the rec center. And, uh, you mean that Lucius Fox Center for Gotham Youth? The Lucius Fox Center for Gotham Youth. And me and you are both confused. I think that he's hooking up illegal cable. He's not really doing that. You think he's disarming a bomb yeah. behind a TV. <laughs> I, I, honestly, it could be anything because I, I have no idea what he's doing I don't with these know wires. What he's doing. It just looks like, is he hot wiring the TV? I, I thought maybe he was in a car or something. He's going to go off. He's just getting TV. And boy, these kids look like there's like a weird response from the one kid. He has his eye closed. Do you see that? Kid? What is he's he winking doing? at what it. What is he, Popeye? <laughs> Way to go, TV. Yeah. Wink. Yeah. Uh, it was. That kid at the bottom, though, he's looking at TV the way I do. What? Oh, yeah. Like, just in awe? <laughs> just in awe. He's I'm getting the, sucked I'm right in. I'm the guy in. with the beanie. I could care less. <laughs> that kid looks like he's been doing drugs in the alley. Uh, just like you. Yeah, not like me. Uh, but, yeah, just, this beginning scene's odd, too. It's just, again, it's it just... Bruce doing new Bruce things. Yeah, it's, it's odd. But then uh, we get a scene with Dick and Jason where they're in St. Elijah's Church, which that's been a the big... Thunderer. And um, they get to it. They, it's weird. In this one, they're like, huh, you know, something happened. Harper said, how about we check downstairs? I, <laughs> and I, I get... Oh, oh, downstairs? And it's so funny because they throw in a line that Dick says that to me is so... It's so lame that he says, oh... Uh, they find they end up finding a training center where Cassandra Kane trained. And instead of us, because we said the world's greatest detective, boy, he didn't look downstairs. <laughs> and Dick throws in a line like, hey, we didn't see this. Or maybe Bruce did and didn't tell me. And I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> you guys were in there and fucking went because then they show the flashback. The timing, there's not enough timing. Maybe Batman went back. Maybe, but we, but we go and there's a flashback with Batman and Robin going and after you, Scarecrow on his way to Prague. Scarecrow on, on the way to Prague, and you told me earlier, just actually about five minutes ago, that you want a Batman and Robin book like this, and I'm with. I you. really I, do. Yeah, I love the scene. I'm telling you where I have been upset a little about the uh, redundancy of these flashbacks of showing that Dick Grayson was afraid he wasn't a good Robin. I'm I'm getting a little sick of that. I love this scene, and this scene itself is probably one of the main reasons why I really love this book. Just because it's the best it's, artwork in the book. It, it's the art's great. I'm telling you, Tony Daniels' art is off in this issue, and you can go on and on. You can try to convince me. I'll tell you, you're you're wrong. I'm always right, Eric. Yes, as I anytime heard. somebody has a mask on, he kicks ass in this issue. When they take those masks off, there's a lot of wall-eyed uh, characters going. Which a wall-eyed Mongol? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's good, but here it's great. And yes, I would love to have a old-school Batman and Robin book just like this. And uh, you said to me 
that it does prove one thing is that Robin's never listened to Batman. Oh, fuck. It pissed uh, me off. He said, fall back, Robin. You get in line. Yeah, but I love the idea that he's gung-ho, and now up until this point, he has had some issues where he's- Yeah, he's trying to prove gonna, something. He's trying to prove it, and again, he, he fucks up. He goes up on the plane, and it opens up, and it is a uh, bad trap, correct? That's the best thing, though, is the trap was definitely meant for Batman. Uh, because it does say Bon Voyage Batman. Well, nobody sets a trap for Robin. I know, that's what, it made me laugh. That's what I'm saying. It made me laugh. But the, I'll also cry bullshit. There is no way Dick is surviving this. Oh, he, not at he all. He jumps out of a plane as it blows up, falls through the air. And I always love when a guy's falling through the air and somebody catches him in a moving vehicle. <laughs> there is no way that this is Not working. only that, this has to be a freaking, like, a remote-controlled Batwing yeah. that did it. Because Batman was just on the motorcycle yeah, right before. he was on a motorcycle. And he's got a freaking, you know, remote control. While driving a motorcycle, get the Batwing right where Dick needs to be to catch him. Yeah. Uh, ridiculous. Not on but, a wing, not on the top, in nope. the cockpit. Well, then the, the issue continues, and you have Robin training. He's but again, down. my favorite part of the book. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I even like as it continues where he's just beating the shit out of a uh, dummy with a scarecrow. <laughs> and they have, uh, Bruce tells him, hey, we have this uh, fundraiser up. He's like, I'm not going. And I love how Bruce tries to throw in the, hey, I heard the commissioner's daughter is going to be there. And it's uh, like, listen, uh. I just jerked off. I am not horny right now, Bruce. Just leave me alone. I got to work it off here. He's going to beat up some uh, dumb. And that's when he sits Dick down and tells him, look, son, we always jerk off before we go and meet a girl. That's, <laughs> that's how you know true. you're going to be ready yeah. during the uh, time. Yeah, my uh, my ex-roommate, uh, Herb, the guy I, I had uh, lived in the house with, he had his girlfriend. And he would excuse himself. But basically, every time he would tell me, he'd be like, hey, uh, I got to go to the bathroom. And he'd go and jerk off in the bathroom before. <laughs> That's how it concerned he was that he was he was going to shoot too soon. Yeah. Something uh, about Mary. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it's the one he, thing that movie got right. Yeah, well, that's what he would do all the time. Tie uh, Or uh, what would you tie one off? I don't know. No, no. Rub would, one out. He would rub one out. That's what he would do. All right. Well, we go on. They have this fundraiser. And... There is, it's a very weird scene. I thought it was Maxwell <laughs> Lord at first, uh, but it is not. But he, he's there at his, uh, he goes up to the fundraiser, and Bruce is about as awkward as us, where he goes up to the fundraiser, and then he just goes outside by himself. Just not, only, not only that, a picture of his he goes dad. outside with a framed picture of him and his daddy. This is me at a party. What you doing, Eric? I got this picture of my daddy. Yep. Look at it. This isn't even your house. Where did, why did you bring that? Uh, you know what I liked about that? I don't know, just me personally, because I don't have, you know, 50 years i'm not like you i haven't been reading comics all my life i'm not a pretentious prick but it's the first time i've really seen where bruce talks about his dad and it's about something about his dad being angry you know what i mean i've never really seen much of that where he's like oh this picture doesn't show how angry my dad really was i don't know friggin that whole court of the owls where apparently they gave uh, lincoln march up for adoption that was pretty yeah, dark dude, that was a little shady that's a little gray area but still that wasn't towards bruce this is showing no. like he was so angry but uh again it, it ties into to how robin was also trying to impress yes. him it's fine but maxwell his buddy Maxwell then drops this crazy bomb, and I thought that I was reading it wrong. when I first, Did you have that, like, where he's like, hey, there's my wife talking to Mary. Yeah, I met her tonight. Yeah, I actually thought they fucked up yeah, at first. Yeah, same here. And uh, I thought that the line was supposed to be, she met him earlier this evening. Like, oh, look at how good she talks to the mayor. It looks like uh, Ronald Reagan, by yeah. the way. Um, but, yeah, he says that, and again, I'm thinking, and then he says, she cost me $40 million. I'm like, that's a high-priced hooker. Uh, but, yeah. 
It's odd. Why is he saying that to me? <laughs> that's, a nice, that's a nice story about your daddy there, Bruce. Hey, check out this woman I bought. Yeah. It's so weird for him. And again, I guess he's thinking, hey, we all run the same circles. Yeah. You know, us billionaires, we can do shit like... It's very odd. And even Bruce is like, excuse me? And I, I'm thinking to myself, how much of a piece of shit does this guy <laughs> think Bruce is? Because to actually say this, and he's like, oh, they go through the whole thing. They tell you. The worst you. part is, though, at the end, I agree with Maxwell that Bruce is doing the same thing. Oh, I do, too. Well, yeah, it leads to that where they end that. That's where you get. You get the first look of mother. There's mother, orphan, and another woman in between them. Some black lady. Some I have no idea. Some black lady with big jugs. Giant jugs. Um, I don't know who that is. Is who? Who do you think that is? Do you have any idea? Well, whoever it is, the future's so bright, she's got to wear shades. She's wearing shades, all right. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. And a triple D bra, Eric. I don't know what's <laughs> going on there. But they're showing this wife, Alicia, who he named. And he kind of says, like, hey, listen, you, you might look. Because he, he has to be like, Bruce is looking at him like, you you fucking pervert. Or you piece of shit. And hey, listen, it's not. You think it's unsavory. He does say it's unsavory, doesn't he? And he's like, yeah, yeah you think I'm unsavory. Look at you getting little boys. That circus boy. What yeah. you doing with that circus boy, again, Bruce? circus boy. And I'm like, here we go again. Every time Dick, it's got to be the circus boy. And he says, hey, you know, I'm mold. they molded her into a uh, what I wanted. You're trying to mold this kid into what you want. And I yes. don't know what he thinks Bruce is doing with Dick. I don't. Well, he said I Bruce Wayne Jr. I don't even want to know, Eric. He thinks something crazy circus boy's up to. Uh, but then... The conversation is cut short <laughs> where all of a sudden there's a guy standing and this guy looks mean and we both think that it's Orphan, correct? Uh, yes, that's right. I, 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 would, I would assume that it is and if it's not, that's what you're supposed to think. This guy just gives him the look and you tell me, what is the look? What's he giving him? Snitches get stitches. Oh yeah, he gives him the snitches get stitches look. He doesn't even say a word, he just looks at him. And Maxwell then... looks at him and like, you know what, Bruce, I was just joking, buddy. Yeah. I'll hey, talk to you later. Hey, remember that? Ch- I was just joking. Uh, we met a long time ago at a pottery class in Prague. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think so, buddy. Uh, <laughs> yes, so he, he walks off and uh, you get Bruce. Now another thing, Bruce goes down in and uh, we, we mentioned this earlier about your Imaginex. I like seeing Bruce with the bat suit, but no uh, cow on. Well, I'm saying they have Magix is putting out a Batman without a mask yep. on, and I can't wait to put it with a bat. So uh, you bat can cave. walk around the Batcave. Like oh he's yeah. Going here, he goes down. Why would he have the suit underneath? Is it just in case something goes wrong and he has to run out? I don't know. Ask Green Arrow. Yeah, I don't. It seems it's odd. Uh, Green we, Arrow all has to do is throw his shirt Bruce off. We know that Batman. You don't have to show us this, but. Uh, they go down, or he goes down, and it seems that Bruce has cameras in all Gotham. Like, there's nowhere in Gotham that he does not have a camera. He does not need the Mobius chair, apparently. No, he doesn't. He has cameras everywhere because he's, he's trying to figure out who this guy is, the snitches get stitches guy. <laughs> and there's no results. He can't find anything that, you know. And then he actually has internal footage of uh, Maxwell's uh, apartment. How does he have that? The the Dosey Tower. Into it? Is it the Dossie, you think? D-O-S-S-E-Y, Dosey, Maxwell Dosey, the Dosey Towers penthouse, access internal footage. And there you go. You what see what him and Alicia are getting up to. Yeah, I, that's what, uh, why, but if it was, I, I don't like it. But yeah, you see. I'm Orphan. telling you, though, it really like plays into what Tim did in Teen Titans last yeah, it issue. Does. And actually, when you think of it in that way, um, and also in um, Eternal as well. Remember when Tim. Uh, 
Tim set up all the uh, oh, yeah. the stuff. He did the same thing. So it makes sense. It's just odd. Bruce is a peeping Tom. Bruce is. He's a peeping Tom. Uh, he peeps in on a fucking murder scene. <laughs> Actually, he peeps in, sees Orphan. He turns up the camera. He goes to go there. And Maxwell and Alicia are fucking murdered violently. I, I think OJ might have shown up on the, on the scene. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's uh, art-wise, that's my favorite panel. Where you see Batman, it's raining. You see the, the different things about it. And, That's uh, cool, though. I'm telling you, it's not it's not as cool as the next panel, though, where you see the reflection of Batman and oh, Alicia's I'm, pool of blood. Oh yeah, I'm saying this whole page. This oh, whole this whole page, spread, yeah. Yes, the whole spread is so good, and you see him in the in the blood. It's fucked up. Um, and then you, ba- you know, that's basically it's a great thing to me that yes, Batman is now aware of Mother. He knows now that you know. Shit, shit just got real, Eric. It, Back computer, it, start yep, a file. Yep, and so they're starting Some random file, number. And, uh, yeah, really. Jesus he has, Christ. He has a lot of files How does he already. remember that? Yeah, I know. But, uh, yeah, so there's the file that's going to eventually get into uh, Cassandra Kane's uh, possession that she's going to get. Her bat it. thumb yep, drive. The, yep, the thumb drive. <laughs> <laughs> has to have the bat symbol on it. But then you go back to the present. Again, this whole issue is mainly this... Uh, flashback stuff and i lo- i really liked it but then so you get I. back to uh jason and dick and they're talking about going to Prague. they're going to go and figure out what's going on and J- uh, dick mentions hey uh, we're going to leave cassandra and harper here i don't want them involved they shouldn't know it's and too J- dangerous and jason tells him you know what that's the thinking that got us in this situation because that's what batman did he tried to keep us out of it because it was too dangerous and look what happened and i loved it dick's like fuck it then yeah we're taking them all. Let's and go. And I think it's a terrible idea. Oh, it is. Totally should have left horrible. them behind. Again, Batman how, does what he does for a reason. He's fucking Batman. Now, next next week starts uh, Genevieve Valentine, um, who I love, does yes. Catwoman. How long before Harper's bleeding out of her side again? <laughs> because I think she's going to get the problem. I'm saying next the issue. Gonna get the, she's going to get the shit kicked out of her again. Um, what do you think Stephanie Brown's going to be doing? Nothing. I, I, yeah. I think I, she's out of the story. Yeah, I, th- I think she is. Uh Actually, no. You know what's going to happen next next issue? Her and Tim are going to be doing something. I bet oh, yeah? Like what? I don't want to get into that. I don't <laughs> know if Genevieve Valentine likes to get sexy. But yeah, um, I like this issue. I Like I said, I thought the art was a little off. Uh, just the eyes. I, I don't know what happened. Um, but I, I'd say... Half and half. I liked half of the art. Half of it was not. Well, it's like you said with Tony S. Daniel. You put somebody in a mask, he can draw the, oh, like, yeah. the most fantastic he characters you've ever seen. He usually does not have this problem, though, uh, even with the faces. He has a different look to him. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, in, in the mask, boy, he kicks ass at this issue. But, yeah, uh, the story, though, it's a lot of setup, but I really liked it. Like I liked It really it. got me interested in the story yeah, again from all I'm that in. nonsense we've had before. And, again, it is. I guess it's a big thing that you know Bruce finds out who Mother is. We see that. So, yeah, I think... I think Tony, uh, uh, James Tinian, or Tynan, was uh, saving some big things for him. But yeah, this is actually a pretty bastard. <laughs> yeah, but again, this actually is a good, like, you had the, the issues before this. It was starting to get a little, there was a lull in the quad, and then boom, this hits. And I hope that from now on, we stay on this high. Well, do you think we're going to jump back and forth now with uh, Jason, spoiler, and Tim, and then what's going on in Prague? You know, yeah. like, uh, or do you think, I mean, like, not during an issue, I mean, like, a whole issue devoted to Dick, no, uh, I, Harper? I, I would think that mainly this next bunch of issues is going to be them in Prague, but they're going to show maybe Tim. And so we're going to split it up Brown. in the issue. Yeah, okay. but I don't even think it'll be 50 50. I think you'll, you'll find out that they're working on something. Because remember, uh, he even says, Jason tells Dick that he's off. 
working on some leads. Yeah, but he's and, doing it with Tim. Yeah, I'm saying no, Tim. I saying Tim is off doing his own thing because he's pissed at Dick, and I think that's just to get him off so that uh, him so and Stephanie can do some stuff. I thought they were going to do stuff with like Eternal did, where they'd uh, isolate certain issues for certain characters, yeah, like Tim that, and Jason and Spoiler would get a, a the, whole issue, the and the then we'll get a that, whole thing. The thing that's weird is I don't think it's set up this way. I even said it last week. Uh, in Eternal, you would have certain writers work certain characters. Right. So when you'd have, I, and again, my memory isn't the greatest, but I, Tim Seeley did a lot of the, uh, the Tim the Drake Tim stuff, Tim Drake and uh, Harper stuff, and you had like uh, Ray Fox did the uh, uh, Jim Corrigan Batwing stuff. Yeah. So when when you would see, oh, uh, you this know, you wouldn't even have to read, yeah, too. you wouldn't even have to read the solicits. You'd say, oh, Ray Fox, oh, we're gonna get Jim Corrigan and uh, Batwing. Uh, I, it's not working. It's not that way with this. It just seems that everybody's telling the same, you know. Bunch yeah, I know. But um, now that the characters match. are splitting up, though. Yeah, I just think I just think it's going to be that they're just split up. I I would like it. I would actually like if all of a sudden they were in Prague, but we spend a whole issue with Tim and Stephanie Brown. Yeah. I, as long as the story's good, I don't care. Oh, agreed. And I would like to see what Tim's going after. He's off on his own doing stuff. Uh, I'd like to see it, but yeah, I'm trying to get my notes up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave this an 8.3 out of 10. I'd give it an 8. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I'm telling you, it may be a lot of, hey, I haven't liked it, and I like this a lot better, but no, I, I enjoyed it. When I read it, I was very uh, pleasantly surprised that I enjoyed it. And it's nice to enjoy a comic now and again, isn't it? <laughs> it uh, really yeah, is. We'll, we'll just move on to the next one, which I was not too big a fan of. No, you're more than me, apparently. Yeah, but Batman number 46, written by Scott Snyder, with art by Greg Capullo, Danny Mickey, FCO Placencia, and Steve Wands. Mm. Mr. Bloom comes out of the shadows in this issue, but it's only for a minute to kill some Gotham bigwigs before Jim Gordon sends him packing. After we get a shot of naked Julie Madison and Bruce Wayne and Duke Thomas get captured by a penguin, we see Jim Gordon go out on the offensive. But it seems that there isn't much Mr. Bloom can do in this story when he takes control of the robot batsuit and pits Jim Gordon against his own armor. Well, I like the like I like aspects of this book. Yeah, I feel like I missed out on an issue after reading it. Yeah, like there well, were certain just things. Just with Mr. Bloom, and a lot of things Man. really. Well, I'm telling you, first off, we have the seeds of Mr. Bloom that, like, you know, he gives the people they implant it in their skin or some shit, and they get superpowers. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, they're electromagnetic. Before they gave off a radiation, which ended up killing people, but now they're electromagnetic, and you can use them to attract Mr. Bloom to a freaking magnet. Yeah. I, I don't know when this happened. It just seems like it was thrown out of nowhere to get the freaking bat symbol going. Yeah, I, I don't know. Also, uh, I didn't get the idea that he was flying the bat blimp. Oh, not at and, all. And I'm telling you. Thing. We said it looked like uh, a black man. A black head. man. Uh, I thought he had his own. And again, it was funny because I think we even said, what, does everybody have a fucking blimp in Gotham? <laughs> What's these blimps? But yeah, they, they kind of say Well, that after reading this, blimp? yeah, it was the bat blimp. And I went back and I read the last issue again. Yeah. And there was just one scene that they had, a few panels where you saw two guards standing in front of a door. Mr. Bloom sneaks in, sticks his finger through both their heads, and then goes in a door. This is your whole background of Mr. Bloom stealing the bat blimp. Yeah. And then us here, like, I had no idea. Uh, I thought the beginning of this was pretty... I mean, Mr. Bloom looks pretty crazy. He's, yeah. he's impelling. You know what I didn't like, though, is that it was one of those where, yeah, he's... Uh, and, and he's even like monologuing, like, oh, you know, hey, relax, boom, right through his, the guy's head, that one guy. What I didn't like, though, is when he got to actual named characters, right. like Maggie Sawyer, 
He, he just stopped. I, I didn't like that. Why even throw her in? You're killing everybody. And then you're like, oh, Maggie got Commissioner Sawyer. Just stopped. And then, oh, Jerry Powers. And it, it just, again, I just thought it was goofy. Why? Well, you know what I mean? Why, well, you why wouldn't he kill them? On top of that, the goofiness for me was the whole monologue that uh, Mr. Bloom is given because he's using all these similes about oh what these God. people are trying he's... to do with gardening. Yeah, and I'm it's like, so awful. We have this. This is an old Batman trope that every villain has to, you know, freaking talk like this. That that represents their name. Yeah. And it even continues later on with we get to the Penguin. He starts talking about birds. I'm like, come on, we are we, we're in the 2015. Let's move past this. I know. You're a new villain. You don't have to stand by these old tropes. Yeah. I, again, and then you have you have Gordon as Batman, and I said to you, I'm having an issue. And I think that this might be something other people have as well, is I am now officially off of Gordon being Batman. You don't, I, you're not I, on the Jim Gordon trolley? No, I'm not on the trolley. I've, I've gotten off at uh, Stop 82. Oh, yeah? I don't know, at freaking uh, Lexington and Vine. I got the hell <laughs> off, Eric. I'm, I'm going to walk the rest of the way because I am not enjoying gordon being batman it's not just this book i have to admit it's not just scott snyder it's, oh no it's gordon as batman in every book and it's and the be... worst part is it's the, he's the best in this book yeah he is uh, be, well because he's the, he's by himself but anytime he interacts with people he comes off as so unlikable and i just don't like i want bruce back I, so i'm officially fought... now saying i want bruce back we had been saying before hey we kind of like that. It's it's a bunch of nonsense. And in this book, the nonsense is, is Jerry Powers like, oh, we want you fired. Oh, don't fire me yet. Uh, give me this one last chance. I, I'm done. Well, I'm uh, telling you, I'm on your side now because when the first uh, Batman Superman issue came out of the truth. Yeah, we fought. We yeah, and you thought it. that Jim Gordon was the bigger dick. I thought that Clark Kent was. Yes. And now after reading all this other stuff with Jim Gordon, all these different books, Jim Gordon is the dick. Yeah, he's a dick. And again, he's not just—he's not necessarily a dick in this book, but he's every not, other book he is. Yeah, and but in this one, he's just not—it's—he's not like—I don't know—not likable. Or I just don't care. But the problem being is now that I really don't care when they say Jerry Powers is like, "We want you fired." Yeah, please fire him. <laughs> I don't care. Let him just go back to being, you know, on the police force then, well, or let him retire. The worst part is though, it's like. I, I love Jim Gordon, the yeah. character of Jim Gordon, the Commissioner Gordon. Is what I, I, love. I love him. He is too. so far removed from That's the Jim Gordon saying. that we have known for what all this I'm time. Is they're getting to a point where I could care less if he would die. And well, he doesn't even seem awful. like Jim Gordon that's, anymore. Yeah, because if he died, I'd be like, okay, Bruce is going to come back. Or I, it's not like if before this uh, June happened and he became the Batman, right. um, and Gordon died, it would have been huge. I would have been so upset. Now I really don't care. I really don't. The, the character of Jim Gordon is ruined for me right now. And so when you have this where, oh, my God, he's going to die or, oh, he's going to get fired. Who cares? I don't care. I do like seeing Bruce in the shower, though, Eric. Who doesn't? I do like that shower. Get rid of that. If I'm looking at it right now, get rid of those towels. And, boy, we have a hit. I'm talking, uh, going back to that and, like, how I feel like I missed reading an issue from this. Yeah, it's with uh, uh, Julie. Well, I'll tell you, Bruce is in the shower. He's trying to have some fun with freaking Julie. She's oh, yeah. distracted. And she's like, look, my father's up for parole in a few months. And as we all know, he's the man who put the gun in Joe Chill's hand that killed your parents. We all know this? Uh, well, Bruce does. Apparently. And I said, Bruce, what, what, what is he learning and what isn't he learning? He, he, they don't want to tell him. Alfred didn't want to tell him about you know being Batman and all that stuff. But yet he knows everything. 
<laughs> and you know what else he knows? He knows that Julie has a uh, tramp stamp, Eric. Tramp stamp. <laughs> well, I want to point out too. I didn't. Re- I didn't check this out when I first read the book or reviewed it. But somebody on the website commented, if you notice, she has an owl tattoo on her leg. Yes, she does. Yeah. And I'm like, that goes with what Jim's been saying. How she's going to end up screwing yep, Bruce over. I think she's going to be the villain there. Might be a little telltale sign. It might a little be. spoiler warning. Yep, it's right there on her on her leg. She's got a nice <laughs> body, but not like Bruce's. I'm telling you, I said to you, how long do you think it's been since the uh, Dionysium and his cracked skull? Probably about three months. Okay. Is he training? Because Jesus Christ, he's in shape. I think he's secretly training. That's Batman right now. I, I don't think people just lose their freaking mass that fast. Three months? And, and not only that... But it, what is he, freaking Steven Seagal and Hard to Kill? He had to have been in a coma for a while. <laughs> you atrophy a bit. Jesus no, he was Christ. not in a coma. He had to have been. His skull was cracked open. No, it was healed from the Dionysium. Yeah, it was healed, but I don't think it was right away. I think that he was out for a bit. They found him. <laughs> they they didn't find him like in Hard to Kill in four years. I'm telling you. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's got a long beard and he's pushing himself down a hallway with a broom. Look, I've seen you. You take two weeks, you got a long-ass beard, too. Yeah, really. I, I have to shave right now. It's very itchy. Um, what else yeah. about... There's other parts in this well, book, Well, yeah, though. there's uh, Duke Thomas. I'm saying, Duke Thomas, I love that whole... I, I, I can't say I love the whole scene. I don't like the I love aspects of it. I love his mask. I love the helmet that Capullo yeah, put on here. I love the helmet he has. Because awesome. I, it's been bothering me in We Are Robin, and even in the last uh, Eternal when we saw him show up, how he's just prancing around with no freaking mask on. I'm like, people are going to recognize you eventually, dude. You need a mask. Yeah, he has a Robin helmet, but I don't I know love how it. he talks on the phone through that helmet. He's, he's got the thing <laughs> up to his helmet ear. I I don't know. But again, he him and Daryl are talking. Uh, but... And I'm kind of pissed off because he knows the ins and outs of Penguin's operation. How that Penguin always writes everything down on paper so that Batman can get can't get to his computer system. How do you know this, Duke I Thomas? Know. I thought that was weird too. It's more of just a forced way for him to try to find out things. Um, yeah, and then he's like, he finds the notebook because what he thinks is that he has something on Bloom. Right. And he thinks that before he destroyed it, he got attacked by Bloom, so he couldn't destroy it. Yes. And he goes and he's like, oh my God, you got to be kidding. Oh, here we go. You got to be fucking But then it, it, it switches then and you get back to Jerry Powers and her fucking world plan. Her and, world uh, plan. And basically her plan is that every city should have a bat robot. <laughs> and they show it and I'm telling you, it, it, there's some cool ones. There's, I said, there's like the Hulk buster. Yeah, I'm telling you, it is the freaking, it's every armor from the end of Iron Man 3 pretty yeah, much with a bat symbol on it. And uh, to me, she's making a big mistake, Eric. Because if you're going to franchise the Bat Robot, they should all look the same. This Agreed. is why McDonald's was a big hitter, because they made everything the same. You can't have all these different fights. It's all just to make it look cool. It's a cool look. I thought, sorry, you, the Godzilla Imaginex, robot. thought of your Imaginex crap when With I all that stupid it. Batmans I have? Yeah, yeah, they're all there. Just I, just got, there. I just got a new Superman. It's my sixth Superman last night. Oh, really? The Injustice Superman that came with Metallo? Yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted that Metallo, but it came with the Injustice Superman. I have six Supermen now. Nonsense. Uh, so then you, you go. You want to talk more about Imaginex? No, I'm, yeah, that's what I mean. Nonsense, I finally got you on here. Talk. Uh, you mentioned something too in this next bit. Jerry Powers is talking about it. And then she, she's going to tell Gordon about Batman, which I thought that was off anyway. Why is she telling us about Batman and how he was in the, the Justice League? Yeah. Uh, where's Cyborg symbol? Yeah, she puts all these symbols up for everything that these heroes represent. She's got, the, she's got every character in the freaking Justice League except for Cyborg. Yeah. Jerry Powers is a racist. Yep, she is. And a weird deal. Are you looking at that panel? Do you no. have that up? The art of her in that panel is a little off. It's a weird. It does not look like Greg Capullo usually. 
Uh, but that's just a minor thing, because then we get back. <laughs> but, yeah, she's racist. She forgot about Cyborg. That'd be funny. He was like, what about Cyborg? She, no, no, no. We don't we don't talk about Cyborg around here, buddy. And uh, Sally, pretty good. Uh, but it goes on where Jim's like, you know what? Well, check this out. I know you want to fire me. I know this, everything is here you own. Let me go and do this on my own. I know it doesn't make any sense. Just let me do it. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> I, I don't mind. It, you know, it's like his one last thing. Hey, let oh, me give I, it a shot. I don't like when he starts sm- like the cigarette business. That bothers it, me. I, I'm, bothers a, I'm a smoker. Me. I don't like to see Batman be a smoker. Yeah, it just bothers me. I don't but, know. Friggin', uh, it is it is a bad plan to a degree. I understand what he's saying. He's, Batman is a symbol. He's not a mass-produced product. Yeah. I need to go do this on my own. This one last thing, make Batman a symbol again because Mr. Bloom is like praising him for the bad job that he has been doing so far. Yep. So he's going to go and make Batman like you know be something to stand for again. Yeah, I, I like that. And, and uh, what? But we immediately get back to me feeling like I missed an issue. Yeah, I, I because know. now we have the Batsuit has the power to neutralize Mr. Bloom's power, I guess. And I don't even know what Mr. Bloom's power is. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's it neutralizes the power of being able to do whatever you want because exactly yeah, it, it's his power is all over the place um i don't know this this even and then it even sets up too in this issue where bruce finds out about bloom uh from one of the kids draws and it, it that's setting up to me him taking it to the street himself <laughs> You say that with everything. We have. It's going to be Bruce coming back. Uh, it just coming seems, back. why would they throw that in? Where, oh, you didn't hear? Oh, I just walked in. I didn't hear. Oh, look at this. It's the worst picture. Too. It's like <laughs> everybody getting murdered. Who's taking that video? I guess I, everybody takes videos nowadays. I'm telling you, I used to take freaking, uh, uh, I mean, draw like Freddy Krueger and shit like that. So yeah. I can see what's going on yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. But then you get... Uh, you get Duke Thomas, and he runs into a bunch of villains, which you didn't really like as much either. I, I just have an issue. I'm telling you, I like the scene. I love seeing that Penguin's still alive. One of my favorite Batman yeah, yeah. villains. I was yep. so afraid that Mr. Bloom killed him. But here's yeah. like, oh, he's in the hospital. Oh, I guess he's, you know, business is back on now. He's brought he his does, friends. He does have a bandage wrapped Yeah, he's wrapped up. Thing. He's still in his, like, uh, his robe, though. <laughs> <laughs> he's lounging. But he brings in the ventriloquist and Scarface, the original one, which I didn't think they existed in this universe I'm, since we already have a ventriloquist. Like I said, we were talking a little about uh, other characters uh, before the podcast. I do not – I think they're fully going with that story over continuity. Ah, uh, it just pisses me I off know. so much. But Great White Shark is the only one that makes sense here to me because then we have Black Mash show up who looks like the gimp <laughs> from the, Pulp Fiction. He's the gimp. And I'm telling you, it's a scary-looking black mask, but why this redesign of black mask? Black mask is just in Catwoman. Exactly. In Catwoman, he's there, and he's been kicked out of Gotham by the Penguin. So if you're going to go continuity, this doesn't make any sense. Penguin kicked him out and got all of his uh, real estate, quote-unquote, that they even say this week in Catwoman. Yeah, I didn't read this week's Catwoman. Well, when I saw uh, this panel, I said to you, that can't be black mask. Look at that guy. It was. It's but yeah, the gr- Great White Shark. And every time I say Great White Shark, I just want to say Great White. And then yeah. I think of the band. I'm like, who's killed more people, the band or this villain? Oh, God. Oh. All of a sudden, they start playing Once Bitten, Twice Shine. Everybody catches <laughs> on fire. <laughs> ah. Oh, God. That's the best Batman villain there is, Great White. Great, well, great White's the world villain, Eric. Uh, <laughs> them and uh, Europe. 
Oh God! Uh, but yeah, at one point Duke kicks Great White uh, Shark in the mouth, in the mouth, and I think Great White Shark's gonna eat his foot. Uh, <laughs> Friggin' yeah, Dick's climbing this, up the rope. He's scene, got dead eyes, dolls yeah, eyes. You even mentioned earlier that yeah, you had to have all these birds. And yeah, Penguin's gonna start um, spouting off about birds again. Yeah, because yeah. he's a Batman villain. That's what I, they did. The only thing I like is they say there's that rumor that all the people have been killed there. Uh, turn into a bird, and that yeah. penguin's actually feeding the birds to keep them there to, yeah. to perpetuate. to keep up the freaking uh, urban legend. I actually like that. No, I like that a lot. Yeah. It's just that I just don't like the freaking writing of the bat, the bat villains like that. Like, okay, I'm a penguin, so I got to talk about birds. I'm a I'm a freaking garden monster. I don't even know. I got to talk about gardening. Yeah, yeah. It's the same shit. Well, then you you go and you find out about you know the uh, what is it? Where do they? Uh... Where do they go? Where does he go? And it's a freaking uh, Blossom Row. Yeah, Blossom Row, and, and it, it was a place where people would go for charity, and they give kids. It, it, I don't care. I don't either. And then that you get to Bloom at this end with uh with Jim Gordon, and again he's just sitting there, and is he? You know, oh come here and let's talk. Oh, you're not talking all pompous and big. Oh, it's because you know I want to talk to you about God. Fuck you. I, I don't like Bloom as a villain. I really don't. And I one just of the don't main know anything reasons, about well, him, that's, and that's the, the reason. You don't know much about him, and then what you do know keeps changing. And, um, again, they now have he's this... a freaking techno guru now. I can freaking yeah. steal the bat well, blimp, and, and as we see here, he freaking takes over the bat suit. Yeah, that's the whole thing with the quote-unquote rookie, which we really like. We really liked that. It was like a, a pseudo partner. I and really did like that. I did. And he shows up and he's like, hey, uh, you know what? It's time that we get the bad guy, Rookie. And he doesn't respond. It's that Bloom is taking control. Say it ain't so, Rookie. Yeah, Say it yeah. ain't so. I, it Turns out every cop in Gotham is crooked. Yeah. yeah. Even and, the robot yeah, even suit. Even the Batman. robot suit. And again, you have a villain who is a, a plant-based villain. Yeah, where does I guess. that go into yeah. uh, uh, controlling tech? I would because you know he makes seeds. It gives people superpowers until it kills them, yeah. and then steals automobiles and keep going. And, then he and, grows his limbs and, and turns his and fingers into T one thousands. I don't know. Crashes the blimp and does this and again uh, in general. And I'm gonna look it up real quick here. But in general, this book uh, or this issue has not been well received. Uh, uh, to a degree, a, as far as, as, well, as as much as it usually is. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's yes. not like it's a, a two out of ten. No, absolutely not. Sixteen people reviewed it, and the average is a seven eight, which is higher than anything me and you would have given. There is a ten, which is crazy. I don't. What do these people perfect think comics, a perfect man. comic is? I don't, I don't think know. that many people think that ten to them is a perfect comic. Is that I just us being that, insane? I think. I mean, I've given tens, and to me, I've given tens because in that realm of that comic, I did think it was pretty much near perfect for what was going on. It made on. you feel feelings, and that's all you look for well, in life. I guess that's, You're dead what, inside, I guess that's what uh, the Rainbow Hub thought of this one, because they gave it a 10 out of 10. I'm looking, I go all the way down, and you are down near the bottom, Eric. You are tied for I am the second the to last, I think. Yeah, you're tied for worst. Uh, yeah. What'd you give it? I gave it a 6 out of 10. Yeah, I put, I would probably have given it a 6-5. Um, again, I'm going to go back that I have my notes. I don't care if Gordon dies anymore because they've made Gordon, uh, a symbol of something I hate. I don't like him as Batman anymore. And any way to get him out of being Batman is fine with me. Uh, I, maybe his head will be cracked open. He'll get Dionysium <laughs> in it and he'll forget that he was ever Batman. 
Boom. I say the last Done. thing I have in my notes is I just like the only I really like that Mr. Bloom is becoming more than just just shadowy like superpower seed pusher that yeah. like lurks in the fucking darkness. He's actually getting out there and doing yeah, villainy but things. Every time he gets out there, he's changing. I know, but I'm saying that's and he needs to be fleshed out as all. It, well, it's almost like he's growing, growing <laughs> like a plant, Eric, and each seed uh, blossoms into something new. That's it's very a, poetic. It's a brand new day. I'm gonna write some dark poetry. Uh, <laughs> Bloom, villain of seed, why do you, I don't know. <laughs> have nothing that I need. Why, why don't you have anything I need? You grow big and then get small. Why are you oh so tall? What? Love, Jim. <laughs> I was never good at poetry. All right, we're going to move on. Uh, Fair enough. I will say I did. I like the art. But again, it's great. Yeah, I, I, I like the, the art every issue, and it's starting to be boring to me in this book. I want to see him do something else. Uh, next book, Batman Superman, number 26, written by Greg Pak. Art by Artie and Saif, Cliff Richards, Vicente Cifuentes, Beth Sotella, and Rob Lay, or Lee. While the idea of Superman teaming up with the Bat family in Siberia seemed like tons of fun to me, the reality wasn't so great. It no. actually started out okay as they tried their best to reenact the Seven Samurai. But <laughs> once Jim Gordon showed up, the book went off the rails. Greg Pak still is struggling writing Jim Gordon, and while I liked Artie and Saif's art in the beginning of the issue, I wasn't a fan of Cliff Richards' effort. Whoever decided to make Clark and Dick Grayson wear identical outfits should be fired immediately. <laughs> if you like psycho kids with forks, Nazi airships, and shadow monsters that look like skeletons, I have an issue for you. All you other sane people can just pass on this issue. Uh, yeah, I was not a big fan of this issue. Neither was I. I, I had high hopes. Uh, after the truth story, I had actually enjoyed uh, the, bat, or the Superman family books a little better. Right. A little more. Uh, but yeah, this, this issue just felt off in all sorts of ways. Uh, I don't even, can I say it's filler to set up to nonsense because I don't know what's going on. You well, you told me, you told me about this bug earlier in the week and I thought to myself going in today, I was like, this can't be as bad as Jim has been talking yeah, about sometimes it. Sometimes I will talk it up and exactly. make it really bad. But no, you, you were spot on. With I was pretty good said. with it, wasn't yeah. I? Because there's a lot of issues. In that. Now, I love the fact that Siberia has bad internet. <laughs> and yet, it, the, one of the main things in the issue is Dick Grayson on that internet. And that's... that's making fake IDs. Making fake IDs. And um, I don't know. Just this whole thing. They, they, they get there. They're in Siberia. You had this last. And the whole thing for if you're not reading this book is Vandal Savage is forcing this, I guess, village... I don't even know if it's an outpost. I don't no know. No idea. It is. Um, he's making these people get the uranium out of these nuclear warheads that are buried in the snow. That are buried in the snow in the middle of Siberia, and he's going to come back in a week. And if they don't have it, he's going to uh, flay uh, the youngest kid there. And he's, then everybody else. And then everybody else. He's such a nice guy. Well, in the meantime, Superman, Batgirl, Dick Grayson, and Jason Todd uh, kind of saw this, and now they're going to supposedly teach the village to deal with Vandal Savage, but that kind of goes off the rails very quickly when they realize that Vandal Savage will just kill everyone there. Said, the guy's immortal, can heal, and freaking just beat the yeah, shit out of Superman. It's a bad plan. Very so then, bad plan. But they, they have a couple plans going in here. There's also Batgirl who might rig up this teleportation device. And, and hey, they, how about she rigs it up to put him into a cement block, yeah, well, huh? That's, uh, at one point, Superman makes well doesn't make a joke. Said, so, no, hey, we can rig it up. Joke. We can rig it up to have him in ten feet of cement. And Batgirl's like, ha 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 ha! You're joking, right? I'll be right back. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> so stupid. I'm uh, just saying, I, I think the, the one thing I really got from this issue is that Clark cannot stand being beat the fuck up. No, he, he doesn't like He it. is taking it hard, and, and he's uh, even going to the point where he wants to kill people. And that, and I also realized that Jason Todd likes to rub shit in because he mentions it <laughs> of course like he six does. times. He's like, yeah, you got beat up, didn't you? Oh, you're bleeding, aren't you? And uh, that's uh, You where... know what the thing is? I like to say it's because... Uh, when Superman was introducing everybody to the village or whatever these yeah, people yeah. are, he's like, and this guy used to be a Robin. He was the mean one. Fuck you, yeah, Superman. Fuck you. I'm a little more than that, you jerk. But he does introduce him. I was them. killed. Yes, he does introduce him. And uh, they do spell out that Batgirl is going to be in charge of the tech that's going to be used against Vandal Savage with this portal. Dick, because he's a spy, Eric, <laughs> he's going to go online and make new identities and come up with an escape plan. And then Jason's just the weapon master and the drill sergeant, and they, yeah. they don't have any weapons. They, it's so they weird. To, have any. It's so weird to me though, because Superman, like I said, is introducing everybody. This is Batgirl. She's a genius. Actually, I only have an eidetic memory, but yeah. you know, I'm like, yeah. it's the whole. This whole thing is like this whole compliments left and right. And here's Jason. He's the mean one. Nudge, nudge. Like, <laughs> wait, what wait. the hell is going on? Oh uh, yeah. They don't um, care who you are. Just save them. No, yeah. They just they'll be like, hey guys, everybody line up. This guy uh, here is going to give you new identities I, this identity thing is kind of goofy anyway at this and my, moment like his name's grayson and i'm a spy and i don't like talking about my identity okay we get it buddy calm down <laughs> oh it's so stupid uh how did you like that kid stabbing him with the fork that is the weird i'm telling you i like to make fun of shit but that is the weirdest fucking thing i have seen I in a book you, in a long time i told you i think that they've been in siberia too long it's starting to be the shining like this is one of those weird things that i would expect from like the green arrow book yeah it's yeah. just fucking in there and it's dark and it's kind of like you know he's a goddamn psychopath this well, kid well and they've spelled it out that superman's there and they're like oh uh he doesn't have his powers oh you you guys didn't hear like, oh, the internet's bad out here in Siberia. Even though but this kid, kid knows your name's Clark. Yeah, the kid knows the name's Clark, plays Angry Birds, and they uh, the computer that Dick's using, the chain, it's so ridiculous. But the kid's just like, oh, it's so weird. Like, oh, <laughs> Superman doesn't have powers anymore, so I'm going to try to hurt him. I'm going to stamp on his yeah, foot. Stamps on his foot. Again and again. Then I'm going to stab him with a fork. Yeah, and again Clark's, and again. Clark's like laughing around with it. Like, hey, did that hurt? Not so much. Okay, then. And he picks up a fork and he just stabs him and he's like hey does that, how about that how about what <laughs> don't placate this kid's kid psychosis starts, he starts grinding it in you see oh my the god whole thing. he's going to town on on the shoulder with this goddamn fork so stupid is i'm it done just, it, is it just to remind us that he can bleed i, I don't little, even know why it's in there man is is trying to make him bleed i and even jason's like hey you're bleeding again <laughs> i'd be like that fucking psycho kid in there jesus christ do me uh, a favor don't give him a weapon yeah no 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 uh and then jason they they're all coming up with plans hey we should do this uh, clark wants to send him into a fucking brick or a cement wall jason, then they hire ray Har harryhausen yeah yeah jason wants to just blow up the nukes <laughs> Blow up half of Siberia. Yeah, that's fine. International I, incident. I said, it's it's like a freaking, you know, you got to nuke something, Eric. Got to nuke something. Got to nuke something. They even said, uh, hey, it's like let everyone die or nuke everything. We got a million more choices. And uh, I, I don't know. I kind of agree with Jason. I know that it would cause a lot of issues, but I think he's on the right track, Eric. Oh, I'm telling you, there's no reason that anybody should ever be in this part of Siberia. Fuck this place. It is just a wasteland. Blow it up. Yeah, yeah. But they don't want to do that. They don't want to cause an incident. No, they're heroes, incident. obviously. And That's you know not going to be the plan. 
We're going to have to leave that. We're going to have to pause there, Eric, because while they're talking about it, they get attacked by shadow monsters that now look like skeletons. Yeah, I thought they were like demonic dogs before. Now they're freaking Ray Harryhausen skeletons. Yes, and and maybe somebody can explain that, oh, it's because they the skeletons were there and they put... I don't get that they could possess inanimate objects, which... No, I think they were just there. Yeah, they do not look like like shadow monsters. And... um, I mean, it is an art thing, so I can't say that Greg Pak is involved with that, but the Shadow Monsters are were in his action comics. I'm saying, though, do you think he just had in the script, and then enter Shadow Monsters? Yeah, Shadow Monsters, and he thinks everybody knows them? I don't know. Clark starts fighting them. And well, what... I, I am Greg Pak, so everybody yeah, obviously yeah. read my oh, book. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they start fighting, and Batgirl and Jason and Dick are, like, concerned that they shouldn't hurt these things? Oh, no, don't worry, because look at Superman. Yeah, He's killing that, these things. They it do. can't they're be like, real. Look at him. They're, he's ripping them in half, and they're like, oh, he can't be real. And then the next thing you know... <laughs> I just imagine J- Jason's just sitting there. You know he has had some issues lately. <laughs> yeah, really. I'm like, boy, he, you know, that kid got him with that fork. He might be a little pissed off. Um, then, because, because the issue's already turning a shitty uh, thing... Batman shows up, Eric. Yeah, why not? Why not? Batman goes to Siberia. And the worst thing in this whole issue for me was they're like, oh my God, who called Batman? And there's I did, and it's it's Superman. Uh, for for some reason, immediately I thought it was Dick Grayson because at that point it, I thought that Superman was in the middle of ripping a guy in half. So <laughs> I didn't think, and I'm like, Dick, why, why would you call Batman? I was so angry. And then I'm like, okay, it was Superman. And... Bat- and Jim Gordon Batman just starts yelling at people. Now, in the middle, they were f- they're fighting shadow monsters, Eric. Yes. Right? No, they stopped so they, they could have a discussion first. They stopped to yell at each other. And, and basically, Batman, yes, Batman told Superman to stay out of Gotham. But now he's yelling, he's he's lecturing Batgirl, I told you to stay the hell away from him. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Why are you, why, what is going on? It was so stupid. And then they're like, oh, yeah, you know what? And then if you It would look, make more sense if he knew that Barbara was Batgirl, but yeah, it doesn't here, I know, you know? That's, you get the feeling that he should know, man, yeah. the way he's talking. Yeah, they should have... He should know. They should have let her tell him at that point and, and been a... Uh, a conflict with them where the GCPD still wanted to round up the vigilantes and he couldn't because it was his daughter. It'd be really good. You don't oh, get but we that. already had that story and Batgirl um, wanted back yeah, when yeah. Gessman was well, on again, Batgirl. Now he's Batman. He can do it again. But again, if you're looking at the issue, they're all standing there talking. Nobody's around them. And nope. they're like, hey, I'm not happy about this, Kent. And then uh, Superman, neither am I. But here we are. And then they show and they are completely surrounded by shadow monsters again. Yep. And I guess they're coming out of the... It's so stupid. And then Batman just starts going to town with, with uh, missiles. Yep. We have missiles, just machine guns, them. whatever. We just saw them next to these uh, freaking warheads. I see them in the one panel here while he's shooting. Somebody's got to tell him to get off these missiles. <laughs> now he does the job right. He gets it done. He kills these shadow monsters. And then they're just talking. They're basically in this weirdest detective move. Hey, they must be guarding this stretch of ice. Yeah. I don't get it. Maybe it, this is what Vandal Savage has. And they show you all these bad things he did. And then Batman just said, hey, step aside and just shoots missiles again. <laughs> you are in a place where there could be warheads buried anywhere. Now, you had told me, well, they might not be on. No, Jason. Or, yeah, Jason, yeah, Jason talked about the C4. You yeah. can blow them up. What is he doing? Yeah, I'm he telling you. I, in my mind, all. Jason knows more about this than I do. Yeah, so He's going to kill everyone. 
Yep. He he blows up the and I don't know how these missiles blow up, but in my mind they don't blow up perfectly around an airship. No, no. what they do is that all the missiles do is melt snow yes. around like well, you know objects. Speaking of melting snow, Eric, there is an artificial sun hidden under the snow. Yeah, it makes sense, well, right? Why is that not melding? It looks like it's powering the ship. It's got like things connected to the yeah. ship. Why is it not melding the snow around it? They they already Shadow said monsters. they already set a couple panels before. It's an artificial sun that can incinerate a, a, a city. A city. Yeah. It is open. I see it open. Oh, I see it. I see the sun. It looks it, like a thermal detonator the from sun, Return of yeah, the Jedi. It does, it does. And the sun does not melt snow, Eric. I no, it does not. There is something faulty with that sun, or they got some really special snow in Siberia. And, of course, it has to the be... The really the, cold kind. The most evil thing ever, a Nazi freaking airship. Yeah, a Nazi airship and a like freaking the, the mini helicarrier. sun. Uh, yeah, mini sun. That's... I'm sorry, this is the best plan the Vandal Savage had. Every, all I'm telling you, there's three characters. Uh, I can't remember that fucking bureaucrat's name. What was his yeah, name, the I third guy? I can't remember either. Mr. Sims? It's like Mr. Something. Yeah, Mr. Uh, something. Something Mr. like that. Mr. So, Black. Yeah, so the freaking... Uh, <laughs> I can't even remember what the freaking shadow, the wraith. Yeah, yeah. The freaking wraith, the sh- uh, freaking the bureaucrat, and Vandal Savage are all sitting around. Well, we need to hide this. And Vandal Savage kept yelling, what is bury it in snow? Yeah. How about I, that? Would you shut the fuck up, Vandal? Finally, they just gave it to him because they didn't have any better ideas. And I, I, Do you think this is an old Nazi airship? I hope so. Well, I'm, I'm wondering how they rigged it to be uh, fueled by an artificial sun. That's how the Nazis fueled everything. I, I would have. Didn't you know? You I would have expected that podcast. In the back, they would have had, you know, you pour the trash in. <laughs> Mr. Fusion. It's Mr. Fusion. So stupid. This whole issue was We're just, just going to bury things in the snow. That's Vandal Savage's answer again, to everything. All this issue is is to set up a big fight with Vandal Savage, and you have to throw in all this nonsense. If they would have showed them training the the village, coming up with a plan they're going to use. Uh, do stuff like that. Yes, it might not have been the greatest well, of issues, but it would have made sense. I'm telling you, this, this issue reminded me of Army of Darkness. After Ash comes back from releasing the darkness, the freaking Army of Darkness has come together to attack the castle, and he's just training everybody to get ready. Yeah. And they're just, that's all this is. Yeah. And again, though, I would have I would have liked if they were working out a plan like, and the little kids involved, and everybody's involved, and you're going to get this plan, get a little setup of how they're going to fight Vandal Savage. Uh, but basically, as of now, what is the plan against Vandal Savage? Uh, a few guns, a knife, maybe teleport I don't, him. I don't even, yeah, I don't even uh, think nu- they have a plan. Nuke Siberia? They, I don't yeah, know. They, they really don't seem to have like a set plan anymore. I don't think they voted yet. No. I, again, though, why? They're they're busy busy doing all this nonsense. Fighting but, shadow know, monsters. I and even, I'm saying, even oh. that reminds me of Army of Darkness because we have the freaking skeletons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said in my intro, you disagreed with me when I showed you at work, but I liked Artie and Saif's art a lot in the beginning. I'm not a big fan of no, Richard's uh, art. I don't like his uh I don't like his facial models that he gives. Everything seems like plastic to me even. I, I don't know. I'm saying after reading it to here though, I, I do agree with you. Yeah, I, uh, Artie and Saif is really good. Yeah. And then it's just weird. Even especially it all goes back to that kid with the fork. <laughs> he just looks demonic. And I, I think that's I, I guess even all, I don't know, Cliff Richards, the faces he draws, everything looks just, I don't know, it just doesn't look right. I it's got know. a sheen on it? Yeah, yeah. I gave it a 5 out of 10. I think I'd go the same. Yeah. Oh, my God. We're, we're agreeing on something, Eric. Uh, we're going to move on to the next book, which is one of your books, another Batman book. We're heavy Batman. 
really heavy Batman this week. Batman Beyond number six, written by Dan Jurgens, with art by Bernard Chang, Marcelo Mialo, and Dave Sharp. It's time to put a pin in this brother eye now that uh, I fucked up. It's time to put a pin in this brother eye story now that we've been dealing with him for over a year, including Future's End. Yeah. But yeah. sadly, all we get is a knockdown, drag out brawl between Batman Beyond wearing Jim Gordon's bat suit and brother eye rocking a body. And that's about it, Jim. Yeah, uh, I'm glad. Even, bro- I'm glad he's gone, though. Yeah, I've even had with enough this, of though. Ink turns out to be the hero of the book when we find out that she's tagged along when Batman transported himself to Brother Eye's compound on the moon yeah. and infected his systems, keeping him from downloading himself into another before he exploded. Yes. And that's all I got for yeah, you. Yeah, basically the, the whole thing to me, it just comes down to them finding the teleporter in the uh, the old uh, Court of the Owls uh, building that sure, Bruce yeah. had and ink getting up there They're, like this whole setup all it was was you, you just had to get ink up there yeah and, transporter and take care of fight for most of the book ink over yeah yeah and like i said it it almost you even said it brings this whole brother eye thing to a pretty much of a fizzling end it wasn't I, really that epic i don't know i'm telling everything about this is lackluster because we've been dealing with this freaking story for over a year now because futures and combined yep and i'm telling you just to have the Brother Eye and Batman fist fighting does not really work for me as an ending. Just this, this giant story that we've been dealing with. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, and even after I'm telling you, Brother Eye has taken over the world for a while yeah. now. And I'm telling you, and it just takes a fist fight, Jim. A, a fist, fist fight, fight and an ink monster an to ink, get inside that's what of I'm him. I'm saying that's all it took was for them to be able to get face to face with him in a the, body construct. There, he goes boom. The his compound on the moon goes boom. All the borged out monsters shut yeah, down. Again, it was a bad plan for him to be in that body, Eric. <laughs> he shouldn't have done it. No. Uh, yeah, I I'd love to talk a lot about this book, but I wish really, I could. I wish we'd have seen more Micron. See, I love Micron. Barbara Gordon and Micron standing in front of the transporter just keeping out the borged out monsters who up until this point, they've seemed pretty tough to kill. But we just have Barbara Gordon and Micron holding off an entire army so uh, Tim could get this shit done. Yeah, it's just – and uh, again, you have ink there and it's supposed to be a, uh, a, a heart-wrenching touching, touching yeah. moment where she sacrifices herself to save everyone including her daughter. And I, I, I didn't care too much. I did I, not care at all. It's ink. I'm telling you. And up to this point, if you're just reading this book and don't know anything about Batman Beyond before it, you have no connection to ink. She was a fucking slave master a few issues ago until uh, Batman said, I can save your daughter. Okay, I flip yeah. sides. Yeah, and, uh, and again, if you would have had this issue where they go up there and she turns on them yeah. again or saves her daughter and gets the hell out of there, it, I wouldn't have thought different. I wouldn't no. have thought, oh, my God. I would have been like, yep, there she goes. Uh, but yeah. Dead. That's it. Yeah. I... <laughs> uh, and now we move on to the next story where I swear to Christ, if we get into like rebuilding the world, if you're doing this uh, yeah. Earth 2 Society, I'm going to kill somebody. I put uh, in my thing, I hope we don't get a repeat of Earth 2 Society and see everything being rebuilt. I hope they go ahead in time. I would love it. I, I don't. I haven't looked at the solicits. Maybe I should have. But uh, I would love it if it goes ahead. Whatever. I don't care what time period you say that it goes ahead. But I would love it if it starts off and they are in like a new watchtower with a Justice League Beyond already That'd formed. That'd be cool. And you go with that and it'd be awesome. And I think yes, there's too much story of Tim being homesick, though, that they're going to want to capitalize on. Yeah, I, I, yeah, capitalize for who? Because I'm yeah, sick. not me. And again, I would like it to end this the whole homesick business should end right now when uh barber tells him to give it time this is his new uh home get used to it bitch 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm saying about Tim Drake. I know. Yeah. You know, he's, you know, and there is one thing that I want to point out that I love. There's a two panel thing that's so odd. It's where, uh, is it Deanna? Yeah. Deanna's yelling at Tim Drake. You did this. My mother's dead because of you. I'm Hold sorry. Me. The next thing they're hugging. <laughs> I'm like, I think, I think that, that really flipped quick. I think that like freaking conflict of emotions there is somehow going to lead Tim Drake and her having a relationship. Yeah, they're going to. I, they, there's no doubt. They're they're hugging. Just he's, them holding them there. This is so weird to me. He's holding her uh, tenderly. And uh, then Barbara's like, it's over. And I think she means them because she's yes. jealous. But she's an old woman. Well, they, ne- they never had a thing. It's Tim, well, not Dick. Yeah, no, I'm saying. I, who else is there? She doesn't have many opportunities anymore. Everybody's dead. She wants Tim. Tim likes the older ladies. We saw that before. Yeah, where's Madison at? Yeah, Madison. And they met, don't they mention uh, Madison or no? That was the no. comment. That was the comment on the site that I was having a hard time following. The guy was giving you the history of, uh, oh, yeah, Jesus. of Tim Drake and Future Zen. <laughs> Though I love it's, people commenting on the site. but I know, but he made it seem like I, I thought this was the last issue of the entire series. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's weird. I said to you when I first read it or saw the end because I switched to the end to see how, how they dealt with it. And You're one of those said, people, are you? Right? Yeah, oh, yeah, I am. I don't care about spoilers, uh, though I don't like them in my reviews, Eric. It said, when it says the end, it's so weird to put that. I know. <laughs> like they, were, they didn't know if it was going to sell enough I to keep said going? It, it's weird that it almost seems like, yeah, if it wasn't going so well, that would have been the end. But, you know, it is the end of the arc, the end well, of the, the story, and the end of Brother Eye. The weirdest part, though, this is a Batman Beyond book, and we didn't have Batman Beyond finish it. I mean, he was in the Jim Gordon Batsuit. There was no Batman Beyond to say in this book. No, well, he was beyond. He was beyond the scene, Eric, while it <laughs> took care of things. And then he was very tender. He was tender to Deanna and hugged her. And now she's going to get a little beyond that. Hugged her so hard. Yes, yeah, he hugged her all right. You'd be so quiet and so still while I hug yeah. you. Like I said, I, I like to talk about the issues so that we can tell people what went on. But really, there's, That's a, big, it. there's a big fight. Ink sacrifices herself. Uh, move on. And hopefully we don't have to see them rebuilding everything. Agreed. Because that would be fucking nonsense. But the thing is, you're talking about jumping ahead in time. That's what Earth 2 did. Now we just keep having these flashbacks over I know. Well, yeah. Well, here, I don't need... Earth to society, yes. That that's the basic freaking thing of the book is to see how they got into that. This you don't need that. I do no. not need that. I could have a page of showing a bunch of people rebuilding shit. No, they really did good and we did this and we did that. Boom. Now five years ahead, two years ahead. I don't care. Please give us I, I have the feeling that it's gonna be more of a there will be a Justice League Beyond, yeah. but it's going to be a recruitment thing where you're going to get it, like, instead of the villain of the week, we're going to get the fucking Justice League character of the week. I don't need that. I would love it to just, just go get boom. Back, just get right into it? There, there, and again, I don't want it to turn into a Justice League Beyond book, but I would like him to be part of that. Yes. And I'd like to see these characters, and I'd like to see them mix and match and see what's going on. I don't even care if him. They, the next issue starts with him and Deanna in bed together, Eric, or in the shower with a tramp stamp. I like that, actually. I might take that in the bathroom by myself and tell my kids, Shit, man. Daddy needs some alone time now. But yeah, what did you That's give That's all it? they ever hear from you. But yeah. now, I'm saying the art felt rushed at times in this book, but overall, it was, it was decent depicting this big, like, you know, Rocky-style fight. Yeah. And uh, I look forward to what comes next, even if it's, you know, I like this book enough that even if we get this freaking rebuilding thing, I still got to go look forward to it. Yeah. But I gave it a 5.5 out of oh, 10. Oh, 5.5 out of 10. Boy, you give a lot of 5.5s and 6s, I heard. Oh, yeah? Is that what you heard? Yeah. Because Is that the word on the street? That's the word on the street. I would I would have given it a 6. I 
again, like you said, I did like the art. It, uh, it was okay. There's like nothing you said, to I it, don't though. know that it was rushed. I think it was, to me, it was just everything was explosions <laughs> and, and big fights. So there wasn't much to do with it. But yeah, I liked it. I want to know what happens when half the moon seems to blow up. But Cha. That's beside me. CHA right there yeah, on the moon. Yeah. So I, yeah, six out of 10. Uh, we'll move on to a book that I surprisingly enjoyed, Eric. And that's Superman American Alien number one. Written by my man, Max Landis. Art by Nick Dragota, Alex Gumieres, and yeah. John Workman. Uh, didn't Max Landis kind of tell me that I was an asshole once? I think it was something like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, and I will tell you this. I'm not a Max Landis fan, Eric. I really am not. I didn't even like Chronicle. Everybody goes on about Chronicle. Not a big it was fan. all right. It's okay. Guy, they act like he's a fucking genius. Maybe he has eidetic memory. And I'm not a big, big fan of Max Landis, and this book really brings nothing new to the table. But guess what, Eric? What? I really enjoyed it. Maybe it was the cartoony art of Nick Dragota or the promise of a Superman book with an actual Superman. But I like seeing young Clark deal with his newly emerging powers and Jonathan and Martha deal with raising a superpowered alien. Plus, any comic with E.T. in it is A-OK in my book. And do you even like E.T.? I do like E.T. Okay, let's I make told it short. you at one point, um, that was one of the first movies that I actually saw that was a bootleg copy. And it was a big thing. And, that, and I'll give you full disclosure, the family that had it is the one who had that retarded girl that used to beat the <laughs> shit out of me. That's how excited I was to see E.T. My mom and dad did not take me to the movies much. So I didn't see E.T. right away. And the family had one of those. We talked about this on the podcast before. They had one of those projection TVs, yeah. and they had an Odyssey. And I think it was an Odyssey, like a Magnavox yeah. Odyssey thing. And, and what one of the games was burned into the TV. That was bad enough. But I was so excited to see E.T. This was the worst, worst copy of E.T. People talking, and, and I, I actually started crying. <laughs> and again, E.T. came out in 82, right? Yes. So I was 13. So a 13-year-old crying because he wanted to see E.T. and it was an awful copy. Did your dad hit you? No, I, I think my dad just left us to our own devices. And probably after I started crying, the retarded girl, Debbie, her name was, probably beat the shit out of me. I, <laughs> I actually thought, uh, in my mind now, she thought I was a doll. And she used to, like, drag me around by my hair and just throw me. And again, she was probably, like, 10 years older than me. She was strong. I was a little kid. <laughs> I was a little boy at 13. I did not grow much. Ever. Still haven't. Ever. I'm like freaking, you know, the ventriloquist. Webster. Webster. All yeah. right. Let's get on with this book, you son of a bitch. And the thing about this comic, Eric, is E.T. is not the only thing that uh, you thought about 80s-wise, is it? Not at all. <laughs> oh, my God. We had so many freaking things in here. Like, we had Pete Ross. Yeah, Looks that like... threw me off. I thought it was a girl at first, actually. I'll admit that. But Oh, I mean... not me. I saw that headband, and I'm like, that is Corey <laughs> Feldman in Lost Boys. He is Edgar Frog. Yeah. Uh, I'm almost thinking that he did have a couple. Like, he did throw some things in there on purpose because that, that was odd. That was an odd look of Pete. He was an Edgar Frog to a T. Yeah. I actually, yeah, he, uh, he does. I, you sent me a picture of him. I'm like, yep, that's it. But yeah, the whole story, we've seen this before, where uh, Clark is just getting his uh, powers. Yes. And uh, for some reason, I don't know if it's the way he wrote it or it was the art, it was charming to me enough that I really enjoyed it. Now, yep. I thought the same thing. Yeah, it was a fun little story. It is a, um, it's a seven issue, right? Seven issue mini. 
It's a weird number. Yeah, it was weird. We talked um, about that before. Yeah, but maybe it's like a six issue on an epilogue is what it might be. But uh, yeah, uh, I liked it. There's not a ton There's not to much going about. on. No, there isn't. And you, you get, I like the uh, relationship between Jonathan and uh, Clark kind of echoed to me freaking, what's his name? And Man Kevin Costner. Yeah. It, it really did. And, I thought the same thing yeah. because it's not the like the really like um, down home John Kent that we're no. used to. Like he's not just being there. Like uh, it's okay, son. I'll always be there yeah, for you. No, no. He's like, look, don't be a fucking jerk. Yeah, I really. I like love that. you. You're my son. Just don't be a jerk when you get mad because when like you know you go around breaking stuff and you're mad. That's what jerks do. Don't yeah, be that. Yeah, I, I like that. And even he has that uh, nightmare. That nightmare. And yeah, you get the idea. Now, when I first read that, I actually I was taken aback a little because really little baby Superman, he makes him look like a crazy. Di- but yeah, you're gonna get these. I ideas. thought it was a you very have, real reaction. You have a little fear in it, and yes, but he he loves his son, and yeah, that part where he's like, uh, "Hey, Dad, you know, I I understand." It really did remind me of the part in Man of Steel when uh, Clark goes, uh, "What am I supposed to pretend I'm your son?" You are my you are son, my son. And, boy, and you started balling. Oh, yeah, that choked me up. It chokes me up every time. <laughs> See, uh, what threw me off in this issue, though, happens right after that dream, is a doctor comes, and he goes to talk to him. Now, you get the idea. I thought it was because— Yeah, who right makes before, house calls well, anymore? It's ridiculous. Right, <laughs> right before that—yes, really. Right before that, Clark had fallen. And they had that weird thing where Jonathan's foot's hurt. I, I did. I, well, how that was did, a weird thing to add, wasn't it? It was very odd. Like I thought that he somehow they fell on him and he broke his foot because That's of what it. I thought. And, and then it's like, no, he ran out there because, like, you know, he cut his foot on something when he ran out to save us. And he's like, why didn't you put on shoes? Oh, I was scared. I was too scared. And then I guess it's the thing where Clark's just like, I'm causing my family such misery. But it was it was a little weird. Uh, but yeah, you get the idea. They love him. Yes. Um, and you get the idea that Jonathan's a tough. Dad, a tough but Kinda. fair father. Um, until then, I think that it turns around. But yeah, before that, we said the doctor comes. Doctor knows that Clark is an alien. <laughs> he basically tells them, listen, I'm not good enough for this. You should go get scientists, real scientists, to deal with this. He's, you know, the kid's radiating all yeah, over a, the goddamn he's place. He's emitting radiation. Yeah, everybody's going to get cancer, Eric. I don't know that they should let him at school, but they spell it out that he, there's no problem. But then, yeah, there's fucking Pete Ross. And the only thing that uh, there's only one panel I didn't like in the, the whole issue. Was that after Busted? Yeah. And all of a sudden it turned into Archie. Yes, <laughs> it, it really, really looked did. like Archie. And uh, it just it threw me. Ross Kent, quiet, please. I, and then they're like, Busted. Yeah, it was weird to even say that. I agree. But, uh, yeah, when they're there and you have the, the blowing of the, the smoke there and the tongue, I'm like, what, what is this, Archie? But they, they end up sneaking to go see uh, E.T. I fucking, I'm telling you, though, that is just Edgar Frog. I like to imagine that scene at the comic book shop in Lost Boys where, like, Pete Ross is just following around Clark. He's like, keeps handing him this sci-fi. Come, and he's like, look, Pete, I don't read sci-fi books. You should read it, Kent. You could totally save your life. <laughs> nice threads. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Go watch Lost Boys if you don't get that. Yeah, I love, that's that's one of our favorites. I I also I really do like the way that they he Max Landis ties E.T. in because yeah, it's, it's oh it works perfectly where, where you have a little kid um, and he's worried. He's worried that he has these weird powers. He's worried he's an alien. Whatever. I'm I'm not sure that he has been told that he's an alien yet. He just all of a sudden shit's happening to him. I, I think he knows from everything. I, we've seen I would this. think. 
Uh, but yeah, the, but he gets the idea. Oh my God, look! And it's the scene where Elliot and E.T. are both taken, and uh, all of a sudden Clark starts hovering again. He takes off, and it's a weird thing where you get yes, not everybody knows he has these powers because people are like, hey. You ever seen anything like that? Must have been a gas pocket. Gas pocket? Gas pocket? Yeah. Gas pocket? Really? Who the fuck are you? I, gas pocket. It's fucking Johnny Scientist. I saw up. that kid fucking fly in the air. Gas pocket. Get the hell out of here. It's Alfred Einstein. He shows up. Must have been a gas pocket. Uh, but yeah, it goes in. He goes into the bathroom and then he sees in the mirror. He sees himself as E.T. <laughs> it's a weird. It, it's awesome. I really like I it. I like it as I well. I like uh, freaking E.T. with the Superman girl. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then he, he acts like a normal kid. He punches a hole through the wall. And that's where you get where Jonathan's mad. And he's like, oh, you're mad at me because uh, I showed everybody this power. No, you, you were a jerk. Yeah. Don't be a fucking jerk. And. He kind of uh, starts talking like, I'm weird, I'm, I'm unhappy. And that's where I think it, it really turns with uh, Jonathan. Then. And yes. it's like, you know what? Weird isn't bad. Maybe weird's better. And now he's going to teach him. He's like, okay, my boy is having problems where he's unhappy because he can't figure out his powers. I'm going to help him. And they go through a bunch of things where he's going to teach him how to fly. He's going to try to teach him to fly. The worst part of this, though, because we start out with this whole teaching him to fly thing where he's running with Clark yeah. over his head. You know, he's holding him by the waist. His Clark stretched out above him, and he's, he's just running. And yeah. I'm like, I had to keep telling myself, Clark can't be hurt. Clark can't be hurt. Yeah. This is such yeah, a fucked up thing for any father to do. He trips and falls. And then they <laughs> laugh. Then they get and do a little urban surfing, Eric. Exactly. Now yeah. we're going to Teen Wolf territory. Now we have the Teen Wolf urban surfing where he's behind. I would have actually liked him on. He should have been on the cab. Agreed. You know what I mean? But yeah. Then there's that, guy, that freaking awful guy. God, God damn, damn hippies. Hippies. Why is that a hippie? It's a little kid yelling, you know, all right, yeah, Dad, I'll oh, speed up. Hippies. <laughs> you jerk. I wish I would have ran did, over that. Did old men yell at that when young kids in 1982? I don't know. You it's were a kid weird. in 1982. I, I, nobody yelled at me, Eric. I was getting beat up by retards. So. <laughs> Goddamn cannon fodder. Goddamn punching bag. Goddamn victims, man. <laughs> Guys getting beat up not only by a girl, but a special needs girl. That <laughs> kid's a loser. Uh, yeah, but then uh, they keep going. They're worried about, you know, he wants to figure it out. And then he fl- it happens again. He flies up and he's stuck. Looks like he's sleeping up there. I actually yeah. like that. I like that scene where they show him and he's just kind of cuddled up there. Uh, but uh, do you get the idea that, I don't know, it's an odd idea to go get him with an airplane. I guess there's no other option. Yeah, what are we going to do? Get a ladder up there and high? I don't know. It's weird. But then he talks to the and guy. And John Kent's buy, buying a stairway the, to oh, heaven. The stairway to heaven. And they, he has to tell that guy. And that's the goddamn hippie guy. No, and, I don't think it is. Yeah, I think it is. I, I looked at the thing because just because they, he doesn't have the logo on his hat anymore, I think, and he looks younger to me. I think I'm this looking, is a friend of theirs. You think? Um, I really do. He does not know who Clark is, though. But uh, they are a friend of the family. I, I, I he calls actually, him Ben, and I know that there's a, a Ben in Smallville that were yeah. friends of the Kents, and I can't remember his last name. I'm telling you, I think it's the same guy. I, I know do that. not. He's, very, he's too similar for them. To, uh, he, like you said, he looks a little different. I'm looking now. I'm trying to page through. Yeah. But yeah, he look, to me, he looks the same. Uh, but, yeah, they go, and they, they go to get him with a hook on a plane. On a biplane, And yes. it makes a, yeah, on a biplane. And it, it actually rips his... Uh, his sweatshirt into the cape 
I like which that. Which I thought was great. That actual that panel actually is one of the main things that I loved about it. It was like such a great. And he's like, "Look, Dad, Mom, look!" And it seems like once he had the cape, he could fly. <laughs> All he needed was a cape, Eric. This is inspiring a whole bunch of kids to jump off their yeah, roofs together. Oh, they're done. It's aerodynamic. Uh, cape did it, and he goes and again. I really then you go and at the end it ends with with Clark very excited. And I really like the way he reacts to that. So do now, I. It actually like, feels I, like a kid. Yeah, and he's like, I can fly. I can take you anywhere. We can go on vacation. We can go here. We can go there. Can I go to school like this? Can I just fly to school? And he's so excited. And it's so, like you said, it's so natural a thing for a kid to, to react this yes. way. Yes. It wasn't like And then, then freaking Martha and John are just staring at each other as like their son is just going back and forth so yeah. excited. Like, oh, yeah. this son of ours. Yeah. And, uh, you know, main mostly in anything we see about this, they don't even go into that. Like, all of a sudden he learns how to fly and the next thing he's 10 years older and he's doing this and that. I really like that you get that. Um, the next issue, I don't know. It says next issue, Hawk. I, I don't know. I don't know where it's going from there. I don't know if this is going to jump ahead each issue I because no we've idea. already seen that you know one of the 17. things looks like he's 17 so at some point they will i hope that it doesn't jump too far ahead because I, that's I, the worst part because i really like this i want to stay yeah. with this kind of storytelling yep, that's what i'm saying i i really do like it uh but yeah i like the art i like the uh, what about the page after the that thing? though I, I don't know i was actually not even going to bring it up but yeah, i, it's, it's I found really myself odd. staring at it for a long time just looking at it, like this is what's coming up next i'm guessing yeah and like uh i'm I was looking at everything. We have a drunk driving tragedy where a man was killed after he struck uh, Jonathan Martha Kent. Yeah. And uh, like uh, they were both in cars, but the one guy died. The driver died. But then we see like Martha in the hospital and like John and her getting out. And there's a bunch of prescription pills that are labeled for Martha. Yeah. And a yeah. bunch of correspondence between John and Martha back and forth. She's like, you know, her veterinary license. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very odd. Yeah. I found myself staring at all these things, and then it looks like hippie John and Martha at the beach. Yeah, there they are. Yeah, that's crazy. And then it looks like Martha. Maybe that old man wasn't far off. And then it has like there's the Smallville Memorial Hospital. John, I think it's best if you tell her, I'm so sorry, Jack. Yeah, I don't. I think I'm saying the one scene here, she's pregnant. It looks like uh, like I thought it was Clark kissing her belly. But it, like I, the picture's cut off because there's a picture. I mean, that says what he's doing, like like a big fan or something, like or he's the father. I don't know because yeah, it yeah. cuts off at the picture. I'm like, I'm guessing she might have lost the baby during this accident. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very odd. Then you have the little picture of them with Clark. They're kissing Clark on each side because you have the curls. Yes, and yeah, it's odd. I don't know. I I get the idea that this is more like a, hey, look, these were real people, and you know, it's weird. It's I, very I odd kinda, thing to end on. Yeah, and then there's a fire that happened there. It's a lot of craziness. And then it looks like a big thing of kryptonite in the middle of there. Did yeah, that, that? I know. I saw. I never thought of it as kryptonite. I thought it was like a hair scrunchie. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm looking yeah, at it now. It looks like there's I looked like at that. everything else in this page and except for that. And a bunch of uh, rappers from uh, used condoms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Martha's on Zoloft and Prozac. Jeez, and Vicodin. Jesus yeah. Christ, she's on a lot. But I guess that would be the, the pills that if she did, in fact, lose a kid there. That that was, you know, she was on these things from this accident. But, yeah. Um, and then it's like I said, then it makes sense. John, I think it's best if you tell her that, yeah. that she lost a kid. And, and uh, yeah. don't forget the freaking little pictures from Haley Circus. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to miss that. <laughs> Always got to bring up Haley Circus. Uh, yes, but I gave it an 8 out of 10. It's funny. I was thinking eight out of ten. I did not see your score beforehand, but eight right. out of ten is what I was going to go. Eight with. out of ten. I'm telling you, uh, that doesn't mean I didn't really enjoy it. It's just that yes, there wasn't a lot going on, and it's nothing uh, new, really. 
Uh, but yeah, it's very charming is the word I kept coming up with when I even read it the first time. I can time. take that. It's a very quick read, and I enjoy it. But yeah, uh, we're going to go to Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark and his other side segment. And he's going to be talking about the goddamn number one. The goddamn number one. Goddamn number one. Uh, somehow, freaking Glenn's listening uh, out of nowhere, and he's going to think that I'm cursing. But that is the book. Uh, I hear it's very good, but we're going to hear what Ryan has to say about it. All right. All right. All right. Take it away, Ryan. You need my permission? Yes, I do. Ryan needs your permission. You know. Oh, he shit. Sorry, Ryan. Everything that happens, he needs your permission and your permission only. So, Ryan, Eric says it's okay to talk about the goddamn number one. It's a robot. She's a goddamn robot. God. Right, I'll inform you that I'm well aware of the goddamn gimbals. Goddamn, it's a pretty fucking good milkshake. Hello, and welcome back to the 39th installment of the Other Side segment. I am, as always, your host, Ryan Brightest Daycare Clark, bringing you uh, what is typically your only place for non-DC Comics reviews on the otherwise predominantly DC Comics, Weird Science DC Comics podcast. Though if... Uh, last week's episode is anything to go on. Uh, they might be uh, taking after me and jumping onto the multi-publisher bandwagon sooner rather than later, because last week's episode was pretty negative, so we'll try and keep things a little upbeat this week. I know, ironic. With issue number one of The Goddamned by Jason Aaron, R.M. Guerra, and Julia Brusco and Jared K. Fletcher through Image Comics. Uh, as if it wasn't enough for Jason Aaron to basically already be everywhere when it comes to comic books, he goes right ahead and comes out with a new creator-owned ongoing series. Uh, I decided to go with this book this week uh, over one of the other new Marvel, one, Marvel uh, first issues uh, for this week, because let's face it, Marvel does not need my help. Uh, and to be honest, Jason Aaron doesn't either, but I thought that this may be a book that less people would check out and that I think more people actually should. Uh, first off, maybe don't take the title of this book at face value. Uh, it is uh, shocking and incendiary, sure, uh, but it is a little more accurate than I think one would think uh, seeing it on the shelf. Uh, the story is about those um, sort of on-the-earth uh, that are left behind if everything went to hell uh, more than it actually did back in b biblical times, pun intended. Uh, the story revolves around a biblical character uh, who rises from the dead, stop me if you've heard this one, uh, after being peed on while face down in a muddy pit described as a shit pond. Yeah, I know, real classy. Uh, but this guy turns out to be on a mission of some major ass-kicking, and goes back after the guys who left him for dead in that you-know-what pond. Come on, I can't swear all the time. I've got to be more artful with my expletives. Uh, but our main character goes on a nude, murderous rampage. Three words I never thought I would say all in one phrase before. A nude, murderous rampage against the caveman-esque tough guys who worked him over in the fight that took place before this issue started. And boy, oh boy, does he do a number on him. 
Then we come to find out more about who the character is, why he is where he is, and what his motivations are. All great things that really um, build up this story and help to flush out the character. And if I go ahead and, and spoil it and give one, uh, I'll end up giving all of them away, so I'll just stay mute and recommend you go get and go read this book. The artwork is fantastic. Even the gross, gory, bloody, nasty stuff is dynamic and jumps off the page. Truly just gorgeous work. Um, not to mention Jason Aaron. He knows himself a thing or two about writing for comics. Uh, I love his work on Southern Bastards, which you should be reading. After reading this week's issue, everyone should be reading. Uh, plus his work on Thors and Thor slash the Mighty Thor uh, always seem to find their way to the top of my piles every every week when they come out. Uh, this book, obviously from the title alone, I think you could guess is not for the faint of heart. Uh, there is blood and dongs and fire, and like I already said, being peed on because another person assumes they were dead in a shit pond. So, like, don't give this book out at an elementary school, which is probably exactly what Jim and Eric would do. Uh, I liked the introduction of the character, biblical character Noah, I'm assuming, Noah, at the end of this book, uh, because the arc is titled Before the Flood. We get that at the title page at the end. Uh, so it just drives home the fact that this is still set uh, in these olden times from the stories in the Bible when God was working miracles on earth and Noah is still going to need a bigger boat. And all sorts of cray-cray stuff is going to happen. So the things going forward in this story, um, all bets are off, but it just looks gorgeous and it was an engaging read and really interesting. I really enjoyed this book. I definitely think you should check out this story because it has a lot going for it. Uh, beyond just a, a really strong creative team, um, a cast of characters that I think a lot of people will already have at least some foreknowledge of. I'm assuming a lot of people at least have read some parts of the Bible, seen the Ten Commandments, done something with um, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. You guys, these stories are, are out there in, in society, so there are going to be people that are pretty easily recognizable. And it is just a weird and unique story told with lots of blood and violence and some moments even including male genitalia. So it should really have something for literally everyone. Um, now I'm recording this segment really early this week because I have a lot going on for the rest of this week currently. Uh, closing on a house, uh, my first home, uh, just over 12 hours from now, which will then facilitate the need for lots of packing and sorting and moving to do in the uh, short time thereafter. Uh, so I'll be reading the rest of this week's books. Um, I finished the Hickman Avengers hardcover, which was really good, and The Last Son of Krypton by Jeff Johns. Really enjoyed. Um, uh, but other than that, I don't have any real extra reading to do here for a while. Probably good. I just need to focus on the weekly books. Um, and I will more than likely be putting out a slimmed down version of the Brightest Daycare podcast this week, which is available on iTunes and uh, hopefully getting a couple of written reviews out uh, this week and through the weekend, which you can read all of my written reviews over at brightestdaycare.com, as well as stream uh, the podcast episodes there as well. As always, if you have any reading suggestions, you can reach me via Twitter at BDCComics or via email at brightestdaycare at gmail.com. And you can always throw a like on my pages at Facebook, Google Plus, and Tumblr. Uh, but until next week, I'll see you 
on the other side. Keep your goddamn hands off my wife. Stop slamming my goddamn doors. What are we doing here? Well, take a look. It's a goddamn hostess truck. Yeah, I see. God damn, Eric. God, God damn. God damn, number one. Scared the shit out of me. <laughs> oh, we're back, Eric. Apparently. Oh, I wonder how that goddamn did. I think that uh, Ryan loved it. Uh, but Good. we're going to go but... to our next section of books, which is uh, Justice League Heavy. Justice League Heavy. I wish that was a, a title. Justice League Heavy. It has you in it. Fuck uh, you. My dad. And those uh, two twins that used to ride the motorbikes, those big hey, fat twins, and hey, maybe well, Dom DeLuise. Manship asked you for shirt sizes earlier this week. What, what were the shirt sizes that we gave him? Uh, you said large. I gave him small. Oh, uh, yeah, small. You're a little tiny guy, aren't small. you? Uh, Justice League Dark extra Side large War Shazam. Said. No, I did not say extra large. Justice League Dark Side War Shazam number one. Written by Steve Orlando or by Scott Collins, Romalio... From Mulio Fajardo Jr. <laughs> and job. Steve Wands. Shazam's connection to the Greek gods that lent him his powers has been severed, and some new gods have moved into that oversized cranium of his in the form of Billy Bats, and he meets his new tenants, but runs into trouble with Darkseid's father, Zanus, who is pissed off that Shazam and his friends bullied his son. With the help of the wizard's staff of lightning, Shazam convinces Sanus to toe the line, and he and the wizard walk off into the sunset as a kind of weird Abbott and Costello. A full point given for the incredible artwork alone, said Reggie. Reggie reviewed this on the site. And I guess I'll, I'll tell you right now. Reggie gave it a 6.5 out of 10. Um, I just read this today. I, I had it a couple well. people, even in our mail earlier, but even uh, people messaging me, uh, asking me, like uh, Manship asked me, hey, did you read those titles? I, I did not read them until today. Me either. Um, this was the weakest of the two. You I don't know. With that? I, I, yeah, you didn't. Well, then I again, had issues yeah, with didn't. the Green Lantern, but I have issues with this as well. Um, I had issues with this, and again, every like we had earlier, people, oh, Steve Orlando. It wasn't Steve Orlando. It's just the whole package. I did oh, like yeah. the art. I'm telling you, the art was good. I really like the art, actually. But as a book, I, I don't know what the hell is going on. I, I thought it was ridiculous. Um, and basically, it, it, the whole thing in a nutshell is that when Darkseid died, uh, it again, like Reggie said, the uh, connection with Shazam to the Greek gods the or the ancient gods. Oh, his um, powers. They're the, not, his not powers, gods, they're gone. Yeah, they they blinked out. They it, to me it was seemed like it would be like a TV. They lost power, yeah. and then when it came on, a whole new cable company had taken over, <laughs> and they don't have the same freaking lineup. And now the wizard had that quick, the wizard didn't want to leave Shazam powerless, no, so he had to so quick him, broker yeah. a freaking agreement with these other gods to give him some power. And the, the issue, and it blew up in his fucking face. Yeah, well the issue the issue with me as well is I really don't care about these gods. I don't know them. I don't care about them. I could add Zanus. I'll give you that one, and you even said that's bullshit because they had to give him a new name that had a Z in it because at yeah. the end he still has to be called Shazam. What, right? 
Yes, oh, I'm sorry. I was just looking at the book because it, it, I really love the artwork. But no, it is ridiculous because it's Yuga Khan, who is Darkseid's father, is the freaking main uh, villain in this book, if you want to call him that. Yeah. But the biggest problem I have is that we spend this whole issue with freaking Shazam talking to these well, these gods talking to Shazam. Yeah. And I don't remember this being any part of the character. I didn't remember Zeus saying, hey, how about some lightning right now or freaking Mercury? I could really, You could really start running right now. You got the speed. I gave it to you. Well, the gods don't talk to Shazam uh, this way that the, are lending him his power. The only thing I can think of is because of the way he, the wizard gave these powers, it was part of the source. And well, yeah, that's, that's just all... a new way of doing it. That's how these gods work within them, that they can actually talk with them. And then he ends up in the source. See, I wouldn't even do that. I would say it's just because of Zanu's trying to take over every power at this point that they're like f- trying to get him on board to try to stop him. I'm just saying even from the beginning when they're just talking to him and yelling at him. And oh, yeah, head. I'm talking about that, too. They yeah. need him to work his power and then get him to say Shazam that wind up in the source so they can like he can fight Zanu's yeah. and take him down before he conquers everything. But again, name me another one of them without looking. I know one. I got eight. Okay. Did you know that, or did yes. you just see it? Yeah, no, no, I, 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 I memorized even... that one because I was like, "How eight? A T E? That's yeah, a terrible would, fucking." Name. I wouldn't even remember the her him. I think that's it's a her, her right? Yeah, it's yeah, a I goddess. There, I do remember it's a her. Uh, but yeah, in the other point I have, or other problem I have, is Billy Batson goes from like a looking like a twelve year old to a twenty two year old within the source. That's the only thing I have problems with the art. At one point, he's like looks like Dick Grayson. Agreed. You know, but uh, other than that. Uh, the art was really good. Um, there's eight. Yeah, eight looks like she wants to bet him down. At one point, I thought he was trying to do it as yeah, well. Yeah, she's got a big foot. If he's a you're foot telling me what guy, I need. In... I know we just met, yeah. lady. Yeah, I don't know. I I actually didn't like uh, Billy's dialogue, so I'll go with. Yeah, that. it was a little bad. Yeah. I, I agree. People with their Steve Orlando hate. I I did not like Billy Batson in general because. Don't tell me, goddess of the consolation prize. Yeah, yeah, and again. Up until this point, Billy Batson has been big on just being a jokester, and his jokes are terrible Bit of a in dick, every yeah. book. He's he's a, a punky little kid. I didn't get that in this. Uh, he kind of, I think that that's what Steve Orlando was going for. It didn't come off like that. He came off a bit too, uh, like headstrong <laughs> and that I didn't get that. I, I got up until then. I think that, uh, more and more or the big thing in this, he'd be really pissed off at the wizard and he probably would have called him out and maybe made some video game references Honestly, like he does he, with everything else. He just seemed to know too much. I'm like in my mind we are just or dealing with Billy Batson right after his uh, origin story back way back in that Justice League backups. Yeah. And he he just seems I don't know. He seems too good at his job right now. Like he was he might be this mightiest mortal that Justice League let him in because of his power set, yeah. but he doesn't know exactly what's going on in my mind. And here he just seems to know way too much yeah, and he's too yeah. confident. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. That's maybe this my problem. Maybe come tell you, we have not seen a lot of Shazam. He's just been like a backup character in the Justice League, just to be there to make stupid jokes yeah. and hasn't done much. So him knowing his full potential and what the power set he has and what the wizards like Rod is and shit like that, yeah. it just comes off weird to me. Yeah, you're right. And uh, yeah, again, I have been really annoyed with Shazam in the other books because yeah, he ends up being like you said, just a punk kid who doesn't. But uh, that's the character. And that's been the character. That was even how uh, Tomasi wrote him in Detective. Yeah. Uh, so it's. Oh, no. Ro- Batman and Robin. No. Oh, I'm I, sorry. No, you're talking about. Yeah, the, I'm yeah. thinking about the end of Batman. Or, yes, yeah. Yeah. Right. With the good humor. Yes. Remember the equation humor? Oh, like a good humor bar. It's an awful joke. But at least that was consistent with him being just a, a punky little kid who likes to tell jokes. You don't get that here. 
And like you said, yeah, you get more of a Billy Batson who seems to know what the hell is going we on. We haven't fledged out the character, to, like fleshed out the character to, to this point in my mind to jump to the conclusions. Like, yeah. like, okay, Billy is a straight up superhero. He knows everything he can do. He can take on, like the idea of taking on Darkseid's fatherness should terrify him. But yeah, no, yeah. he steps up to the plate, well, home run. Yeah, the only thing that could <laughs> step up to the plate, home run, the only thing that... Again, they've never come out. They said at the end of this arc, they're going to tell you what time period this happened in. Well, I mean, if this happens in the future, I know it's crazy. No, that, that would help me about. Uh, and actually, you know now, what? It wouldn't even help me out that much because of the Green Lantern book. Well, next. I'm saying maybe somehow Oa comes back. That's why. Yeah, it's I'll, there. I'm okay with that. It's just weird. Yeah, I know it's weird, but maybe that would explain some of it. But I don't think that they would say to Steve Orlando himself, listen. This is Billy Batson, who's uh, more... I just think he went with it, and yeah. he went with what he knows about Billy Batson and kind of went... And I'm not. I'm telling you, it is a little off. It's not a It's not a game-breaker. It's not a, this is the, actually the Billy Batson I want to see, because yeah, yeah. up until this point, like I said, we haven't seen shit of him. He's just been this side character does is does nothing. I want to see the hero fucking Shazam. I want to see him be confident, go out there, yeah. but having it just thrown at us out of nowhere just yeah. threw me off a bit. Now, again, too, I would have liked a little more, and it reminded me a little Justice League 3001 with Superman when uh, Billy as uh, Shazam, Shazam goes to fly, and he realizes, wait a minute, I can't fly. I like the idea that he has a new power set, and I would have liked more of that. I would have liked to have seen Shazam using the power set that he has, not just talking as Billy Batson in the source to these gods who I still don't know anything about because yeah. I really didn't care. I would have liked to have seen more of a Shazam going using this power set. Yeah, you, you get the idea his hand can catch on fire. Yeah, he's got and, firepower And now. you even pointed out to me yeah. that there's a little problem because uh, he claims he can't fly, but yet the issue ends with it looking like he's flying. So it looks like to me. I don't yeah. know if it's like the part of the wizard or, or actually the source manipulation of uh, Zanus. Yeah. <laughs> Zanus. Yeah. Or Yuga yeah, Khan. Uh, just for everybody, I'm trying to get to this end. Where he spells Oh, I got out. it. You got it. Tell us, yeah. what, tell us what Shazam now stands for. We have the strength of uh, Savah. The fires of, <laughs> oh shit me, uh, Hieronymir. Shit you. Yeah, I got. I think wrong. I did the other day. I think the, I the compassion of a fucking watermelon the other day. The compassion of Anapel, the source manipulation of Zanus, the boldness of Eight, and the lightning of the Wizard. Yeah, again. Or, or for that, the Mamarigan. Mamarigan. <laughs> Again, you have this, and they're they're spelling this out. Fucking nonsense. And if you said to me, "Oh, um, uh, Mercury, what is it? Oh, he's fast. Okay, yeah, I got that. speed of Mercury. All right, you know the oh oh Atlas is pretty strong. Oh yeah, you get. Hey, what do you know about Ronmir? Oh, he oh, fire. Oh, Siva. Oh, strength. It, it's so stupid. It's really. I said, stupid. but now he's got strength, fire, compassion, yeah, boldness. Com- compassion. There's a great one. The source manipulation and lightning. Yeah. And we couldn't get rid of we it couldn't get so rid of lightning. Boldness. They were like, we really need that power set that includes your boldness. He just looks uh, off it shows his wang to everybody. It's like, look at me. Look at me, baby. Bold. I'm hung. Boy, that is a bold man. And then hey. he goes, wait a minute, there's ladies in the room. He puts his pants back. Oh my god, I'm glad he has that compassion. And then everybody has to remember he's twelve years old. Yeah, and then I seemed like a real jerk <laughs> but then again he looked 21 at one point so i'm in i just again, no 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 you're still not in yes i mean isn't that right if they're in the bar and i won't even get into that okay uh, the the thing that we have to say though this may be the only one where it goes into justice league 46 
with something different. It makes sense. He, yeah. he can he maintains these powers there. They spell it out. He's going in. All the rest seem to reset right at the end. Not even that. It's just that we're going in and nothing new would happen. Like Flash, he became the death, uh, the Black Racer, and then he wanted to get away from it, and he stayed the Black Racer. Yeah. Here we at least fledge out about That's what I'm saying. You have something different going into Justice League 46. So while all these are still pretty unnecessary, because I'm telling you, when Justice League 46 comes and uh, Shazam has a different power set, they will spell it out because yeah. they, they have to. So, I don't know. These are all unnecessary cash grabs. Uh, I didn't hate this issue. I didn't well, love it. Well, one more thing I want to talk about before. It, this uh, introducing Darkseid's father, Yuga Khan, in this actually like, makes Shaka me Shaka Khan? Shaka Khan. That's what I think. Shaka Khan. Every time I hear that, I think Shaka Khan. But Shaka uh, Khan. it just doesn't, seem to, fit. It doesn't <laughs> seem to fit in with uh, Darkseid's villain month, where yeah. we see him as the farmer and not the freaking, you know, the guy who overthrew Yuga Khan for Apocalypse. Yeah, maybe uh, that is uh, a different type of father. I don't know. I don't, I'm telling you, they're using this Yuga Khan from old continuity, but it just doesn't seem to mesh right with me with what we're dealing with lately. Story over continuity, Eric. Talk Story you with all that over nonsense. continuity. I told you, that's what they're going with. And again, I don't know. I can't say that this is a better story because of it, but you got something. I don't know. I, you I threw don't that know. name out there. Anybody in New 52 has no idea who this guy is. You could have used anybody, especially yeah, since you everybody have to change his name. Shaka Khan. Especially since you have to change his name to a Z to make it make sense with Shazam. Yeah, that that was so forced. That's that's the worst part is that they had to come up with these names. I mean, are these? I'm not aware of eight. No, I've I've never or, heard of this character uh, before. Ron Amir. I'm assuming they kind of came these up, uh, came up with them to fit in with that. And yeah, that that's forced. Uh, Reggie gave it a six five. I actually would have probably have given this a uh, five five or a six. I would have given a six. Yeah. I really liked the art. I yeah, liked, I did like I the liked art. See, I, I really miss seeing Shazam doing something. And this kind of gave me my fill for a little bit, even if I wasn't particularly happy with it, with the outcome. Yeah. Well, the next one is Justice League Dark Side War Green Lantern, number one, written by Tom King, art by Doc Shanner, Chris Sotomayor, Tom Napolitano. And that's Napolitano. It. Napolitano. That that's the that's the I whole. No, I, I have no idea if that's how yeah, you say. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm reading this. Uh, Reggie uh, reviewed this and then wrote the little blurb for it, so it it actually took me by surprise that it just ended there. After Darkseid's <laughs> unfettered parademons have clobbered the entire Green Lantern Corps, Hal Jordan uses his unique ability to go against the grain and allows his ring to merge with the Mother Box, turning him into the God of Light. Hal uses this power to undo the parademons' damage and go hug his younger self, who is mourning the recent death of his father. Jim and Eric's fathers are dead, but you don't see their older selves coming to molest them. It's the story's journey that's the thing here, and while its rhythm is a little off, it ends very strong and uniquely among these Dark Side War tie-ins. And Reggie gave it a 7 out of 10. Um, You know what? Maybe that was me in the ice cream truck when I was a kid. Hey, I know your father. Yes, it was you just testing yourself, and you did not know how to spell zucchini. (laughs) And then it was over. Uh, you didn't like the art in this. I really no, I really it. did not. I liked it. I liked the look of it being like a um, a golden age type a throwback. Thing. Yeah, yeah, I really liked that. Um, again, it's a little weird seeing it now, but I, I I liked it a lot actually. But yeah, it threw me off though. It it starts off and there's John Stewart. And I hated John Stewart's dialogue in the beginning. Yeah, I didn't like it either, and I was I was a little confused a, a bit. Hell. This is John. I'm using <laughs> it's like my a, last a 3 a.m. message to John. Will is drunk, breaking uh, it. I can't even read. It's damn com block. Yeah, yeah. 
It, it is a weird beginning. Uh, you get that, and that's, this is me. This is me dying. dying. <laughs> do, do you hear me, Hal? And then this you is get... John Stewart, in case you don't recognize the way I talk. But again, I like this idea here where uh, it the mother box is there, and it's asking all the Green Lanterns, do you, will you become my god? Will you become a god? Yeah. And all of them say no because that's what they've been taught. The, the core is the most important thing. The As I've been told, we one. bleed green. What's that? Yeah. Over and over. Yeah. We bleed green. Yeah, they, they say that a lot. But again, I mean, uh, you know, those Penn State people, they they bleed uh, white and blue. Don't I don't know. Yeah, I hear it all the time about the Eagles. We bleed green. So I guess, you know, that's they just like to push it in. But yeah, they oh, all Bradford die. sucks enough. I'm done. They all die, Eric. They all die. That really threw me off. Yeah, it did. Getting this issue. That, that and I actually found myself getting pissed. I'm like, you telling me the entire Green Lantern Corps couldn't take out the parademons? Nope. Bullshit. They died. Again, I guess there there was a lot of parademons. I knew there was a lot of... I don't know. I just expected the freaking Green Lantern Corps to be able to handle this threat. They're policing the universe. They get ambushed by freaking parademons, and they all die. You know what? And they all bled green. They all they bled all green. They all bled green. But then you go and you see little Hal. Little Hal is upset. His dad has recently died in the plane crash. Oh, God. And <laughs> and he's going to church. It's a, it's a weird thing where he's there. His mom had sent him to the church to light this candle. And hey, boy, my mom's a Jew, but yeah. she told me to come down yeah. here and light a candle because my she, dad apparently believed in my Jesus back in the day. believed in Jesus but hated church, didn't agree with it, thought that there was no need for God when he's up in his place. It was very odd, the you whole know what church I think? Scene. I think Mrs. Jordan was moving on and wanted to get little Hal out of the house for a and while. That's what he couldn't send him to a movie. Nope. He couldn't go see E.T.? Go to church. <laughs> He's like, go to church. She knows that they're going to grab him and start preaching to him. And uh, I don't know. And then in the meantime, uh, older Hal might even know that he's going to detain him. Now, older Hal is there. At first, you don't realize. Yes. Did you, you realize did. right away? Yes. I thought that it you was. You see the bomber jacket. It's I saw the giveaway. bomber jacket. I, I'm telling you, I'm a dummy. I thought maybe it was another pilot that was there because of the death. But then you realize, right? pretty quick but the thing that made me laugh he's wearing his hal jordan bomber <laughs> jacket hey, there's young hal jordan talking to him doesn't notice the jordan patch on the jacket and say like hey uh, are you a relation and then uh, you and my dad your dad and me were really good we we're really close yeah yeah really i was cold close. one night he gave me his jacket but you get there and you have this it goes back and forth between hal accepting the mother box and becoming the god of light which and, I really like that. And he I went like against the, the grain just to see what would happen because and, uh, he trusts yeah. in his will. Yeah, because and yeah, like you said, he goes against. He he's going to be one of those. He's a lantern who's going to go and do something a little different and trust himself and trust his will, like you said. Um, it answers the question. We wondered what the hell this book was going to be about. Seriously, everybody else had been turned into gods, and he wasn't. He went off to Oa, which again, you're going to. It throws you off with the, the timeline and Oa and whatnot. Guardians and yeah, yeah, they're they're all there, and um, he basically uses the mother box uh, to beat the the parademons. I don't what. There's not much. No, to it. I'm saying he he freaking accepts the god role. Yeah. It merges with his ring, and he becomes a new being. A and he god. has the mother ring. I love the mother ring. Yeah. I really did. I'm saying, I, but he's like, hey, mother ring, can I? Uh, can I reshape reality and make it so the parademons never came in the Green Lantern Corps? Ping. Yep. All right. Yes, you can. You are a god. Yep. Okay. Let's do that. Just say the word. Ping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just and again, you get the idea, and I like that. Ping, 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 ping. Yeah. Like it. It's like a freaking pinball machine. 
But you get the idea, okay. The god of light. He uses that that power to go back and kind of comfort his young self. That's the thing and, is, I don't know if it's because of that. I don't get the idea why he went back to comfort himself. Is it because he remembered this happening as a boy? And I think at the again, one point he's like, what did I say? It's a time travel crazy thing. But I, I think that he's going to go back. And, and granted, maybe this never did. I Again, it's a wonky thing with time travel and things Agreed. like that. But maybe this was a time where he remembers really needing somebody and he went back to help himself and it it helped him get over that quicker and become more of who he is at the end of this issue and he he doesn't he doesn't he could he could make his father live agreed and at one point he think he does he's going to i thought he was and he does not and instead he goes back and comfort i really like the part where he's like uh yeah you know what you light this candle and he hands him the candle and you see the ring yeah i thought that was awesome um, but again, he, that he changes, he helps everybody but himself. And, uh, I do also like where they tie in where Batman sees what's happening. And he says, now you understand Jordan, just as I understood when I took the chair. Now, Jordan, now you see what we have to do. And, <laughs> Jordan's uh, like, fuck you, yeah, Batman. Like, fuck you. I'm getting my dad. Fuck you. I'm never going to become a green lantern. You go fuck yourself. But yeah, he saves the core. Um, and no, I mean, that, fuck you, Batman. Like, look, you. I have the will to stop being a god. You are an addict and you need help. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then at the end, he's there and uh, he helps himself. And really, what else? Uh, he That's goes, it. He goes back in time because I'm telling you, I'm looking at the scene right now. He's like, what did I say? What do I say? I don't know what I did. And as he's putting on the bomber jacket and goes back in time to talk yeah. to himself. Because for some reason, he knew at this point, I guess you could say because he's a god, he knows everything now. He goes back in time, comforts himself, and lets him know that his will is the, like the strongest part about him, and he can do anything he wants. Yeah, yeah. He is, God is nothing compared to him because he has free will. I choose free will. Jeez, you're doing some rush things, but yeah. And then the little house, like I don't know what to do, and he, you know, he's very upset. And but then he turns back to Hal, and off to go to Gotham. Yeah, I'm sorry. He tells the freaking uh, the mother ring. Can I make it so this never happened? You destroy yourself. Ping. Okay. Nope, now I gave up my godhood. Time to go back to Gotham because I saw what Batman's going to do. I got to stop his Yeah, and again, ass. it's like he said, listen, I'm giving this up because I know that's the right thing. I've got to do the same for Batman. i got to stop this motherfucker because he's, he's just going to do some crazy shit. <laughs> and yeah, I, I like that. I like, I'd love it if it's Hal who saves Batman off the Moby's chair. Yeah. It gives Hal something to do. But even I'm telling you, people are talking about how great this issue is. I find it to be the, one of the most pointless of these tie-in really? issues. Uh, I just think that it was very good how character issue um, in a time where this is, to me, this is the same reason why I kind of liked uh, the uh, American Alien. Right. Because Superman is not Superman right now. Right now, you're not getting the core or a Hal Jordan that's this Hal Jordan. I think people really want to see this, and they really liked it. And because of that, I actually liked it as well. This isn't the renegade Jordan with a freaking no. gauntlet. This is Hal Jordan. This is a classic Hal Jordan. And that's why I think that the art style fits it perfectly, because this isn't what we're getting right now. This is a throwback to know almost to or fall in forward. love with the character again. I'm just saying it's I got it's you. a throwback of what we're used to or what we people when they love Hal Jordan, this is why. He's a good guy. He helps his younger self. He does what's right. He's going to go and help Batman, uh, whether he likes it or not. 
And again, he thinks of the core, even though he went against what John Stewart thinks that the core is all about, didn't accept this godhood. He that's did to Jordan save right everybody. <laughs> and yeah, again, it's a classic Hal Jordan. And that's why I think most people loved it. And that's why I liked it. That's why I thought the art was great with it. And I actually would have given this an 8.5. I probably would have given this a 6. Yeah. Uh, maybe a 5.5. Five. Really? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. But uh, the next issue is another Justice League book. And this is Justice League United number 15. Written by Jeff Parker, art by Paul Pelletier, Rob Hunter, Jeremy Cox, and Steve Wands. Eric, Steve Wands. Steve Wands. While I enjoy almost every character in this book, it might have been a matter of too much of a good thing. There is so much going on in this book while not much goes on at all. I know that sounds odd, but in the end, this is the ending. Uh, The ending didn't justify a three-issue setup at all. I still think it's a shame that this book was canceled because it seemed like it had the potential to be something really important in the DCU. But after this issue, I realize that I really won't miss it that much when it's gone. I'm looking forward to seeing how Jeff Parker tries to wrap it all up next month. But yeah, after that, I will not think back and say, boy, I wish this kept going. Uh, I like the art a lot in this issue. I think the um, art is really good uh, for all the shit that's going on. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I'm not, it's just a different style. It's just uh, a little dull to me. I don't know. Really? I, it's very colorful. No, uh, not even that. I mean, just the style of well, art. I don't know. Here's the deal. They, they have, I think that probably what you don't like is the brown backgrounds and everything. Yeah, I really don't like that. because of what they're doing. And, I know. And it's, it's, it's the era, the setting. torn deal. But boy, I, I think the character models are really good throughout. Oh, I really um, like it too. And, but again, there's except for just, that steel, I hate that version of steel. Yeah, I know you don't. But there's just there's just too much going on, just to get to this end, which happens to be that it looks like the unknown soldier himself is the anomaly. But not, but not himself. But not like, himself. I, I don't know. I know. If it's it's like the anomaly is unknown soldier, or the anomaly just took on the form of the unknown yeah, soldier. Yeah, yeah. But they don't seem to know who the unknown soldier is. I don't know. Uh, it's really cool. Hey, weird. Eric, you know, he hangs out in a church. You mean an abbey? <laughs> I was hoping you'd say that. It's the weirdest dialogue. Hey, it, it, it all centers on that church. No, that's an abbey. Oh, but, uh, thank I you, enemy I, I don't know if there's a mission statement at DC with this book is that they have to have as many characters as like they possibly can because even when Jeff Lemire was on this book, it was just character after yeah. character being thrown in over and over again yeah. until I'm telling you, I felt bad. For, I can't even remember who it was anymore who was the penciler, but I felt bad for him. Yeah. And here it's the same thing. Like we just keep getting more and more characters Boy, over and over there again. There's so thought, many characters in here. And again, when, when you have this many characters – you tend to have things happen where they have to remind you people are there. And the worst is when Batgirl runs across the field and Medusa says, uh, a girl dressed as a bat. Do you have a fan club, Vincent? <laughs> That's not all. I hear more enemies coming after them. That's their big, big line. What the? That's stupid. And then also you get steel. You get robot man. Said, you get steel robot man who's Cliff Steel. You get yes. Sergeant Rock who has to tell you he was a steel worker, and then also Robot Joe. Robot Joe. I'm like Jesus Christ. There's a lot of steel going on here. And Omac. <laughs> and yeah, Omac. And I like Omac. And I said to you when I read this, hey, he actually spells out uh, what happened to him in Suicide Squad. But and it's so fucked up. I know, but at least they did say it. Where, were, where is King Shark? I know, and you, but you were wondering. Ah, the last time we saw him, hey, they tied it in. He, and I'm he trying says to, it. I'm trying to remember at this point, but I think the Unknown Soldier was part of Suicide Squad yeah, at that part. Was. I know that uh, I Unknown Soldier's okay. 
I don't care I for him at all. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm telling you, this, there's a lot of things this week where uh, I said to you during our one break that we like some issues, or even if we don't, but there's not a lot to talk about. But yeah, basically, everybody comes together to fight. Uh, they're against each other at first. They all call truces. Vandal Savage shows up and is an asshole, says, hey, I give up, and then tries to, hey, you know what? I'm surrendering, but I'm not. And then that's an issue, and it leads to actually the worst line of the book is later when uh, the unknown soldier, when they do get to the church or abbey, <laughs> and the unknown soldier looks like he's giving up, and then he doesn't. And there's Vandal Savage on the side. Hey, he learned that from me. I'm like, what? This is so fucking nonsense. He just needs praise, that Van of Savage. But yeah, they have that. The middle, there's a full page spread with all the characters, and it's cool. The it perspective is, cool. is off a little, but I really like it. It's like one of those where you would see like a big poster of these guys, and on the back it'd be the outlines, and they'd tell you who the characters are. I always love those things. Well, the thing is, too, another part I have an issue with is that we have all these like you know battles going on throughout time. Yeah. And I thought that was part of the freaking uh, creature commandos, but they see. I don't know if they're a part of this timeline, or they're like a war timeline, well, or if they came in like no, the JLU actually, did. I think that at one point, at the very, very beginning, they spelled out that other teams had been sent in and had never returned. Okay. They didn't spell it out. I thought that what they meant were like the army, or like they we sent Marines in. They never spelled it out, but I believe that they are part of that. But even that gets a little wonky when they're like, hey, was... Steel's part of the Justice League. And it, Since it, when it, is Steel part of the Justice that's League? That's what I'm saying. But maybe what this is saying is that the Creature Commandos back in 1962 got sent in to stop this and have been stuck since. Uh, I don't know. Well, but I'm yeah, sorry, when he, you said they, they were really... sent in before, I would say that's present time. Well, I'm, I'm saying, you know what, in present time of us, I but they could have... If, the, if they're past... Commandos, if they're past or present, it doesn't make sense to me. And maybe if they're future. Yeah, uh, future doesn't make any sense. I don't. Well, maybe I'm saying, though, this is all different timelines. Why yeah. not the future if we got the past and present? But I think that uh, because I don't think that there. Oh, yeah, there was future because there were laser. Yeah, there are laser fucking maybe things. Maybe they are future. And then maybe and that steals is, a part of maybe that. Maybe steals a part then. And he's, they're like, oh, it'd be weird because you would think that she would have said to him then like, hey, that didn't happen yet. But he's like, oh, he doesn't know. And maybe they're going by his stupid outfit. You know, I don't his, know, man. His deal. But yeah, a lot of craziness. But they all come together. And again, this is what's funny is Adam Strange has come together to make these teams to deal with the anomaly in that, that thing, in the breaker that or whatever, area, in that yeah. particular deal. This team doesn't really seem set up. like It didn't come together like the first round. Oh, I agree. It just is a bunch of guys fighting. And then they kind of get together and realize, hey, it's uh, Batgirl seems to be a big deal because she's kind of like, hey, this is what's going on. But the rest of them, they're just there and they just fight. And Vandal Savage, what, what is his part? Why was he picked? I have no idea because he was there back when this originally happened. Yeah, I don't just, know. But then uh, another the a big turning point was when uh, the unknown soldier threw that grenade and Robot Man jumped on it. And then everybody <laughs> was with him. And uh, again, not much to say. They end up. Killing or freeing, I don't know what you would call Destroying it. Destroying the anomaly, soldier. the breaker? I don't even know. breaks apart like he just saw the Ark of the Covenant. And, I'm going to stab uh, him with a bayonet and it's going to fix the breaker. Yeah, actually, it just looks like he got him with the... Uh, oh, yeah, he did get him. I actually thought he got him with the butt end because at one point he's holding it weird. But yeah, he stabs yeah. him. 
and they they kind of come to in 2015 Air Court France. They're like, up, oh, we did it. And uh, Stargirl has to uh, give the uh, punctuation of it with, ha ha, just us league. <sighs> like, really? And then they have. Uh, Strange ass epilogue. And, well, they and they have the weird thing where Batgirl's like, you know what? I'd love to tell Adam Strange, great job. You might even see him in the Zeta <laughs> And they go off, and I'm like, oh. You okay. just might. Yeah. And then they have the epilogue where there's a Sergeant Rocker basically tells us war is hell. Yes. <laughs> and then you get Enemy Ace who's there. The fight's not over. Okay. Yeah, I think it is, Enemy Ace. <laughs> go home, buddy. Why do we have to see Enemy Ace again standing on a hillside? With his wolf. What, with his what, wolf. Is, yeah. Is that fucking where's Green Arrow? Is he looking for that wolf too? Make war no more, Jim. Yep, make war no more. Again, it's I can't say this is rushed. It shouldn't no. be. It's a three-issue deal. Uh, I don't know what's going on. But yeah, this issue was uh, pretty much a this bunch story of story arc. Yeah, it was. And uh, once it was announced that it was it was uh, canceled, uh, everybody bailed anyway. <laughs> um, and luckily, because again, this is this is a bunch of nonsense. Now, next issue is going to be. I was really looking forward to this story yeah, arc though, with this freaking fixing these breakers yep. after post convergence. I was too. And I can only think because the sales weren't horrible. Now you said, oh, it's because Justice League sales should be better. But they weren't horrible compared to some of this other shit that they won't cancel. I really think that they want this story with these breakers to come back somehow. I really think that this would be what they're going to end up if they do have an event that reboots something. Right. It would be the story. And they don't want to burn it out by then. I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense that they ended up having this book. And then immediately after, you know, 20s, 24,000 uh, to just cancel it like that. And they have, and I guess we will find out a bit next month when they end it, because next month is the last issue, and I think that we'll be able to tell, like, hey, this is going to continue, or no, it's over. Poor uh, Justice because, League boy, Canada. They showed a lot of anomalies going on. In the oh world, my God! And we've dealt with two. Yep. And so I would, I would assume that they're going to do something, but uh, we'll see. I will be giving this. I didn't uh, fully review this on the site yet, but I believe this is around a 6.5 out of 10 for me. It is a 6 for me. Yeah. All right. And we are up against your favorite part of the podcast. And I do not mean the end, Eric. Oh. That's always your favorite. Uh, no, we're going to talk. Listener mail again? Nope. We're going to talk. Yes. We're going to throw that in again. Uh, nope. It's time for Flash Reviews. Flash all right, Eric, and I'm going to start the Flash Reviews with a new book. A new book that materialized out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. We had heard it was coming, but I did not know it was this week. Uh, Nobody that, knew it was this no, week. No, I know. It's The Legend of Fucking Wonder Woman. Fucking DC Digital. Yeah, the Legend of Wonder Woman number one, the digital book. Renee DeLees may not be getting the support from DC Comics, and Reggie may think that the art stunk, which I don't know. He's blind. Seriously, But I, I love this it. book. Delise is giving us a new origin of Wonder Woman, which she tells us is not the definitive version, Eric. Like everybody wants to say. Yes, they kept t saying that. But this issue is all about uh, Hippolyta. There we go. There you and go. And her desire to have a child. Of course she does. And the issue ends with one of the cutest looking Dianas <laughs> I have ever seen ever in my life. And a book that I'm so interested in reading every week. Which is good because they really spelled it out that it was going to be nine weeks, a nine-issue deal. Yeah. Everything with this book, they screwed up so much in trying to push this. And then again, like every DC digital book, they went silent. They should have had so much going into this. This is such a good book. 
Uh, and in fact, the, the art is also Renee Delis. She does the art and the writing. Wow. It's freaking good. She's a double threat. I love the story and art, and I gave this book a 9.5 out of 10. Oh. Next up, we have Starfire number six. Corey takes on all manner of evil here, from the mind-melting sword and hook to the bounty hunter crag. Even though we still have those really annoying misunderstandings going on here, they are at a minimum, and the book does manage to hold my interest all the way through. I think the creators realize, though, that this, that it has to have more than a... I can't talk. Jesus <laughs> Christ, this is terrible. Uh, I think the creators realize, though, that it has to do more than parade a sexy, naive alien around, because next issue we have Grayson stopping by on this DC Comics World Tour, since we've seen him everywhere else right now. Great art, as always, and even though the story doesn't really go anywhere, this was a half-decent issue, 7 out of 10. Really? Yes. I, I, where does Grayson have all this time? I know, right? He's everywhere. I couldn't believe it at the end of the Circus issue. Circus boy. <laughs> My next one, and the last one, actually, Eric. I sent you a little different outline, but this is the last Flash review. Uh, Catwoman number 46. Genevieve Valentine ends her Catwoman run, and while I would have loved to talk with Eric about it, not a whole lot happens. Ico decides to clean up Gotham by murdering everyone. Stephanie Brown ends the Bill Turner mystery by admitting she kind of killed him. And Selena realizes she loves her family just as she has to leave them. The book ends with Selena and Valentine leaving a quieter Gotham behind just in time for Frank Thierry to jump on the book next month. I loved almost everything that Valentine has done for this book and the character, but this ended, this issue ended too suddenly and was a bit of a downer, and I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. And I was upset. It, it actually sucked that after all these great issues and how much I pushed this book and loved it, this issue was a bit of a, a forced ending and made me believe that, yes, uh, she was going to continue. This was not a planned thing. And I think DC just wanted to change gears on this and didn't want this, uh, you know, mobster type Selena. They want Catwoman back as yeah. Catwoman. And unfortunately, they want somebody else doing it, which I love Frank Thierry. So I, I think well. he's going to do a great job. And he already promised that he's going to throw in a lot of the... Uh, gotham characters and and villains so i'm looking forward to that but eric that is the end of flash reviews All right, Eric, and we're on the final bit. We have three more books. It's so late. Come on. It is late. We have three more books, and really, I do not have tons to say about any of them, but we're going to start with you. All right, we got Red Hood Arsenal number six, written by Scott Liddell, with art by Dennis Medry, Blonde, and Dave Sharp. Yes, Dave Sharp. Joker's daughter creates a giant ruse in this book when it looks like she's killed Roy Harper in order to get into the Hero Manifesto, which is a super villain group that wants to be a renabat who was hired to kill our two heroes. That sounds confusing to me. Agreed. <laughs> instead of fulfilling her tryouts by killing Red Hood, instead she leads Jason back to them. I said instead twice. Ugh. Instead she leads Jason back to them to, and we see our heroes take out the bad guys before bringing Joker's daughter on board their team. Which sounds terrible at first, but this issue does a damn fine job in making you not hate this formerly, formerly terrible character Joker's daughter. And yeah. I'm saying that's what I want to lead with. I 
I'm saying this is not the strongest book, but I love everything Scott Liddell and Dennis Medry did with that Joker's daughter character because uh, I have yeah. hated her so much before this issue. Uh, the only thing I, I will say half of that, I don't like her. I don't like the artwork in it. I love the artwork. Uh, the problem with I have as Joker's daughter looks like a 30-year-old. She does not look like the young girl that she's supposed to. I she, think she comes off young. Uh, I'm telling you, when you see that first panel, she does not look young. She looks like an older woman but dressed like, in a skirt. But, but, she got like veins on her thighs and she's, shit. She no, she's just too tall and thin like that. She doesn't come off to me like a young girl. She comes off to me as a mid twenties, maybe thirty year old woman. I, I was thrown off, but I love everything about her. Uh, I hate Joker's daughter. I may be I one of the the person who hates her the most. I do not hate her here, and maybe it's because we hadn't seen her in a while. And then when they come back with this, I liked it, and I like the idea that it's Jason seeing a little bit of him in her. And maybe yeah. maybe even more of that later, Eric. <laughs> I don't know. I think Roy might fall in love with her. What do you think? No, no one's falling in love no, with I anybody don't. with a Joker face. Um, yeah, well, maybe they'll take that off. Eventually, that's got to come off, Eric. It's got to be rotting off. It's really a joke around weird science, though. Whenever, whenever Joker's daughter comes up, we just laugh at it because, yeah. oh, okay, this book's going to suck yeah, balls. Uh, it usually ends up just being ridiculous. Now, again, I, I'll go back on that because I didn't mind her so much in the beginning of Suicide Squad. New Suicide Squad. Oh, that's right, but we joked before that, because, though, when yeah. she was on the oh, team. Oh, before it was awful. But when she came on the team, I didn't... It wasn't the greatest. Yeah. The reason I liked that was because of how Harley reacted to it. Yeah. If it was just her by herself, I probably wouldn't like it. But, no, boy, there may be... Uh, there's not many characters I hate more than Joker's daughter. I like her here, and I like that she's on the team. I'm sure there's a lot of people that cry nonsense and think that it's ridiculous. I like it. I like... I think that the team needs... Uh, something else you can't just have Roy and Jason upset at each other not talking you know, they're they're tough guys who don't want to talk it out uh, so you need something and the best thing about Joker's daughter is she's very inappropriate and insane and, and she's insane and she says whatever so if Roy tells her something she's gonna say it to, to Jason and it's oh yeah gonna, it's gonna be pretty funny or I think that what's gonna happen is they're going to have a thing where Joker's daughter kind of senses what's going on and is like one of these like, boy, she might be crazy, but she's pretty right she on with what she lot. said. She yeah. picks up a lot and she's going to go with that and it's going to end up being almost like the reason why they end up finding out more about each other. And I well, really like, like a, that. Hey, Roy's drinking again. How do you know that? We find out a lot at the nethers. Yeah. Yeah. It'll all be nethers. That's, That's all the only be. part of this book she's that like, I didn't like is you know how what? everything she knew, she always said, yeah, she oh yeah, well, we, we down in the nethers heard about it. Like, hey, uh, you know, Jason's upset over there because uh, Batman left him for dead. And uh, how do you know? Nethers. <laughs> just keep going. Yeah. You know what? Roy had a cheesesteak last night and he has really bad gas. Nethers. That That's and he it. smells bad. Yeah, but no, yeah. besides for Joker Star, though, everything else in this book seems to be thrown at us all willy nilly. Like it wasn't a fully thought out story. We've yeah. got this hero manifesto. We've been dealing with these characters coming together throughout the series so far. Mm hmm. And it just does not add up to me because all of a sudden we have them come together here. Joker's daughter know everything about them, and they're only there because they want to be Renabat, you know, like the the villain version of that. Yeah. And the, Joker's daughter's like, I'm going to take out Roy Harper. I'm going to take out Jason Todd. And with the characters like Pallet, who Jason Todd killed, Susie Sue, who Jason Todd killed, you think it'd be more personal, but no, it's all about the business aspect. How they were hired to kill them. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't feel right when we finally get down to it. Yeah, I um. I don't like the fact that at later she, uh, Joker's daughter is like, I'm going after Jason Todd. And they're like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, you can be on the team. And then uh, uh, Serafina says, uh, 
hey, it's okay. We'll just let her do it. But in the beginning, she's pissed because she supposedly killed Arsenal and cost them $5 million. Yeah. So it, it ends up, I'm telling you, you said earlier this week. I even forgot about I, that. Yeah. So that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, there. it doesn't make sense. And uh, the thing is, you said it earlier the week to me, and I agree. I think that the Robin War has popped up in this book and has caused some issues. And they yeah. had to finish this out uh, in a way. And it's so forced at the end. It's Very like, forced. It's like, hey. Uh, I just got word. Shit's going down in Gotham. Oh, you mean Nethers. the Robin War? <laughs> yeah, we knew it from the Nethers. That's been... You no, know, it's so forced in a way. But yeah, other than that, this issue has a lot of nothing. But you get a good idea that... Uh, that What's it called? Joker's daughter will fit in with the team pretty good. And yeah. It's a, it's a perfect team. Like, uh, again, Suicide Squad's a perfect team as well, I would say. But this is a great team for her because, again, she is a an outcast. She's kind of an outlawer. Oh, is she an outlaw? But she fits in with Jason and Roy. I, well, I really not anymore because like they're going against their outlaw roots. Well, yeah. Now, at the end, yeah, you didn't like that either. At the end, they pretty much spell out, listen, we have a new way of going about it. No killing. After killing people. At I'm telling you, they're freaking, uh, Roy comes too. We find out that Roy didn't die. She, he got shot in the back yeah. of the head with a paintball full of body parts, he which says. Is, which is crazy. Yeah. And then he goes Seems about. Like a lot, lot more body parts than could fit. You know, brain well, no, I'm saying, I just said brains in the review because yeah, he said body parts. Brains. It's just brains it's in a fucking. It just seems like a lot for one paintball, but I guess it sprays pretty good. Yeah. I don't paintball, Eric. I've, I've never gone paintball. No, you have to run in order to do that. Oh, really? I don't want to Fatty. do that. I run my mouth. <laughs> your mouth. But no, it's like Roy go, gets up and he kills everybody in this book. And at the end of the book, we have Jason put them, like, tie him up, putting him on a cargo container. And they're like, this is going to go out to sea. And they're not going to see daylight again for eight weeks. That'll give them time to think. Yeah. I'm like, what? 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 You even have a point I, I earlier than that where them. Jason is just going to town with his guns. He, yeah. Maybe he's missing. It looks like he's hitting somebody. Somebody maybe with he's suspenders. Just, maybe the, uh, that's the freaking mind. Those were the mind. Yeah, those, those are nanobots. Yeah, those are nanobots. But still. I see. Out. I saw Roy kill everybody in this book. You could say that maybe he like you know used a blunt arrow or something. I no, it. I saw blood in some of that. I he said, killed maybe, them. Maybe it was a problem between Dennis Medry and... Uh, Scott Liddell that, you know, he's like, and then he hits her with an arrow. And <laughs> Madry takes that as putting an arrow right through her fucking neck. Well, oh, these yeah, characters yeah. are dead. And freaking Jason Todd is telling how there's not going to be any more killing. We got to set an example for Joker's daughter. Maybe we can rehabilitate her a bit like we did with ourselves. Yeah. But I'm like, these, these motherfuckers are dead, Jason. They're dead. I tell you, they're dead. I, I, the one crazy thing, though, is that uh, two things that uh, Joker's daughter is really concerned about having a dental plan. Yeah, she would well, not work at the cardboard box factory, Eric. No, she's not. She would not have dental. But uh, yeah, and that, and I do, I kind of am intrigued by the line where she's like, I have one rule too. When I screw this up, and I will, you put me down like a rabid dog. I actually really like that. I did too. It, it's almost like she thinks she's going to turn into a vampire. Well, we're vampire. Just a, we're just a psycho. Vampire. Like she knows she is. I know. I, I actually like it. Like she's actually at a moment of clarity there. It's actually very Harley Quinn like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else about it? Uh, did you like the art? I love the art. I love Dennis Medry's art. I like the art. It's just, I'm telling you, even the at the end where I don't, do you have the book open? No. Okay. At the end, she's even like full dental and the look of her now she looks like she's 40 now again the, the joker's face on her makes it a little worse but i'm telling you she does not appear to be a young girl she's taller than jason first yeah. off which is off to me and uh 
at points she's like right around their height actually but in the one panel she looks taller i just i think that they should have made her a little younger I, that's just I, me I just think this book suffered because of the freaking tie-ins. Uh, not even the tie-ins, but like we have the War of the Robins going in. Red Hood's got to be a part of that. So we have to end the story to get him over there. And yeah. on top of that, when J- uh, Roy kills Pallet, he's like, oh, man, I got that weird feeling like I've been having. See, Titans hunt number one. I'm yeah, like, I know. fuck you. Yeah, that did not need of, to be a part of this. No, there's a lot of crazy things. But, yeah, I think it's a big rush to get to, uh, to Robin War. Which it says next month, Robin War. And we got to make sense in the continuity for Roy Harper to be doing his Titans hunt shit, I guess. Yeah. Nobody else seems to give a shit. Be funny if they go in and and Joker's daughter is nowhere to be found during Robin (laughs) War. I'm hoping she is. I really really hope it's just, I just really hope it's Red Hood. Yeah. Oh, just him himself. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they'll, they all look like they're, uh, they're marching off to Gotham area. Oh, I agree. Well, they're already in Gotham. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're marching off to fight uh, Robin War then. Uh, yeah, it's weird that Jason hasn't heard anything of this Robin more. It's like, God damn it, I was a Robin. He, he's always the last to hear everything. Ay, 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 uh, what'd you give it? Five out of ten, and I may be a bit generous with the book because of how much I like the characters and I love Dennis Medry's art, but hopefully it'll get really good when the Rob, War of the Robin yeah, starts. I'm telling you, of all the things I said I didn't like, I'd give it a six out of ten because I like what it's doing to, after the Robin War, what it is, seems to be leading oh, yeah. into, where this book did, I know you like it, you, yeah, I love you, it. Yeah, I think it needed something. There, there was something missing, and just having Jason and Roy go around together. And again, you, you could say it's because Starfire isn't there, but it's not even just that. <laughs> it just something seemed to be missing, and maybe this will be it. Maybe this uh, will be the. I'm sorry, right before uh, Jace, uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws ended, I really wanted Crux to become one of the Outlaws. Yeah, yeah, you did. I remember that. I actually thought that was going to happen. So did I. But it didn't. And we're going to move on to the next book, which is another one of yours. Yes, it is. Yes, it Constantine is. the Hellblazer, number six, written by James Tynan IV with Ming Doyle and art by Riley Rosmo, Ivan Placencia, and Tom Napolitano. Oh. Constantine is back at home after his ghost killer romp in London, and the first thing that he's, that's on his agenda is paying the rent. So yes. throughout this issue, we see a Ghostbusters-style montage of Constantine taking out uh, taking out and drinking with all kinds of nasties that are plaguing the people of New York while worrying about what the universe has planned for him next, which apparently has to do with that big bag of sex Oliver that we saw earlier in the series. Mm-hmm. And that is the entire issue. Yep. I was hoping, uh, actually, I was afraid that he was going to be outdoors, you know. <laughs> he's outdoors, like, oh, you know. No, he's going to be out. He's going to go to his friend. And he's uh, My wife, she's pretty, what is it? What does he say? He says, she's kind of funny. She's kind of funny. Yeah, you funny too. Yeah, Oliver, you funny aye, too. Aye, aye. Um, I like this issue. I like the series. This is it's one of the weirdest books. Book. It's the weirdest book to talk about because how much I like it and enjoy it, there's Nothing. never anything to talk about. No. Uh, it's no. just, it's a bunch of, I, I don't know. We complain about books not moving forward. Uh, this book is basically just, let's see what Constantine fucks up this issue and see the weird shit that he gets involved with. I swear to Christ, this has more walking in it than the Lord of the Rings trilogy because that's all we ever see this character doing is walking around cities and doing stuff. He adds Craigslist to it. Yeah. He gets online. He's going to get with the times and he's going to do, like you said, he's like a Ghostbuster. And he goes, and yes, everywhere he goes, I really enjoy. I like seeing him with these crazy ghosts and And demons and and shit like that. Like trolls. Even just one where he goes and the woman's like, oh, my son, he's gone nutso and he's possessed. And they go in and freaking, uh, it's uh, Gordred, right? 
I have no idea. Some demon. Yeah, it's Gorger. He's like, Bobby's not here anymore. There is only Gorger. And I've never Gorgia, seen is that this. you? Yeah, I've never seen this in a story before where <laughs> a guy goes to stop a possession and actually recognizes the thing. And the thing's like, oh, man, Constantine, we haven't hung out in a while. And it just ends. And he's yeah, like, hey, you got some of uh, that liquor? I'm saying uh, the lady's got some Johnny Walker blue back yeah. here. Let's go have I'm a drink. You, that it's perfect. It's it is so perfect. good. It, it, it's that is something and it's that, hilarious without being over the top it is it. it that's hilarious because of the situation like you said now then there's the thing with the people without the faces and like oh the kids are there and again in that one you have uh constantly he's not even concerned he's, no, reading, he's reading the, the paper. paper he's just reading the paper it's like oh and the, the guy's like well, where's my family oh they're down the block uh, their faces will go back on you got that then you got my a favorite karaoke ones, bar my favorite one besides for that first one with gorgid is just him walking down to a like a poltergeist that's taken over a washing machine let's see how you run he has a wrench he's gonna put the wrench in on yeah. a spin cycle yeah, he's gonna put and i'm like in. that's hilarious i actually my favorite is that when the guys with the possessed raccoon that oh, isn't possessed. No, it's just a, it's just a raccoon. raccoon. <laughs> you couldn't call animal control He's first? Like, yeah, we figured we'd call you. I like that. I actually like the karaoke bar where they have it looks like an ancient Chinese uh, serpent uh, right. thing. I thought that was really neat. Uh, all of them are pretty cool. I say um, the action's really downplayed just to see how the character works around and in the world he inhabits. Yeah. Yeah, and, it, and, and it's really effective here because the shit that Constantine did in previous arc, like we're, he's now de- like trying to distance himself from the thing he's already done because of the piece of shit that he is. Yeah. I'm just going to go take on some jobs, clear my mind a bit. Yeah. And it really, really worked. I'm telling yeah. you, there's not much to talk about. No, I, but it, it's really good <laughs> because you, you get uh, it's weird. It's not do you get you get a lot of character work. Yeah. But you also get just how he he I don't know, just his life and. I don't think they, they just they hit something here because I really like it. Then he sits down with the gargoyle and talks at that a little about point, New though, York. We've already had the montage and we'll go into the montage again after the gargoyle where he's just bullshitting with this guy, this gargoyle he knows. Yeah, yeah. And we it becomes even more ghostbuster to me because it's almost that the Twinkie analogy, how things are like uh, are getting like um, darkness is covering the city. He's got way more jobs than he usually does. Something's yep. coming constantly. You've got to deal with this. You know what? Fuck you. I don't want any parts of this. I'm just going to go and pay my rent. Yeah. Yeah, that's all he wants to do, really. He's going to pay his rent, and then he runs into that guy that he wants to fuck. Tell, tell and... him about the Twinkie. What's that? Tell him about the Twinkie. <laughs> well, what do you think about, uh, do you like that? They really push his bisexuality in this issue. Yes, they too. really do. They really push it a lot. I think that they want to make sure you realize that, so when he meets the guy again, uh, what's his name? Oliver. I, I, Oliver. When he meets Oliver again, they can, you know, it's not way out of place, so they really push it to there. Well, not only that, they talk about in the beginning how they're talking about the guy who set him up on the website. So he's like, awful fuck, but, you know, good guy. That's what I'm saying, and they push it. They keep saying that. Uh, there's, like, three mentions of it throughout. And um, I like also, I really like the possessed uh, buffet. Yeah, that the <laughs> strip it reminds joint. me of when we were saying that I was going to get the ashes of my dad and put it in the buffet and <laughs> fuck everybody. But yeah, you have the strip joint freaking buffet. Take him to the place he loved the most, that Daddy. Was, that was pretty good. Um, but yeah, I also like the idea that Constantine's been staying away from Oliver because he knows that everybody he gets around ends up dead. And even then, his ghosts get killed. Yeah, but it, he even says that's what's weird, though. He's like, yeah, you know what? The guy has kids. I... 
but you know what? I don't have any ghosts around, so I always could use that. I'm like, you're still, that's, you're he, still an asshole. He was, ju- he, I know, it really threw me off until he said, yeah, that's even dark for me. He's yeah. only joking, but that yeah. was a fucked up line. It was a fucked up line, but yeah, that guy's a big dude, too. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he's huge. Oh, my but, God. Uh, and I mean in the past. He's going he's gonna to wreck Constantine. He is going to wreck him bad. But yeah, he's like, hey, you know, here we are. I guess it's supposed to be. And, you know, that's another thing that I like. He's like, hell, oh, hell, I'm curious. Let's see what the universe has in store for us this time. And it, it, you get the idea that Constantine is a guy who signs and things like that really do mean a lot to him. And because this guy keeps popping up. He's he going to roll the fi- dice. Yeah, he figures, what the hell? I got to go with it. And it's great ending cliffhanger, which, again, it's a cliffhanger for another issue that probably not a lot goes on. Well, I expect in the next issue, because we had a teaser here for Papa Midnight to join yeah. into the story. And Constantine gets a text like, we need to talk. Yep. He goes to Papa Midnight's club, but never goes in and just walks away. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. you son of a bitch, I want to see Papa. Yeah, he's going to be probably that. But even so, they have the thing, and hey, welcome to my world. And you see, there's you know the crazy deal. But yeah, uh, I liked it. I really I I love the art. I, yeah, I, I love that Riley Ross was back Ross on art. So good. And um, what else I got here? I, yeah, I just have. It's another walkabout. Yeah, I like seeing the different Craigslist jobs. And that's what and, I really like about the series, though. It really downplays the action for just the character just walking around and thinking to himself. And it, I normally would find that boring as shit, but I really like it here. Yeah, I do too. Uh, usually, I would find. And you know what? I'll give you this too. Usually, a book like this. They would go over the top with the dialogue, and I'm, yeah, I always think of Steve Orlando. Well, now. I think they did a bit in the first like uh, I, yeah, two issues, but now they've really found a good much, place. Though, because it's just yeah, especially like this issue, you could go way over the top. It's just Constantine, but even when he's just talking, or he got, it's not over the top. They're not trying to over-explain things. You're just getting a glimpse of the character, and if you like the character of Constantine, I'm saying even if it's just the TV show, or yeah. you like the old Hellblazer, or you like the new Fifty Two Constantine, I think you'd like this comic there and or if you just like honestly if you don't i think you'd like it yeah i know it's it's a weird recommendation though like to say just somebody who doesn't even know constantine to say hey you're gonna like this it's i don't know i love it i really do uh it tells you how much we do like it because this is a thing that's freaking posted into the flash reviews there should never be (laughs) there's not a lot to talk about but yet we don't put it in the flash reviews because we like it so much so I don't. What did you? What we? You didn't review this yet, right? No, I'd give it an eight out of ten. Though. Yeah, I'd give it an eight out of ten as well. I started reviewing it this morning and I didn't finish it, but eight out of ten is what right. I feel it deserves. This next issue is not going to get an eight out of ten. <laughs> Absolutely it's not. Teen Titans number thirteen, and I'm telling you, I read it earlier. I have not reviewed it yet. I I'm going to have to page through it as we talk because I can barely remember anything I read. I don't know. Uh, written by Will Pfeiffer. Scott Liddell is not on it again. Remember, we went on and on last time about oh, yeah. how, oh, he's on it, and I guess he just kind of was there to... I think he's coming back, though. Yeah, I guess. I don't know why he's not on this one. It's weird. Art by Ricken. Oh, here we go. Paolo Pentalena, Noel right. Rodriguez, Trevor Scott, Johnny Desjardins, Tony Avina, and Scott McDaniel, Eric. While Scott Liddell is nowhere to be found this month, Will Pfeiffer continues what really feels like a prelude to a reboot. Titans take care of Manchester Black and Dr. Psycho, but in the end, the Alpha Centaurian, yes, the Alpha Centaurian, Uh. Eric, shows up out of nowhere and claims that the teen Titans are under arrest. Pfeiffer does a fair share of team building before that, and while I didn't hate this issue as much as I thought I would, it wasn't very good. With not much of a story supported by shaky and consistent art, this book just isn't good. 
Oh, I wish it was good, Eric. Uh, it starts off. There's Doctor Psycho, which you you love Doctor Psycho. I do like Doctor Psycho a lot. Yeah, I again, I, this is another one. I don't know what to say about this book really. It, it it's not very good. You well, get Doctor Psycho. I I thought that I was reading Silence of the Lambs for a second. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. He bites, Jim. He bites. He does bite. Well, he also, <laughs> and then there's Bunker. He's doing his shit. I hate Manchester Black. I I thought we were done with him. I actually thought that that last issue was going to get rid of all this no, nonsense. It really goes back to the nonsense again. And uh, his well, we, whole... ha- we had to tie that up. We have the elite. We got the Titans. We have all this stuff going on. We had to tie it up somewhere. And I think this is the issue that does it. Yeah. Because I... uh, well, I'm telling you, I really like the art in this book up until when um, Power Girl discovers she has new powers out of nowhere yeah, I, and grows into fucking Apache Chief. Yeah, I didn't understand that. She yelled emo Chuck. And yeah, seriously. It went up. But again, uh, you got Manchester Black yelling at her. I, I just hate Manchester Black. Well, apparently Manchester is the one who's been feeding her this, this like, um, I don't know, chemicals and dosing her with radiation to yeah, yeah. bring out this new power of hers. I don't know how that equates to her being a fucking, you know, growing to an Apache Chief, but it does. Yep. And she just Hulk smashes this bitch. I tell you, it was like yeah. Hulk and Avengers beating the shit out of Loki the way it was worked out here. Yeah. And in the meantime, you also get the uh, Bart, Cassie, and uh, Tim and they're just hugging it out. I cry bullshit, though, because we left the last issue with Cassie and a fucking Kid Flash hating Tim Drake for the shit he's pulled. Yeah, that remember it ended, like, even it ended with uh, them, oh, and, and you guys will be afraid. You won't be afraid of me. You'll be afraid of each other. And uh, nobody's And, and we, we start this out, and freaking Tim's all like, you know what? We're Teen Titans. That means something. And all of a sudden, Kid Flash, you know what, Red Robin? I like you. Yeah, I well, do whatever you say from now yeah, on. Well, at, at least he added the point. He's like, Superboy's gone, and Red Robin knows it's his fault. And then, yeah, then they... Just... And then he starts sucking his dick through the whole entire issue. <laughs> really? Oh, let's do this, yeah. And uh, I think in the part with uh, the rest of the part there, you get uh, Beast Boy uh, turning into a, a big rhino. And I, I'm think... telling, I, I don't understand the point because we have this Dr. Psycho bit, but like, we have to establish that Dr. Psycho is using his mental yeah, abilities... Yeah. To like make people think that there's a riot in the prison. So all this yeah. riot we saw before never yeah, happened. It never happened. It never happened. And that was all, all Doctor Psycho. And all he was trying to do was to get to Raven because he wanted to tap into yep. her power. And when he does, he bit off way more than he could chew because she fucks him up yeah, so yeah, bad she, mentally. She set him up. Uh, I the Beast Boy part uh, was just to remind you there's Beast Boy, and He's also useless. just to remind you that Dr. Psycho can do what he does. He's like, yeah. oh, I put oh, you to hummingbird. sleep. Oh, you're a hummingbird, and so now I put you to sleep. Goodbye. Fucking <laughs> and, nonsense. And I'll, I'll also tell you, I don't mind the big rhino panel, uh, though I would have wished it was a little more uh, detailed. It doesn't make but, sense to but me. But then it goes when he turns into the hummingbird, yeah. and they have that sequence of him Where turning it jumps back to panel. himself. Yeah. And it was a little confusing. <laughs> I thought was, at first that he split into many fucking that's hummingbirds. That's what I thought, because the way they have it, and then did you see there's two of him? Yeah. Beast Boy with the wings. The way they have it, there's not a very good artistic way of showing that it's a transition. It's just a bunch of them. Uh, you could have uh, something else to show us that it, it was a little uh, odd. Yeah, it did not work the way they wanted and then, to. Yeah, then he goes into Raven's head. There's freaking uh, Trigon. They show that. But yeah, it was Raven fucking with him. He was setting him up. Uh, but yeah, what else? I... <laughs> Again. I'm saying we I'm saying we move on from that just to say okay the Teen Titans are good now we get Tim Cassie and uh, Kid Flash teleporting from Harvest's command center back to the prison yeah they go and back then, and they they think there's going to be a riot yeah nope Doctor nope. Psycho's done okay guys we're good with that 
oh, wait, Manchester Black's trying to fuck us. Turns out that he wanted to go and get Despero. And it, Chimera yeah. was there. We've been wondering, where the fuck Chimera go? I Apparently, know. she's been walking around just waiting for Manchester Black to walk up yeah, to her. She's yeah. been pre- pretending to be Despero. Yeah. Yep. It, it's all just crazy. Just I said, just so Power Girl can overhear his evil plan, and then she can go all ape shit, fucking emo Chuck on his ass. Yeah, she emo chucked all right. She rips up that freaking thing, punches Manchester Black, and even like Red Ron, Power Girl, how'd she get so huge? <laughs> And oh she God, even, like, has to hold weights for a second. Thing. He has to calm her down and make her realize her senses. Oh, oh that's right. I'm Tanya. I'm going to collapse now and shrink back down. Yeah, yeah. How did know, I do that? Tim, I have Tim no Drake's idea. like, listen, you don't kill. Heroes don't kill. Oh, no. Oh, what's going on? Oh, the, yeah. And the art got really fucked up at the end here. After the, I'm telling you, the tiny spear shit, when she grows, the art gets really weird. But then we jump to Tim Drake talking to Guardian because somebody's coming in. They need someone to help Tanya. They're bringing a, a uh, ambulance from Star Labs to help her. Yeah. And freaking Tim Drake's telling Guardian, okay, I need you to do this. And then there, a light shines in their face. Yep. And they drew Guardian. They colored him in as Bonker. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, I was so confused at that point. I didn't know what was going on. But again, Here did I, I realized at that point, oh my God, they fucked up that bad. They actually colored Guardian in his bunker. There's three pencilers. There are three anchors, one being Paolo Pantelina, who yeah. did his own, probably did his, obviously, penciled in art and uh, inked himself. Uh, then there's breakdowns by two guys and uh, colors by Tony well, Vino. That's the worst part. I, I've seen this before where you have somebody in the background, you know, his piece uh, colored yeah, wrong. Yeah. Fucking Bunker is in the foreground. He is the most person. He's the f- person closest to you, yep. and it's supposed to be Guardian. Yeah, and even as like the the size of his body and head, it's clearly Guardian. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's very odd. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at it now. So stupid. Uh, but yeah, then it ends with uh, fucking Elvis and. Tori. Yeah, he comes in out of nowhere because apparently he goes and like you know busts people and takes them to jail now. Well, like, again, I didn't... remember I don't know the busting of jail, but in the last Doomed, he did show up to save the day when there yeah, was yeah. a threat. He exactly. is the guy who shows up where there's a threat. I when there's monsters, this. I don't see where he's showing up and arresting the Teen Titans. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And I want to know what happened with Doomed because they're you know what I mean. They fight each other. All of a sudden, he just goes there. Is this actually Roman as Alpha Centurion, or is this Alpha no, Centurion this is possessing someone else? Because no, remember, he took it. Who knows? Yeah, yeah I don't agreed. Know I, I can't tell that. you. Yeah, I, I, who knows what they're going to do? Because with Doom being canceled, uh, we want Doom to show up in this book. That's all this is. So yeah, I would say it definitely is Roman. Who else would it be, actually? Why am I even saying it? It's be <laughs> Roman. And out of nowhere, the next issue, before they get arrested... Uh, Doom's going to show up and save the day, and they're going to ask them to be on the fucking team. The uh, end. That, it has to be, right? We I heard that so. Doomed was going to be on the team, so let's force Alpha Centurion to somehow be involved with arresting him. Who is he arresting him for? It also makes sense to jump with Scott Liddell in the writing since he's the yeah. one doing this new Alpha Centurion. And I'm telling you, you said you didn't mind. I thought that the art for Alpha Centurion at the last, that. No, no, I, it was awful. Yeah, I did not care for it. I'm I, telling you. The beginning of this book, like the midway point, the first half, I really liked. Yeah. After that, it goes down the tubes fast. Yeah, it does. Whoever's involved in that end is just, I'm not there. I'm not enjoying it. And uh, it threw my score up. But again, this book was not horrible. It's it complete good. filler, though. It it just, it's just It's getting all the characters back together, yes. taking out the bad guys so they can move I'm on to their next there, story. There were some issues. You had, like you said, Power Girl all of a sudden has different powers. 
You have, uh, but I like seeing Manchester Black getting the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I like that they're all together now. I, I'm saying they, uh, they they explained it away that Manchester Black is the one behind doing this tour of powers. We don't know enough about Tanya Spears to be giving her new powers at this point. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm saying, Power Girl gave her powers. We don't exactly know how she gave him her these powers yet. But we don't know what she is fully capable of either. Now we're just throwing her fucking new powers all willy-nilly. It's nonsense yeah. to me. I would have liked if this book actually would have been part of the Robin War with uh, Red Robin and then have some of the characters go with him even, but it's not. But I wouldn't mind that. But yeah, next it says, uh, next up, mug shots, Eric. Mug shots. Mug shots. But yeah, my guess is Doom shows up. Scott Liddell helps write. And I don't know. I don't know where this book is going. I don't know what they're planning. If they are planning on a reboot, if it's going to get canceled. The, the sales are okay. So I wouldn't think it's going to get canceled. Well, the story's fucking garbage story's month ridic- after month. It's ridiculous. That's why I said. This might be filler, but it, it wasn't as awful as it has been. Uh, no, though, because we're getting away from that terrible story that Will Pfeiffer's been telling for fucking 13 yeah, issues now. Yeah. Uh, I, I put... Uh, it feels like it's about to reboot again, and it seemed uh, the art was very inconsistent. It was a lot. I would probably give this a six when I review it. And they even added the elite into this, and like they had nothing to do. I know. Cl- Clarion, fucking Guardian, Indigo had nothing to do. They showed yeah. up just to say, "Hey, there they are. You guys go over here and do this." Never saw them again. Yeah, like you said, Camara's kind of thrown in. Yeah. Uh, just hey, to, you guys remember Camara's here, yeah. right? That it seemed like I said, Beast Boys just turns into a rhino just to remind you that, and he's then turns in the book. into an elephant later on and gets yeah. knocked out instantly. Again, just to remind you that, that he's it. there. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I probably you now I'm you're trying to convince me, but I, I will go with a six. I'm giving it a four point five. Four point five. I may go a little lower as well once I really sit down and read it and review it. I've not reviewed it yet, but that's it. Or I, I really, I really like the beginning of the book though with freaking Doctor Psycho. But then once yeah. you get past that point and you realize. There is no reason and, for and Dr. Yeah, Psycho here, except for to say there's no riot, so we don't have I to really, worry about that I nonsense I really anymore. like that idea that he caused the riot in their minds, but yet why? It does nothing. That's he, what he, I mean. Is it part of Manchester Black's plan to get them there? I don't know. Maybe, but... He didn't even count on that. I know, but that's... He counted I, on the riot. I like the idea of it being Dr. Psycho, but yeah, you go nowhere with it. It was a neat uh. idea. If they would have showed up and Dr. Psycho had some plan, well, he was trying to get Raven, but it was nonsense. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, you 4.5? Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm starting sorry. to think more like you. I it's think I'm going book. down to a 5. I, I'm telling you, Teen Titans is one of my favorite teams of all time. I want to love this book every freaking month. And I was so happy. Like, even the last series of this was not a good series. Yeah. I liked reading it, though. This, I do not like reading. Of, of the major books, because I consider Teen Titans a major book. So do I. Do you think this is the worst of the major books that they have right now? Can I, you think of anything that's worse of a major book? Green Arrow, is he a major book? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I hate, uh, Aquaman's really bad right now. Yeah, but that's going to change very quickly. That was, But Teen Titans has, has not been good. I'm telling you, 13, when it was, I, you like the Scott Liddell Teen Titans, even though I, a lot of people hate it. Exactly, I'm telling you, it was not a great book. I still had fun reading it though, and ever since we re, like we started over with the series, yeah. I've not liked. Well, it. that's what I'm saying. This is 13 issues in. Aquaman, is, Aquaman has been Christ. bad for five or six issues. Uh, before that, it was good. Yes. Um, what was it? Uh, Green Arrow. Five or six Green, issues. I'm saying Green Arrow is okay. Green Arrow and Aquaman. I liked it a lot. I mean, I'm telling you, Jeff Lemire. That, I'm talking that about that freaking. Back, uh, I loved it. Then the other, you still were giving it okay. Scott. I'm saying it was okay. That stuff that tried to tie in the TV a yeah, little bit. It was bit. weird that they tried to do that and it didn't catch in their mind. 
I guess. Um, but it was better than what we're getting now. Maybe that was because of that. They went the reverse and said, yeah, you pitched us this dark story. Let's go with it. Never go full dark. No, 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 not at Never all. Never go full retard. No, I learned that when they beat the shit out of me, Aaron. You go full <laughs> retard, you start p- punching me in the face and dragging me by my hair. Uh, pick of the week, Eric. What is your pick of the week? Constantine the Hellblazer. Oh, Constantine. Mine, I'm going to give two because I do want to give it to Legend of Wonder Woman number one. Uh, but since that was a I think flash you should. review, I really think you should. Flash though. review, though. So other than that, people should non- go read that. No, oh yeah, I, 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 it's ninety nine cents for Christ's sake. Just give it a try. It's a number one. See what you if you like it or not. I think you'll be impressed because I was, and everybody should be just like me. But if I went with sure. one of the main books, I would probably go uh, Dark Side War Green Lantern. I like that as a uh, Hal Jordan back to basics. Hal Jordan, you like back to basics. I do want Back to Basics. Well, Back to Basics. I'll tell you what we're going to have next week. We have Action Comics number 46. Let's see what that goes. Batman and Robin Eternal number 7, which is going to be Genevieve Valentine's first issue on that. Which we're excited. Yeah, I want to see it. Uh, Batman Arkham Knight Genesis number 4, which will be on the site. Reggie's going to review that. Uh, yeah. It if will he not write, appear on the podcast. I'm telling you, if he writes a flash review, little blurb, I'll, I'll read it. But yeah, it won't be on the sure. podcast. We have Batman Europa number one. Crazy. Batman Europa, which is another one. This is a main book. They haven't really said much about it since then. It shocked me that it's next week. I, Jody's going to be reviewing yeah, that. Yeah, Jody will be reviewing that. And I would say, I would think that we're going to talk about that in the flash reviews if it all. If he sends something. Yeah, if he does. Bizarro number six ends that. I still have to do Bizarro number five, Eric. I fell off of that since issue yeah, number four. And it, uh, I'm guessing they get to Canada. Dr. Fate number six. Oh, fuck me. Enjoy yourself, Eric. Enjoy. I bet uh, there's going to be some flooding and a kid who does not know if he wants to be a hero or how to be a hero. Oh, really? And somehow he'll do something thinking he's a hero and kill everyone. Yeah, it seems uh, to be a thing. Yeah. Doom number six, which uh, maybe it'll end with uh, Alpha Centaurian heading off to Teen Titans, Eric. And hopefully Doom following him. Yeah. Earth 2 Society, number six. Fuck. This book better get good. <laughs> Green, or Lantern, just end. Green Lantern Lost Army, number six, which this, Fuck is, me. this is the last issue. Yeah, it's that. the last issue, but so, I don't know. I have not been happy about this book okay. at all. Harley Quinn, number 22. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I have not really enjoyed Harley Quinn in a while. but yeah, I haven't read Harley Quinn that. in like two months. Martian Manhunter, number six. Thank God there was yeah. a shining light See to next There you go. Week. You got that, and I have mine, which, again... I think Eternal is going to be very good. It's going to be Valentine, but I'm looking through so far. I like Doomed as a fun book. It's a guilty pleasure, but the next one, New Suicide Squad number 14, it's become one of my favorite books. Mine as well. And it's been a slow build. I I went from it being a uh, guilty pleasure to now being one of the books I look forward to. So that's one of them. Uh, Secret Six number eight, which Reggie will be reviewing. Telos number two, Eric. Seems like that got delayed. I don't Does know. It seemed like a while since we did that. I think I've tried to put it at the back of my mind because I just don't just, care about Telos. It just seems like so long ago. Give me a Lois and for... Clark. I don't want to read Telos. I want to read Lois and Clark. And we end with one of your books as well, Titans Hunt number two. is the last. I do not think, from what I saw, there will be a um, Justice League Dark Side War tie-in. And I know that Pistol told me that the Lex Luthor, the god of a cop apocalypse. Acopalypse? Uh, apocalypse. Uh, that book was uh, delayed a little and will actually come out after Justice League 46 and screw <laughs> everything up like DC always does. Good times. Yeah, Pistol was pissed about that, and I said, hey, that's just, uh, you know, it, it happens all the time. you got to get used to it. It's, that's what goes. But, yeah, that's it. So next week, I don't know. 
I'm looking at this next week, and I'm not seeing a uh, a light at the end of the tunnel. This I got Martian been... Manhunter. That's all yeah, I got. Man, and I have New Suicide Squad and a couple books that I kind of like as goofy fun, but we'll see. I hope actually, I really want the Superman books to get better. Me as well. I, I hope really that do. one guy who, who uh, sent us a mail talking about how we only gives like fours and I mean threes and fives and shit yeah, does yeah. not read next week. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, it's gonna be up and down. It's gonna be a roller coaster of emotions, Eric, as we go through the week I'm just, of DC Comics. I'm basing all my opinions right now on what we've dealt with so far yeah. because maybe I'll get some good. Maybe Doctor Fate. Well, will here be, we go. Maybe Lost Army. Will I be like good. Titans Hunt number one. So I'm it looking, okay. I liked I'm it more than you. It. I liked yeah. it more than you. But yeah, Martian Manhunter is one of both our favorites. Um, if Green Lantern Lost Army ends with something explaining how they're going to go into the, uh, what is it even called again? Edge of Oblivion. Edge of Oblivion. Uh, then I, and, and it gives you something other than flashbacks of freaking Afghanistan for freaking Jon Stewart. I'll be good. Uh, like I said, Doom. That ends the that ends the series. It's over I look then, forward I to that, but I don't get the review. Is that doesn't that end at six? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um. So I'm hoping that that's good. I I enjoyed that series for for the goofiness it was. Uh, I think that Scott Liddell tried to throw too many characters in uh, without giving us much of Doomed himself. So it kind of went off. And you even said if you're gonna you can't have books with just characters out of the blue anymore. People won't go to them. You have to have that. Like we said, you want a Harper Row book. I don't even think that'll. I'm telling you, I've had a lot of buildup. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of buildup though. They they seem to be going towards something, uh, but I don't think that. All right, dig this, gentle listeners. I want a I want a Birds of Prey book led by Batwoman with spoiler Harper Row and even uh, who's the other person and even if if the War of the Robins ends and like We Are Robin gets canceled, even have Duke Thomas in that bitch. I'd like ooh Duke Thomas and a Birds of Prey. I would have liked if they would have made it a little different. I would have liked Aiko from Catwoman to be in there. Oh, that'd be good, too. Uh, but or, she's the head of a crime family now. It or even Emiko. Yeah, Emiko would be awesome. It doesn't make sense for Gotham being the like the main place, but yeah. I really no, want more I, Emiko. I would love Emiko to go. I would love her to even say, like, hey, you know what? My brother's freaking an asshole. Keeps trying to find his goddamn wolf dog. I want to get some action <laughs> off the bridge. I love her. I or even love her she shows up in Robin, son of Batman. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. Just like nowhere. When nowhere, nobody. Yeah, nobody. I always say nowhere. Yeah, I like nobody. So do I. I mean, really, I don't like anybody. Here. I gotta wonder though, because everything I see, like the solicits, they keep calling her Mia, but and, like in the comic originally they said Maya. So I don't yeah. know what we should go with anymore. I'm still going with Maya. I don't know, but yeah, uh, it's late. It's very. I late. know that last week we had a lot of goofy fun at the end, but I I'm tired. <laughs> uh, we'll leave the goofy fun to the just for the hell of it podcast, Eric. Where I could talk more about retards beating the shit out of me. I could talk more about it, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you have some stories, too, so we'll have to leave that. We're going to leave them hanging, Eric. Leave them hanging, because what do you say at the end? Everybody have a great week. Keep it weird, and we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. The truth, baby. That's the clean truth. Oh!